It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, March 20th, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani back inside our New York City studio. Happy day before spring. Very exciting. Remember last week I told you Snowmageddon was going to hit the tri-state area? Well, it happened, and now everything's kind of melting away, and March 21st is the official first day of spring, so this is very exciting. It's also exciting because it's my sister's birthday on March 21st, so happy birthday to her, and that means that things are going to get a little warmer here on the East Coast, and it's all going to be a happy time. Everyone's in a better mood when it's warmer, so... Happy day before spring to you, or if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, happy official launch of spring to you. Hope you had a great weekend. A lot going on, as always. Busy time in the world of combat sports, and I stress combat sports because it was a busy weekend, not only for mixed martial arts, but also for boxing. And the two worlds kind of collided on Friday, as I suspect they will continue to collide over the next few months. How did they collide on Friday? Well, Friday, MSG Theater, around 20 minutes from this downtown studio, young man by the name of Mick Conlon, Irish boxer, former Olympian, made his professional boxing debut at the MSG Theater. This was a big deal in Europe, big deal in the boxing world, especially the night before the Triple G Daniel Jacobs fight. It was a big deal for us in the MMA world because Conlon is friends with Conor McGregor. He asked Conor McGregor somewhat on the spot to walk him out to the ring in his debut and Conor obliged and and this was smart for two reasons I thought for Conor. A, you know supporting one of your own the next big thing as far as Irish boxing is concerned. That's great. You're very patriotic. Good to support your own. Also good. He's very much a part of the boxing news cycle these days because of the ongoing Floyd Mayweather talk. So it's it's nice to sort of make an appearance in that world as well. And if you if you look back over the past few months, if you look at UFC 205 up until now, so when he won the lightweight title up until now, he's essentially only made three public appearances, maybe four, if you want to count when he accepted that award um, for Sports Person of the Year in Ireland. The other time, he did this sort of Q&A, I believe in Northern Ireland. He did that one-hour interview with me. And then the fourth time was Friday night. And I would argue that what he did on Friday was some of his finest work. And yes, I know it's, uh, it's somewhat hip. It's in vogue to roll your eyes at all this to, you know, say, oh, you know, like it's, it's just a very MMA hipster thing to do these days to put down what he's trying to do to put down the idea of him fighting Mayweather. I get it, but you can't deny the brilliance of what he did on Friday night. Walks out with Conlon is essentially cornering him while wearing a mink suit, a purple mink suit. I believe it was those old man glasses, but then the brilliance came after the win third round TKO. He walks up to press row zeros in on Dan Raphael of ESPN. One of the bigger names in in boxing media and goes on this 45 second rant saying you're the boxing guy i'm the boxing guy i'm gonna shock the world all of you will be laughing i'm gonna kick floyd's ass blah 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 blah. you know people try to get some answers out of him he's like you'll find out soon i'm out of here then my favorite part of the whole clip is the old man boxing guy 
um, saying, hey, Connor, you want to do a radio show tomorrow? That just cracked me up. I listened to that a thousand times. It was so perfect because here you have, you know, the old guard boxing media. And I've said this on the beat before. One of my favorite one of my favorite components to the idea of Floyd fighting Connor is the MMA media and the boxing media who are very different, different um, age brackets, just different mentalities coming together in one press room. Anyhow, he goes up to these guys and you could tell that they're loving it. They're eating out of the palm of his hand. And in a 45 second rant, he reinserts himself into that conversation. It, it was perfectly timed. It was perfectly placed. They're all writing about it afterwards. And some people suggested that Conlon would be upset that he stole his thunder. I would argue that this was perfect for Conlon, that people like myself were paying attention to his debut. He got him, you know, Connor got Conlon into the conversation with him, part of a news story. Anyone who wrote about the Conor rant also at least mentioned Conlon in a line. It was just brilliant. It, it, it really was. And he said afterwards that, you know, they're getting close that they're talking about September. And if you go back to a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, I threw out the idea of September 16th, Mexican Independence Day. Floyd typically fights May and September. I didn't throw that out, you know, I didn't pull that one out of my butt. That's the date that I continue to hear being discussed. June was somewhat on the table. I think it was broached, but it doesn't fall in line with Connor's timeline, his personal timeline with his girlfriend giving birth in May, September is the date, the month, the 16th of September to be exact, is the month that I've heard is being discussed. Is it done? No. Connor said it's close. I'm hearing that it's moving along. And of course, we heard Dana White on Conan saying he now all of a sudden can't see it not happening after a month ago saying there's a better chance of him being the backup quarterback for the New England Patriots than this fight happening. Now in a month, he's reversed course. Too much money to be made, and it's too big of an opportunity for not just Floyd and Connor, but for WME as well. And you got to give Connor credit. You really do. A guy with zero professional boxing fights on his resume has been able to bait Floyd into taking this fight, has been able to convince the UFC, WME, his new bosses, so to speak, to get on board with this, how could we at this point not believe anything that he says? As outlandish as it may be. Remember he was on this show, episode 300. Episode 300, he was on the show and said that he would make nine figures. He can make nine figures easily in this fight. When he said nine figures, I was like, wait a second, does this guy not know math? Maybe he means eight figures, seven figures. No, nine figures he was talking about. Go back to episode 300, not that long ago. He said he'd be making nine figures very soon said he'd bring them to Ireland, become a two-way world champion, beat Aldo, all this stuff. So I, who am I to say that he's out of his mind, that uh, you know this is crazy as far as happening, this is crazy to believe that he may win. I'm, 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 I'm not doubting him anymore. I thought that that rant, the timing, the audience, the way he did it, going up to them on press row, it spread like wild, wildfire. And once again, Friday night, here we go, another update on this fight. Every Friday, it seems like something happens as far as this fight is concerned. So we'll continue to monitor it. We could talk about this later on in the program, but uh, I thought that that was very notable. And then, of course, on Saturday, the UFC was back in London. I said it was a fun fight on paper. I thought it delivered, in particular, the last five fights. Joe Duffy winning in, at least as of right now, last fight on his current UFC deal, beating Reza Madadi, fine performance. Uh, you had Arnold Allen defeating Makwan Amirhani. In the main card opener, that was a fun fight as well. Maquan looked good in the first round. I thought he got tired as the fight went on. Uh, then you had Brad Pickett with the 
the, the heart-wrenching loss, winning the first two rounds and then losing via TKO in the third head kick is, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of, of, of the end for one punch Brad Pickett. And it was just so hard to see. He was so close to winning in his last fight. And Marlon Vera, who's gone through his own personal struggles and is continuing to deal with, you know, his daughter and her medical condition. Uh, our own Danny Skura wrote a great story about him uh, winning. And he was very emotional afterwards. Pickett putting his hat in the middle of the cage and, and kudos to the UFC for allowing him to come out with the braces, the newspaper. I was, I was honored to be a part of that in that newspaper that he was holding. They had a, a bunch of people in the MMA community write him, you know, a message saying, you know, good luck, whatever you want. And, and I wrote him a little line or two. They asked me to do that. And I was honored to be included in that. So uh, it, it was, it, it was tough to watch, but kudos to Marlon Vera Happy for him as well. Hard not to feel for Brad Pickett as he transitions now to life after active MMA competition, but uh, them's the breaks. You can't script these things. Uh, Gunnar Nelson with a fantastic win over Alan Joban was like a superhero out there with that punch and the delayed reaction. Just amazing to watch. And then, of course, Jimmy Manoa with the left hook from hell, knocking out Corey Anderson, walk-off knockout, then calling out the winner of DC Rumble, and also David Hay. So again, boxing and MMA coming together. It's a weird thing these days. Um, and then one last thing this weekend, WSOF had an event, three titles on the line, Blagoy Ivanov uh, defending his heavyweight title successfully against Sean Jordan. Also Andre Harrison, their new uh, featherweight champion, defeating Lance Palmer. They're starting to implement some new things, ref cam a la pride. So I thought it was a pretty solid event for World Series of Fighting as they transition to a new era after losing a couple of champions as well. Um, so that's this weekend. Stack show today. lot to discuss. And actually, we have a, uh, a last-minute guest to announce. So let's run down the lineup, and then we'll hear from the returning New York Rick, who's finally back gracing us with his presence. Uh, 4.15, we're going to be joined by Fabricio Verdun. What's next for him? Ben Rothwell pulled out, as you know, of 2.11. We'll find out what's next from Vai Cavallo himself. 3.55, we're going to be joined by Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader has a few things to share with all of us. Just confirm that. 355, Ryan Bader will stop by. 335, Kelvin Gaslam will stop by. He's fighting Vitor Belfort. Excuse me, Anderson Silva. He beat Vitor Belfort a couple weeks ago. He got the fight he wanted. June 3rd, he's fighting Anderson Silva in Rio. We'll talk to Kelvin at 335. 315, the legend, the Hall of Famer, Boss Rudin, will stop by. That's very exciting. He's got some fun things to talk about. Been a while since we had him on the program. 245, Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian of WWE fame. How cool is that? Together on the show. I know how much you MMA purists love when we have WWE stars on the show or superstars, as they like to be called. I'm very excited to talk to the Canadian duo, Edge and Christian. I love these guys. I was a big fan of them back in the day. Formerly of The Brood, if you may recall. Um, 225, we'll talk to Jimmy Manoa about his big win over Corey Anderson. 205, Arnold Allen will stop by. Excited to talk to him for the first time on the show. 145, Lorenz Larkin will be on. Lorenz Larkin signed with Bellator last week, so I'm excited to talk to him about this new chapter in his career. And 125, the aforementioned Joe Duffy will stop by to talk about free agency, what's next, and the win over Madadi. But let's bring in Mr. New York Rick here to talk about his trip to London because he was actually in attendance on Saturday at the O2 for UFC Fight Night London. Is that not true? It is true. Now let's clear up something right off minute. the bat. This is, this is my welcome back. I yeah, this thought there would well, be like music. I thought it would be more ceremonious. And this, this is something that we need to clear up right off the bat. Talk to me. 
uh, I may have offended you because when I, when I came in today, you know, the first thing you said to me was like, Oh, you know, are you happy with me being back? Like you, you got a little emo on us. So are you offended? Did I say anything that hurt your feelings last week? What, why, why did you ask me that question? Um, I believe now, uh, my father reminded me of this. Okay. Believe- did your father listen to the show even though you weren't on? Yeah, of course he did. Okay, did my, you my listen dad, to the show yeah. even though you weren't on? Oh, I, I doubt that you listened to the show. What makes you doubt it? I don't know. You're on vacation. You feel like, oh, I have nothing to do with this. You know, he may have taken a shot at me at the top. I don't want to partake in this. I don't well, want to download here's, it. Here's the question. If I didn't listen to the show, did you take a shot at me at the top? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Something about Adam getting uh, set for the show. Unanimous praise. People are like, holy crap. I didn't know that this could be done this quickly. Adam coming out with the assets, the the rundown, the graphics, all the stuff that you do behind the scenes. Adam did it in like 20 minutes and people were saying, you know, that's the problem. That's that's the, uh, the Wally Pip syndrome. Yeah. Day off, Lou Gehrig comes in, and now we've got some issues. Well, we have Adam over here. We're going <laughs> to... But he can't give us the MMA insight that you um, provide on a weekly basis. No, but uh, seriously, though, Adam Adam is great and, and really appreciate him uh, filling in and helping. I actually watched uh, 60 Minutes last night, and they were talking about the H-1B visa. I don't know if you saw this, about how there's this weird loophole where they're kicking out Americans and bringing in foreigners and they're making the Americans teach the foreigners about their job. So it kind of reminded me of you because you taught him, I taught him. about how to do your job and now yeah. he's doing it better than you. Perfect. Weird. <laughs> You're like the H-1B visa. Thank you. It feels, it feels great to be back. <laughs> yes. Um, so you, you were in London and by the way, let's clear up one other thing. Yeah. I mentioned the phone thing and then you turned it into a joke, but let's be clear before I mentioned it, you were still doing it. Oh, I was going to do it regardless of if you mentioned it. I think but you, you upped it a little bit. Well, I upped the um, insistence upon it, but yeah. that was going to be my theme for, for sure. Now, why? Um, like, what's they the have them at the locations that I was already at. So I'm going to these places. Sure. Um, and when I'm there, I, know, I started to notice that the phone booths were not really everywhere except for these locations. Now, I found- what locations? You know, like- for example, at the Natural uh, History Museum, at the um, at the British Museum, at the London Eye, I was finding it at all the kind of landmarks that I was already going to. Um, so I decided that I would make the phone booths, uh, uh, phone boxes. So every time you saw a phone box, that's I what they not, call them there. I did not take a picture with every phone box because you could you find said, a, You could you said find your lovely wife. Oh, you got to take a picture. I got no, because I you could post find a phone. Instagram. There were some phone boxes that you could just find in the middle of the street somewhere, and that doesn't really have any context. It doesn't really frame me and put me in any place sure. that I kind of want. Oh, to I see. You needed the backdrop. Yeah, the backdrop was what's important. Got to you got to pay attention. Sure, 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 sure. And now, are these just relics, or are they yeah, actually... Uh, well, they work, but I don't see anybody using them. They're mostly just for uh, homeless people to urinate in. And stupid tourists like you to take pictures of. Exactly right. Mm. Is While smelling the, the homeless person. Do they know. smell bad? Hit or miss, but uh, there were quite a few that did uh, reek. So you were there for what, like 10 days? You enjoyed it? You had fun? It was wonderful. And then you decided on your last night to go to a UFC event. I Yeah, I mean, I was... If I was in town, I was going to try and go early. And everybody was, you know, so down on this card. I wanted to uh, show my you support. You want to show your support. I like the card. I agree. I thought it was a good And I thought card. it delivered. I agree with you on, on both counts. And Was that uh, your first time going to a UFC event in Europe? Yes. You've yeah, been to was. Glory. Been to Glory. Did uh, anyone notice you or recognize you? 
there were a few fans that get out of here. People came up to you and said, "Are you New York Rick of the MMA Hour fame?" Listen, this show. I mean, we're big in we're big in Europe. We're big, we're big arguably in bigger than here. I'm big. The show, big. Yeah, it's, it was. There were there were a lot of uh, cool people there. So biggest takeaway because a lot of the local heroes, if you want to call them, Mark Casey. Yep. Had a nice win. He continues to look very good in the UFC. As I mentioned, Arnold Allen, who yep. was kind of pleading with the crowd to get behind him, which I thought was very interesting. Jimmy Manoa. Well, who came across as the biggest star? You know, we didn't have like the Bispings of the world. So this was kind of the new generation of English fighter who came across live as the biggest star in your opinion. I think the most support I heard was for probably Joe Duffy. It seemed like what? everybody was kind of behind Joe Duffy more than, really? than everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's hard to walk away from it thinking about anybody other than Manoa just because he was the headline event and delivered uh, so uh, declaratively. Yeah. So it was such a stamp. Um, but as far as, you know, from walking out to during the fight showing support, I would say that most people were behind Joe Duffy. Wow. I wonder if this was a uh, a smart crowd to steal a wrestling term and they knew about his contract situation. It's possible. And yeah. thus were, you know, providing some. Now that's not to say there wasn't, you know, when, when uh, Mark came out or, or Brad Pickett, obviously, or, yeah. Um, or Arnold or any of the, the British fighters um, that the crowd wasn't loud. But I, th I think the, the feature, you know, slot that Joe Duffy's kind of been fit into in, in a lot of these cards has paid off. People know and care about Joe Duffy. How quiet was it when Pickett lost? Like initially? So yeah. close. Looked good in the first two rounds. I'm trying to recall. It did get a little quiet, but I think it was more just like, I think the boo started pretty quickly. People um, were mad about the stoppage? People were mad. Um, I had no problem with the stoppage. No, I had no problem either. I mean, it's nice storybook ending, but you still got to call the fight. You still yeah. got to ref the fight. You can't, look at storylines and you know, he took a shot. He was unresponsive. I think he took two shots on the ground, got the head kick. And then the, the two punches on the ground, I thought it was the right call. Yeah. And I mean, if it happened in the first round, nobody would have had a problem with the stoppage. It's because he was, ah, like he was on his way so. to a win. Okay. And then I think people are, you know, we were so close to getting that, that fairy tale ending where you go out on, on the W and uh, we didn't get it. That was amazing. Uh, Pickett, getting all emotional, Vera getting all emotional, them yeah. coming together, then the crowd cheering for then Vera. Then the crowd turned, yeah. And then and then the hat in the middle of the uh, the cage. I wonder who takes the hat and what they do with it. Like if there was an MMA Hall I of Fame. I believe Sandu, Sandu MMA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From MMA Junkie. I believe he said that security took it. Or maybe it was it was John Morgan, somebody from Junkie. But then what do they do with it? Said that security handled it. Um, who knows? Back to Brad, I imagine. No, that doesn't that doesn't work. Again, if there was an MMA Hall of Fame, it would be great, but I talk about Bronze that hat. Um, bronze the hat? Yeah, maybe. Maybe put it in his gym. But I feel like you have to kind of donate it and, and, and walk away from it. Again, I love that they let him wear the, the braces, although it did look a little funky with the, uh, the Reebok kit under it. Yeah. Um, but a, a, nice, a nice compromise. Okay, so starting with Manua, he knocks out Anderson. Vicious, exclamation point, great yep. kind of performance. I needed some new blood. You know, he's climbing that ladder once again yep. at uh, at 2.05. Calls out the winner of DC and, 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 and Rumble. And some people suggested that he blew an opportunity to call out Jones. He addressed this afterwards saying, Jones is a steroid user. I want nothing to do with him. I think if he would have called out Jones, he would have made more of an impact. 
say, I want to be the guy to welcome him uh, back to the UFC. Give me a shot at the uh, the cheater, if you want to call him that. Do you agree, or did he have to shoot for the stars here? I think he's kind of gotten the best of both worlds at this point. Um, he called for the title shot. If he gets it, he got what he wanted, great. And then when people pressed him on Jones, he gave an answer that if they made that fight, there's no doubt about the fact that you could promote that. Yeah. So I think he kind of ended up with the best of both. I think you could very easily pivot this to a Jones fight, or if he gets the title shot that he asked for, um, that works too. So I'd say he probably played it pretty well. Who would you give the title shot to? Let's say DC wins, right? Let's say DC wins on April 8th. And now Jones is back in play come the summertime. Do you do Jones, DC right off the bat, even though it seems like their feud has cooled off? Or do you put in some new blood do you give, you know, DC a Manoa and have Jones fight someone like, I don't know, a Gustafson, a Glover if they win, you know, p- pick a pick a 205, right? If, Anything just to feature him, you know what I mean? If the past is any indicator, yeah. I would say you got to just book Jones in the title fight right away. Why? Because you don't trust? Well, because last time we gave him the tune-up fight, everybody kind of had a chance to say, "Oh, now I'm not impressed with this new John Jones." Again, I've said this before. I thought that fight was fine. He he looked great and OSP is not some jamoke that you can just push over. Um, but uh, I think you just book Jones in the title fight right away. Don't lose the, don't, don't give, you know, the opportunity for people to, to pick apart John Jones and then go, you know, into, into the next fight going, oh, he's not the same. He's not back, whatever. Uh, book him in the title fight. You can build the DC and Jones heat back up. Uh, you could make uh, a, you could you know start a good promotional campaign for uh, Rumble and, and Jones as well. Um, I think you just got to put Jones into the title shot. Do you like this idea of let's say we are going to get Conor versus Floyd doing an entire card of MMA versus? Oh man! Because the problem is it's all it's all boxing. So MMA is going to come out probably. You know, if we're if we're being yeah, conservative here. It's probably not going to be a great night for the MMA fighters yeah. on the whole. I, I have no interest in that. In the in the entire a mixed MMA card would be fun though, right? Yeah, that's that's now we're getting into something much more interesting because it actually is kind of you know comparing sports. But a boxing card featuring MMA fighters is not yeah, is really. Connor is a very isolated yeah. specific example this 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 idea that now everybody's like oh, i want to be on the undercard yeah, yeah. It's, it's silliness <laughs> and give them pay-per-view points too while while yeah. we're at it um all right so that's manoa nice performance gunner nelson great win huge looks fantastic and yep. every time he looks good it reminds me once again how good damian maya is yeah do you like the idea of gunner nelson versus Wonderboy thompson as his coach john cavanaugh suggested yesterday let's, let's run that i love that Love that. Karate Kid versus Karate Kid. Yeah. What a great fight. Good good picture. If you're Wonder Boy, do you take that fight? Yeah. What what why wouldn't you? Because it's a risky fight to bounce back on? I don't know. I mean, you just fought for the belt twice. You can make the argument that you won, you know, the I last think that time. that's exactly the fight you kinda need. Because Gunnar Nelson has enough cachet that if you beat him, you're kinda still around there in that title picture. Yeah. I, I think that's how you have to go. I wonder I wonder if he'll take it. I love that fight. Wow. It's a great fight. How much fun is it to watch Gunnar Nelson fight when he is on point? Yeah. He can fall into periods of kind of like looking like inactivity. He can he can, you know, be a bit of a sleepy fighter at times, but um Literally. When he, he always has bedhead. It's unbelievable. Bedhead. But when he, you know, showcases his skills and turns it on, he's he's a he's a finisher. 
Like, that guy is uh, very, very good. Uh, two last things about this card. How impressed are you with Mark DKC? And a lot of people are upset that he's on the show today. Can't get everyone on the damn show. We had yeah. him on just a couple months ago. I'm sorry. If you really like him that badly, then we'll get him on at a later date. I'm sorry. Already I put you know so many guests on and I get all this grief from New York Rick about making the graphics, which I think take, what, six seconds to make per I don't know. I'll ask, uh, I'll ask Porter. He'll tell me. <laughs> well, it takes him three seconds. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I'm doing wrong and Porter can tell me. But uh, Dia Casey was impressed before this fight. Obviously impressed after it. Um, we'll see what happens You know, with a, with a jump up in competition yeah. level. But he's asking for it. I mean, the, the, the toolbox, the skill set, he's got it, clearly. Um, he's, he's, he got all the, he's got all the tools that you need. And then the, uh, the, the post-fight celebration, the breakdancing. Everything was great. The, the back and forth with Dan Hardy about the Mohawk. Everything, oh, yeah. Everything's on point. Joe Duffy, next fight, mm. UFC or Bellator? Oh, boy. I'm going to say Bellator. Wow. I could see him going to both. I mean, I could see him I, sticking. I see there's a, he's kind of in a, in a spot where there's a very reasonable case you could make for going to both. Because. Yeah, and, and and Bellator is is hot on that market. They got yeah, James Bellator's Gallagher. They've done some people shows, up. And, and they're snatching people up. Yeah, they're they're snatching people up, and he's somebody that you know falls in line with with you know kind of where they've been targeting. You know, he's he's a UFC fighter who's not really on on the end of his run. He's still quite in you know in, in the prime of his career. He's got that Connor connection always that. Yeah, there's there's in. aspects there that that you can sell, but at the same time, he may you know be chasing the the best organization in terms of talent and want the title in that organization. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to hear from him soon. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, I think, I think the, the choice is firmly in his hands. Um, whereas in, in others, it's not always, I think he's got, uh, I think he's got some options. See the difference between this show and other shows, we can speculate all we want on this show. We like to talk to the people. Let's hear from him. So New York Rick is going to call Joe Duffy in a second here, and we're going to have him on the show. By the way, speaking of Dan Hardy, I thought he did a great job, in particular in that Brad Pickett interview, post-fight interview. He was the right guy. He is a you know, UK MMA legend. I just thought his, his demeanor, his tone, the way he kind of was friendly, but not too friendly towards Brad, gave him that shoulder to cry on, so to speak. I thought Dan was fantastic in that role. I love listening to Dan and... John Gooden. And John Gooden, by the way, is great at his job. I mean, in terms of play-by-play and him actually calling the action, he he does a great job there, in my opinion. Um, so it's always it's always a nice change of pace when when they're calling the fights. And, you know, speaking of, you know, like those post-fight interviews, there's a fine line between, you know, shooting for the moon in terms of your call-out and it just sort of falling on deaf ears. And kind of picking the right person to call it. Like two weeks ago, I thought Kevin Lee went too far. Calling out Khabib, you're not going to get that fight. So it's almost a waste of a call out. But Leon Edwards calling out Cerrone coming off a loss, I don't think he's going to get it, but it's not that crazy. You know, Manoa, fine. Call it the champs. Put yourself in that, you know, discussion. That's cool. Don't go too far. You can't be, you know, the 20th ranked guy and call it the number one guy. It's not going to work. And it's just going to be a waste of a call out. So I didn't mind Leon Edwards's call out of, of Donald Cerrone in that regard because yes, there's a big gap there, but you know sometimes they'll they'll make a fight like that. Sometimes there's a fine line when it comes to those call outs. You got you got to be careful with them. Anyhow, uh, let's move along to our 
next guest, our first guest of the day, we were talking about him just a couple of minutes ago. I said, let's call him up. Let's see what he has to say. Everyone wants to know what's next for Joe Duffy. And he is joining us right now via the magic of Skype. There he is, Irish Joe himself. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations. First things first. Second of all, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're probably being pulled in many different directions on this Monday. So appreciate your time here today. No problem at all. Thank you. Okay, so let's actually start a couple months ago when this fight was announced. You were on the show um, end of the year last year and were kind of in limbo, didn't like your deal, and you were kind of willing to, to you know, stand your ground, go back to do some, some other non-MMA work. I mean, you were really sticking to your guns. And then they announced your fight. You did not sign a new deal, so you were going to play out the contract. How did you get to the point where they said, okay, you know what, we're just going to let you fight it out and then we'll cross that bridge, you know, after this fight, because it seemed like there, w- there was kind of a stalemate going on. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the cards were full or or whatever. It's hard to know, to be honest, Ariel. Um, but I know uh, the opportunity came up for a fight in London, and um, and obviously the the opponent got offered, and um, you know that that's where we reached an agreement, and you know I, I was glad uh, I was. Glad to get a fight closer to home and uh, and to obviously get back in there. And so when you took this fight and then you're preparing for the fight and then you're there in London and it's fight week and now it's fight night, does this fight feel a little different? Because there's a lot at stake here. You end the contract on a win. Now you've got some leverage. You ended on a loss. You lose some of that leverage. Did you feel that pressure? Uh, yeah, I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel the pressure. Um you know, certainly through camp, um, you know, every session, it, it felt like it mattered a little bit more. Um, you know, e- even fight week, it was, it was slightly different. It was definitely a different feel to it. Um, you know, the pressure was there in the background. Um, you know, I, I felt maybe maybe my mind would wander now and again. But I, I knew I had a very tough fight. And I think the fact I had someone like Reza helped because I had to really focus on the fight itself. When you say it, it definitely felt different, was that just, you know, in, in, in your mind, your estimation, or did you feel like people were treating you differently? Um, no, I, th- I think in my mind, maybe, and and even in my performance in the gym, I, I don't feel like, um, you know, this camp, I don't feel like I got into it the same way I did in the last camp. Um, I, I got ill before I started camp, so I definitely think that took the wind out of my sails. Um, you know, I was training over Christmas and everything else, and just before Christmas, I felt I felt very good. You know, I was uh, the fight just got announced. I was I was really excited, and um, you know, at the start. You know, you know, as soon as, as soon as that, they gave me a bit of a burst of energy in my training. Hmm. Um, you know, then, not long after Christmas, I got ill, and and I, I felt like I kind of took the wind out of the sails. I felt like um, you know, my fitness never really got back up to. To where it normally is, and uh, and obviously, you know, it broke it broke my my normal rhythm, um, and I think just uh, the pressure on top of it, I think, just made everything a little bit tougher in in this camp. What happened, as far as the illness is concerned? Um, oh, it was nothing major. It just started out as as a bit of a cold. You know, probably I'm always training. You know, twice a day and everything else, and. Uh, you know, I'm trying to improve, and I think maybe maybe I pushed it a little bit too hard for too long. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was it. The, the Montreal winter just got the better of me. Yes. 
So I was a cold, you know, got into my chest a little bit, a little bit of a chest infection. But, you know, again, it was nothing major. I just felt like um, after I couldn't get back to, to you know, the, the fitness I normally feel, you know, back to that 100%. When the UFC offered you this fight, did you think, okay, this is perfect because here's a guy who's always game. He's very aggressive, usually likes to stay on his feet. This is a nice showcase. I mean, I would argue you have fought some higher ranked opponents than Reza, but this felt like a very style friendly matchup for you. Did you feel the same way? Um, I felt uh, like similar to the, the Mitch Clark fight. It was, um, it was almost like it, it, I knew he would test me in the areas that, um, that I got tested in the party fight. Mm. And, um, obviously with, with the Mitch fight, the fight didn't, didn't go to that point where I got to showcase some skills and prove to myself that, um, that them areas have been worked on, addressed, and and under pressure are you know are, are definitely you know a, at least a few levels forward than they were. Mm. Um. So so when this matchup came through, I thought it was a good opportunity to to prove that to myself. When they offered you this fight, did they make one last effort to try to get you to sign a new deal? No. No, um, I think it was already it was already kind of set at that stage. It was um, my, my contract had been extended. Uh, there, there was no more talks. It was just a case of you know of fighting up my fighting up my contract. Okay, um, when you're facing off with Reza Madadi and he gives you that look, I, I I like looking at your face as I usually like to do when someone fights him because you ha- you're just such a calm, cool, and collected guy, and you have this smile as you're, you know, you're smiling to us right now. It, it seemed like you were almost amused by it all. Like he's saying some stuff to you. He's giving you that big you know, chin-out stare down. What are you thinking when you see this? Um, that's a, like a, I wouldn't say it's amusement. I think it's excitement. Okay. You know, the smile is, is excitement. Like someone who's, who's bringing that intensity and, and all that, like I draw off that. I always feel like I, I've drawn off that since day one. Um, you know, when he's staring at me, all I'm thinking about is how how I vision the fight and and how excited I am to be in there and get my you know get stuck into it. Um, so I suppose you know they're the thoughts that's going through my head, and that that's why I'm smiling because you know there's no place I'd rather be. What's he saying to you? Um, I think yeah, what was he saying? To you? He was saying like in the way, and he was like a you know that I, I never I never came across someone like him. You know, someone who, you know, maybe he's as game as him or, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what he meant. But, um, you know, in fairness, you know, he backed it up. He went in, he, he doesn't quit. That that guy yeah. is uh, he's as tough as they come. Um, it, it was a classic mad dog fight, if you will. I mean, he's all bloodied up. Um, it, it goes the distance. You didn't put him away, but it was, I thought, a very dominant and solid performance. Were you happy with the entire body of work? Uh, oh, I, de- I definitely wouldn't say I was happy with the entire thing. Um, uh, there's a lot of improvements to be made. Um, okay. I'm glad I got the, the the 15 minutes in. You know, there's plenty of footage I can look at, and you know, plenty of changes I can make. Um, the the first round I didn't feel great. I didn't feel like I, I got my time, and I didn't feel I was 100 percent there. Second round was much better, and third round, even like towards the end, I felt it was a bit better. Like um, just in in all areas, you know, close quarters and everything else. I felt like um, I was a hundred percent comfortable in all them areas. So there, there's lots of adjustments to be made, but you know, overall, I was I was just relieved to get the result. You know, I knew that was the priority, and you know, I was glad to get get the win on this one. What didn't you like about it? 
Um, I think the fact that I didn't I didn't get my starting position the way I would have liked. Like my range wasn't quite there. Um, I felt like you know the first. You know, at the start, I was trying to land the first jab when necessarily the first jab wasn't there. Maybe I should have doubled it up, trebled it up. Um, I would have liked, I would have liked the, my feints to be a bit more varied. Um, you know, a few more changes of angles before my attacks. You know, and maybe varied up my attacks slightly also. Mm. But uh, you know, the, it was it was still much better in, in some senses um, in my in the varies of attacks. You know, between hands, legs, knees. Um, but I feel like um, you know maybe I need to look at you know different ways of varying up them attacks. You know, even though I'm using different different skills, different limbs, you know, different things. I think you know changing the angles coming in, changing levels coming in. Um, you know, I would have liked to would have liked to shot more as well. You know, would have would have liked to gone for a takedown. Maybe you know maybe a few more takedowns. Maybe on the ground I might have got the finish. Okay. Um, so who knows, you know, who knows, but uh, there's definitely lots of, lots of room for improvement there. And, and, and so you mentioned that, you know, you, you, you got the result, you got the win at the end of the day, that's what you needed. Would it be fair to say that you didn't go full force because you didn't want to take any extra risks to put yourself in a precarious position so that you would not get the win? Like, do you, were you trying, like, you know, sometimes you take, you, you, you go out of your comfort zone a little bit, you go for the home run, whatever, but in this case, you knew that you were ahead two rounds to none, you know, probably in, in, in your mind, even though you don't know the scorecards and you're like, okay, let me just try to finish this uh, off um, because I need the victory. Were you thinking like that in there? No, no. No, um, no like I remember, I remember the third round was just about to start and, um, you know, I knew I had two rounds in the bag and I th- like for a split second, I thought, you know, you can coast in this round, you know, you can move around. But, and then I was like, there's no way, you know, I, I, you know, I had another word on myself. I was like, there's no way, you know, you need to go at this guy. Don't give him an inch of confidence and, and keep pouring it on and look for the finish. Okay. You know, um, you know, it, it might not always be the, you know, the safest option, but sometimes, you know, offense is the best defense, you know? Was there um, any part of you after the fight as you walked out, did you think this might be my last time fighting in a UFC cage? Uh, no, not on the way out there. Okay. Um, I think, I think um, beforehand I thought it, and and obviously after, you know, I remember after the interview and everything, um, I thought it, but uh, you know, on on the walkout, I think I was just solely focused on yeah. on the job at hand and just, and just making sure that. Um, you know, I was just talking to myself quite a lot, trying to trying to get little bits and pieces right in my head, and just making sure I was calm and make sure I was you know making good decisions. I, I was talking about the walk back to the locker room after the win, as the fans oh, are sorry, kind of congrats. Yeah. Are, are you thinking that? Uh, I thought about it after the fight was over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, after I just finished the interview with Dan, you know, I had a little look around and I seen all the crowd, and and it, it did. It ended in my head. Um, you know, but. Who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll see how it all plays out. So, what what does your gut say now? What do you think happens? Um, I suppose uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see now. Area, you know, I came this far. Um, you know, I I'm definitely going to test uh, the, the free agency. You know, I'm I'm going to see, 
you know, see what offers comes in. I, I believe it's something like maybe maybe ninety days yeah. before you know I can speak to other promotions or something. Um, obviously, I know UFC has a window now where they can they can make some some offers. Um, so who knows what offers they'll make? Um, so you know, I suppose I'm just gonna wait and see. You know, I'm gonna look at my options. Um, you know, the the sport is it's not a sport we're in. You know, the rest of our lives. So. You know, I definitely gotta try to make the most of it in the in the short space of time we're in it. Um, you know, it's not like we got a pension plan or anything else. So yeah. you know, I, I gotta try and try and weigh up the options and, and go for the best option. Has this chapter of your career? Because I remember when you were on, you you know, you were a little bothered by how everything was going, and 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 you were considering just kind of doing something else. Has this soured you at all on the sport and or the UFC? No, no, that's it. Um, you know, I, I've always kind of looked at it from, you know, their perspective and my perspective. Um, you know, obviously for them as business, you know, uh, and as a business, you, your job is to make money, you know, and for me as a business and also as an enjoyment, you know, I got to make money, but I also got to be financially secured. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit annoying because the, the business sometimes take the joy out of it. Mm. Obviously, I do this because I love it. Um, you know, and just you're know, being financially secure and not having to worry from fight to fight about about a paycheck or you know the amount in your paycheck. You know, I think that's that's the only thing that that makes us worry is you know a fight or two. You know, you run the risk of being cut um, or not not having the finances to be able to just keep training and, and doing what I love. Um, and that's why that's why I'm I'm fighting to make sure. You know, I can take care of that and this is no longer a worry and I can just focus solely on the fighting and hopefully in turn it's going to rub off in my performances even more, you know, and I'm going to be able to go in there and, and put on even more of a showcase every time I fight. Safe to assume since you won on Saturday, no new contract offers have been made? Um, not as far as I'm aware. Okay. As far as I'm aware. Uh, my, man, my manager's away at the minute. Um I'm not sure if if he had any discussions with Sean Shelby or or anything else, um, you know. But but as far as I know, I haven't heard anything so far. Will you consider? I've always thought the 90 day thing is a little funny because if they're going to say we'll let you play out the contract, why do they need 90 days to you know have you sit around? When usually another offer isn't made, usually what they've done in this case is they'll say, okay, go out and find something else and then we'll see you know, what the market is for you and then we'll match it. Would you consider to asking them to waive the 90 days so that you can go and actually find out? Because you've been sitting on this idea for so long. Go out, find out what's out there for you and then go talk to them. Um, I suppose it's not even something I thought about. It's <laughs> a good question. I'm not sure whether... Whether um, you know that's something the UFC are interested in, and and that's something that uh, you know might work in in their favor as well. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, my manager takes care of yeah, yeah, yeah. all this side of things. So, so um, you know, I suppose I'll, I'll leave it up to him. You know, he he'll be, you know, he'll probably be watching. And um, I'm not sure if if it suits the UFC and it suits it suits them. Then you know, maybe that's something you know, we could work with or, you know, who knows. 
the very capable Graham Boylan who has uh, great experience doing these things. So I'm not trying to offer any advice, but I was just curious if that was something that you guys had discussed. Um, to be clear, you're not one of those guys. There are some fighters who could say, I want to be in the UFC and I'm willing to take a pay cut. You just want to get what you think you're owed. It doesn't matter where it is. If you can stay in the UFC, I'm sure you'd be happy. But at the end of the day, you want to get what you think that you're owed. You're not willing to take a pay cut just to remain in the UFC. Is that accurate? Is that fair? Yeah, that's it. Like I said, you know, it's not like um, I've gone to university or anything else. You know, after this, I I'm got, you know, I haven't got a job waiting for me. You know, this yeah. since I've been five years old, this is what I've done. This is my my college. This is my university. You know, and, and this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get paid for the, for them years now. Um, so you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set myself up financially, and uh, and hopefully when that's taken care of. You know, I I can relax a little bit more and just enjoy enjoy the fighting. But um, you know, I would gladly I would gladly sign with the UFC. You know, if we come to a, a good deal and everything, I've enjoyed every second of of working with them so far. Um, I said it all week. You know, I got a great relationship with most of the staff with the UFC, and you know, I love the USADA program and this type of thing. So you know, it, it's definitely. You know, it's not like uh, it's 100% done or anything yeah. else. You know, I'm just open to all offers. And, you know, I'm just, I'm interested to see, um, see what offers are on the table. Is there any chance that this was your last fight period? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think, um, I think even if I said to myself, you know, I, I would retire or something, I think there's no way that would last long. Right. I would definitely be back in within six months, guaranteed. Okay. And in your mind, I mean, how quickly would you like to wrap this up? Are you willing to wait? You know, cause we, we see a situation like Ryan Bader, it's taking a long time. Um, other fighters, Lorenz Larkin, it took him a very long time. Just signed last week. He had his last fight in August. Are, are you prepared, you know, to, for another six months or so plus to be uh, on the sidelines or are you hopeful that you can get something done relatively quickly? Um, yeah, hopefully it'll get done quickly, but you know, what, whatever time it takes, it takes, you know, the, this is the business side of things and, and you, with business, you've got to be patient, um, you know, for, for every moment I'm waiting, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm in, improving things, you know, so it's not like that's, that's ever time wasted. Uh -huh. You know, I'd like to get back down to, to New York and, and work with, with uh, John again, if I could, um, you know, and all of his guys, I would love, I'd love to spend a bit of time down there. Um, and there's a few other bits and pieces, you know, I want to work on, you know, I'd like to get some boxing sparring back in and, and make a few changes. Obviously when I get back to Montreal, I'll speak to Fraz and see what changes he wants to make also. Um, so it, this time's never wasted. I feel. Would it be rude of me to ask you what number you're looking for? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no. It was, it was Ariel. Uh, it was uh, no. It was the same as um, like Graham, Graham kind of asked me the other day. Um, you know, just after the fight. And truth is, like, I haven't got a set figure. Like, it's not. Um, especially with this fight, I felt like leading up to the fight, that was kind of lingering in the background, and. Um, you know, when when that was lingering in the background, I would have to push it away, and I would have to concentrate on the fight. Um, 
and and because I was concentrating solely on the fight, I didn't I didn't talk about anything after it. Uh-huh. You know, no aftermath. You know, as far as far as I was concerned, you know, my life stopped at the fight. Okay. Um, and then after, like Graham, Graham said, you know, what type of figures do you want to talk? Like, and truth is, I got no idea. Uh-huh. I got no idea. It's not like I got a set figure in my head. Obviously, you know, the price would be different now to what it was before. Sure. Um, because you know, before I was three and one, now I'm four and one. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I got a figure in my head. I'm just at the minute. I'm still trying to get my head around. You know, just being a free agent. Obviously, the whole weekend. You know, the whole experience. And um, you know, it's only now I'm kind of settled. It's been a bit of a whirlwind of a weekend, and I'm down in Wales now. I got to see my my uh, my baby niece today for the first time, and you know. Other than that, I haven't really had an opportunity to let my mind wander too much to business. Fair enough. And congratulations, by the way, on the new arrival uh, to your family. Um, last question, and I apologize in advance for asking this, but I would kill myself if I didn't. There's probably no better person <laughs> than you to ask. You know what the question is. Uh, then, okay. you know, your thoughts on Connor versus Floyd. Do you give Connor any chance? You you actually went out there and had multiple pro boxing matches. You know better than anyone what it's like the transition against maybe the greatest defensive boxer of all time, and you know Connor very well. Do you give him any chance if this fight actually comes to fruition? Yes, I I think in a combat sport, there's always a puncher's chance. Okay, you know, no matter what, you know, in MMA boxing, there's always that puncher's chance. Um, I feel that. The Floyd is probably used to being in there with bigger hitters than Connor. Um, you know, boxers, them boxers really do hit, you know. Um, but down to, you know, on the scorecards, I, I really don't. I, I really feel it's a landslide towards towards Floyd. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the best of all time. You know, how he made, uh, you know, Pacquiao look. And Pacquiao's, you know, one of the best boxers we've seen in a long time. You know, I think that just proves the level he's at. Um, you know, Canelo's probably a bigger hitter than Connor. And, you know, how he, how he boxed him is is different. It's different. It takes a while to, you know, to get into the sport and, and to get up to a par. And um I think it, I think if he pers- pursued boxing for a long time, I think, you know, he could have done very well in it definitely. But you know Floyd, you know Floyd's been doing this since he's a child, and you know I really just can't see it going any other way. Wish you the best, Joe. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate some time here today, and uh, good luck with this process. I hope that you know you 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 truly get what you are are looking for and what you deserve. Because a as as New York Rick told us earlier, you got a great uh, reaction. The fans clearly love you. You put in the time. You, uh, you certainly deserve uh, more than what you're making now. So I, I hope that you're happy with the process, happy with what you get, and that we can see you fight wherever it may be sooner rather than later. Definitely. Thanks, Ariel. Pleasure to speak as always. All right, there he is. The one and only Joe Duffy, Irish Joe Duffy, embarking on free agency. You heard him uh, just a couple of months ago on the program saying that he was willing to sit out. Um, they came to an agreement that they would allow him to fight out his contract, the UFC, that is. And uh, now he has fulfilled that deal. And now he is going to, um, it appears, test the market. So we'll see what happens there. It has been a, a busy stretch as far as Bellator is concerned when it comes to signing, quote unquote, free agents. 
And they were very busy last week. On Monday night, you found out that they had signed Dylan Dennis, training partner and friend of one Conor McGregor. More importantly, one of the best BJJ practitioners in the world. Had a tough uh, evening last night at the uh, the Pan Ams in Jiu-Jitsu. But nevertheless, that got them some buzz. Got them even more buzz on Thursday afternoon when it was announced that they had signed Lorenz Larkin. But before we move along, let me quickly tell you once again about my good friends over at Blue Apron. Incredible home cooking has never been more attainable thanks to the good people over at Blue Apron because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. No more overspending at restaurants or high-end grocery stores. With Blue Apron, you can prepare delicious, memorable meals yourself in under 40 minutes, just like that. Not to mention Blue Apron has partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States to ensure that all their ingredients are of the highest quality. And because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required, they are reducing food waste. It's delicious, quality food that you can feel good about. Now, here are some of the meals available in March from Blue Apron. Salmon piccata, with orzo and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips, and spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. I mean, my mouth is just watering talking about these meals. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, and that is free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MMA hour. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so do not wait. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash MMA hour. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Now back to the show. Lorenz Larkin teaming up with Scott Coker and company once again. You recall he was a part of Strike Force, now a part of Bellator, and he is joining us on the phone right now. Lorenz, are you there? Yeah, how's it going? It's going great. Congratulations on the new deal. Are you surprised that you ended up in Bellator? Um, you know what? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not that surprised. You know, um, it's been a long, it's been a long free agent, it's been a long, long little journey. You know, this free whole free agency thing, and I think the more and more the time went by, the more and more I, I kind of knew that you know that I was probably going to move on to to another place. Were you disappointed that it took so long to just find a home that the process, like when you were thinking about it in August, you know, the Magni fight and thinking about what's to come, were you hopeful that it would get done in 2016, early 2017? This did seem to take a little longer. Yeah. You know, I was hoping, you know, at the most, you know, two months and then, and then, you know, I would be able to, you know, figure out my future. Yeah. But I guess it all happens for a reason, you know, and um, I made the right decision. You know, I'm, I'm content with myself and, and, you know, mentally about everything. And I feel good about it. I didn't feel like, you know, I just did something because I had to, you know, I felt like I had options and it went good. Why do you think it took so long? You know what? I'm, I'm not too sure, you know, because, you know, I know my team was on the phone with, you know, UFC, and I know they're, you know, we're, we're trying to get something done, you know, we, we weren't just trying to sit around, you know, especially not after a fight like, you know, my last, so 
You know, I'm not too sure. You know, I don't want <clears throat> to have speculation, but you know, maybe it was because of all the cards that were happening. You know, you know, the the time I fought, there's a lot of big things going on. So I'm not too sure. Okay. Um, did they ever come back with a deal that you considered the UFC? Yeah, I had a deal on the table. Okay. And um, you know, it just. It just didn't feel right, you know what I mean? It's the whole my whole reasoning for for testing free agency was to see what I was worth and and, and to get somebody behind me, you know. Get I want to feel like an asset, you know, to a promotion, you know, and I want to feel like the promotion wants you know to really drive me and really use me, you know. I, I'm I've 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 made this point you know a lot of times that you know like I'm, I'm ready to work you know anything you can use me for let me know like I'm, I'm here you know and it just wasn't happening for me so I, I don't know if it was just the timing or you know or there's or just there's no interest in that but you know that's that's a big thing that I was focused on you know mm-hmm. did you talk I, I know you were at ACB in Manchester a couple of weeks ago did you get any offers from other promotions yeah, so you know, during this whole this whole um, this whole time, you know, I, I know that my team talked with ACB. You know, we talked with Bellator, we talked with uh, Ryzen, uh-huh. and those were the those were the, the promotions that you know that, that we've had conversations with. So those were the at the end of the day, it came down to those three. The UFC wasn't really even in the running. No, you know what? They they weren't they weren't even. I didn't even get an offer from them until uh, maybe two and a half weeks ago, something like that. Maybe wow. a, maybe a little bit more, something like that. Okay. And how would you categorize that offer? Um, I just, I guess I would just kind of, it was just kind of like a, I felt like, Personally, it was just kind of like a take it or leave it, and that's it, you know? Okay. There was no, to me, there was no, like, um, uh, how, how would I say? There was no, like, welcoming, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, you know, it is what it is. If not, then okay. And, you know, that's what I felt. And, you know, I'm not in this sport just to take whatever, you know what I mean? I feel like I, I, I fought my way to where I'm at now. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it can't, it can't be like that. You know what I mean? It can't just, it can't just be one superpower and that's it, you know? And, and, and luckily I'm in the sport at the, at a time where it's not like it's starting to not be like that anymore. And is that when you went to Bellator and had a serious conversation and is that when things heated up with them? Yeah, you know, I was able, you know, I was just able to uh, talk to Scott, you know, yeah. me and him on the phone, and and we, we worked, <laughs> we worked out something within, I don't know, forty minutes, man. Wow, that quickly? Yeah, yeah, man. The whole thing took forty minutes. The whole deal that you signed from start to finish took forty minutes. Well, my, my. Um, my team was talking with them, you know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. 
you know, but I've, I've never stepped in and talked, you know, yeah. it was just kind of like my team. Yeah. So they've been talking off and on. And then finally, you know, I, did, uh, I think I, I think I texted Scott or something like that or, 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 or some, yeah. Yeah. And then he called me and I was getting on, I was right before I was about to get on a plane to Manchester. Okay. And, uh, got on the phone with him and I, it probably took about 40 minutes, man. Just wow. Me and him talking on the phone. And we came to the deal. Are you happy with the deal? I'm happy, man. You know, everything has just been welcoming. You know, it's, it's with me, it, it's more about, um, it, it's more about the respect type thing, you know, just, just a big thing for me. It's not really a big deal, but it is for me, you know, for, for me and who I am, you know, it's, when they released the story, you know, they wanted to make it a big deal that the Riverside Press released it first. Uh, released it first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just and that just says a lot, you know, and it, it shows that they're worried about, you know, what, what I care about, you know? Yeah. And and that was a big thing for me, you know. I really respected that, and, and it really meant a lot, even though it's something small, but, you know, just, to, just for them to do that, just from the get-go, you know, it, it just says a lot to me. Is, is this new deal a raise over what you were making for your last fight in the UFC? Uh, yes. Is it a Is this the kind of raise you were looking for, or did you have to kind of meet in the middle? You know, at the end of the day, usually they say the best deals are where the both you know both sides are a little bit unhappy. Um, is is this that kind of deal, or are you over the moon? How would you categorize it? I'm happy. I, I, I'm just the thing of it is it. Don't get me wrong, Ariel. It's, it's, it's every fighter's gonna, you know, every fighter should say, you know, a big part of it is about the money. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. what we fight for. But a lot of it, for me, is respect too, and it's and it's the understanding that a promotion wants me there. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be among a bunch of people that, you know, they just who cares about me? You know what I mean? Yeah. I rather I rather fight for somebody that really wants me there and, and really is excited to see, you know, what, what we can do together. Have they talked to you about your debut yet? No, not yet. You know, so I'm supposed to be going to Chicago. Okay. For the, and uh, maybe, you know, get a little insight when I'm out there. I'm assuming you want to fight relatively soon. Your last fight was in August, right? You're probably itching to get back in there. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm anxious. I'm, I'm I'm really anxious to get it back in there. I've been training, you know, so I'm anxious to see you know what, what they come up with. Uh, by the way, are you are you on a speakerphone right now? No, I'm on an earpiece. There's a lot of like background noise, and it's hard to hear you at times. I don't know if the earpiece is uh, one of those Apple ones. No, no, no. I'm an Android guy. Oh, okay, my bad. Damn. Snap. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was this van right next to me. It's squeaky as shit. Man. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's like a 60 van or anything. Their division uh, at 170 is arguably their best and deepest. Um, do, do you agree that it's, it's one of their more interesting divisions? And B, is their name, as far as that division is concerned, that interests you for your debut? Have you had a chance to look at it? Uh, maybe we lost him. Oh, is he back? 
I think we lost him. I think he took my criticism to heart about all the background noise. Maybe that was just me on the, uh, the headset, but we'll get him back. That's Lorenz Larkin, by the way, newest member of the Bellator 170-pound division. It is a great 170-pound division. I mean, slowly but surely, they're starting to build something there. And that's what we have to do as far as Bellator is concerned. You have to kind of zero in on the division and just start building it up with names, whether it's homegrown talent, a couple free agents here or there. You got Michael Page. You got Paul Daly. Of course, the recently acquired Roy McDonald, Diego Lima, Andre Koreshkov, Lorenz Larkin. Imagine they still had Ben, ben Askren. I always felt like that was a mistake. Dominant champions, dominant fighters. Remember what he did to Koreshkov? I always felt like that was a mistake. But uh, yeah, slowly but surely, I, I wonder who they'll match him up against because Daly and Rory are fighting next in May, as is MVP and Derek Anderson. There's Lima. I don't know if they'll give him an immediate title shot. There are definitely some names, though. I like what they're doing at 170. Um, and, and they're, you know, look, Duffy at 155. All of a sudden, things are getting interesting as far as the free agent market is concerned. And I told you a while ago that this idea of playing out your contract especially if you're a non-champion mid-tier fighter, is going to become the norm. The UFC is just doing this with most of their fighters as of late. Some of the you know undercard guys, some of the prelim guys, they're all playing out their contracts. And that's sort of a a mutually agreed upon thing. It's not the fighter specifically saying, I'm going to, I'm going to fight this thing out. And you hope that there's no blood, bad blood in, in that regard. I do believe we have uh, Lorenz back. Lorenz, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, the question that I asked you before we lost you was, do you, do you agree that 170 is one of their more interesting divisions? And have you had a chance to look at the division and think about who might interest you for your debut? You know, I don't know, to be honest with you, what, what, um, you know, who I was thinking about, you know, fighting for my debut. But I, I know that, you know, the top guys that are in the 170 that, you know, that, that are making some noise are, you know, um, they got, I mean, they have MVP, they have Daly, they got Rory. Lima is actually, you know, he's a, he's a champion. And um, Brandon Ward, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I, I know there's, 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 there's some tough guys in there, you know, but I'm not, tell you the truth, man, I'm, I, I really don't care. <laughs> who they put me against, you know, I just want to, I just want to fight, man, and just get this whole journey started. Yeah. And, and, and how much, I mean, you, you know, Coker, I'm assuming, you know, Rich Chow, right? Because he, he initially signed uh-huh. you. Are there a lot of the same people? Did, did you have a chance to go backstage and meet some of these people at some of the events or are you still unfamiliar with kind of who runs Bellator? No, you know, it's crazy, man, but I, you know, I have, teammates that fight in Bellator. Yeah. You know, and I've been to, you know, I've been to their fights and, and, you know, it's, it's the same people, man. <laughs> Rich Choi is the one who, who, who got me or, you know, who, who I signed with, you know, who, who picked me up, you know, and, 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 and had me fight in, in Strikeforce and, uh, Kerry, 
Cheriana, you know, she's still there and, 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 you know, Scott, you know, so it's just, it's, it's just like, a, you know, I, I've, I've got to see them and, and I, they were there since the beginning with me, you know, so. It's like going back home. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Lorenz. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a sense, you know, it just, I, I guess it's the, the whole, the only thing that I've, I've kind of been disappointed was in, you know, this whole experience was kind of like, you know, the, some, I'm not going to say all of them. There's a lot of people who support my decision, you know. But I feel like a lot of the MMA fans, man, are, are like really disappointing me in this, in like in this thing that you know they're just big UFC people, you know. And 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 I, I always took pride in you know in saying that you know MMA fans are really knowledgeable about this sport, you know. What I mean, and really knowledgeable about what's going on in the sport, uh-huh. you know, more than I feel like with boxing and, and things like that, you know, and, and I just get this whole like Bellator, you know, why are you, why did you go to Bellator and you know, you're over and, and <laughs> it's a, it's a B league and all this other type shit, you know? And I'm just like, this is good for the sport, man. Yep. Like there can't be one, you know, I'm not saying it just cause I left, you know, I, I've watched Bellator before, even when I was in the UFC, you know what I mean? I've watched all these other leagues, you know, when I was in the UFC. So it's not like, a, like now I, I, I left them and now I'm just like, Oh, you know, it's, I felt like this the whole time. It can't be like that, you know, especially being a fighter. It can't have one superpower and no other organizations on the come up. You know what I mean? It's good for the sport. You know, all these guys always talk about, you know, this fighter made five and five, you yeah. know, for a, a fight, you know, this is bullshit. You know, well, the whole reason why that's bullshit is because that's a, that's one organization being the the superpower. You know what I mean? So it's like these guys complain about one thing, you know, and then they don't want another thing, and they say minor league and all this other shit. But they said the same thing about Strike Force, you know. And Luke Rockhold was a champion. Tyrone Woodley's a champion. Uh, uh, who else? Robbie Lawler was. Uh, Cormier, Robbie Lawler, Fabricio. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just all these. I don't, I don't, I don't like Ronda, but she, she, she came from Strike Force. You know what I mean? So it's like they say one thing, and then you know, it's, it's like everybody has to be, you know, or at night everybody has to be, but everybody has to know like this can't. This is a good change in the sport. All this free agency stuff and all these things. This is like the evolution of MMA. You know what I mean? This is like a turning point that other organizations are starting to fight for fighters. You know what I mean? And, and everybody has to understand that that's a good thing for the sport. It's old. Are, are you getting more crap than like, I don't know, accolades or well wishes from the fans? No, no, no. I, I'm getting, don't get me wrong. I'm getting a lot of what was like, I'm getting a lot of people that, that are supporting me. A lot of people. It just, I see every so often, you know, cause I'm like, I don't, I don't really reply, but I, I am a lurker. I, I do just scroll <laughs> little posts, you know, that <laughs> and I'll just read the comments, but it, it, it was just boggling my mind, man. I was just like, you know, for, I just feel like, and like, you know, all MMA fans should know that this is good for the sport, you know, 
pitches. It's like, it's not a bad thing that people are starting to test free agency and things like that. Like, well, I mean, what do you think? Well, it's funny that, so my thoughts on it are, I understand to a degree where the fans are coming from. And I say this not to be condescending. Fans are somewhat spoiled and selfish in the sense that they want all the fighters under one umbrella so that they could see the best fighters fight each other. And so I get it if you're just a pure fan who watches on TV. But if you're a fan of fighters as human beings, you want them to succeed. You want them to have a good life. You want them to be comfortable financially, not just themselves and, and, and their family. You want them to have a life after fighting. You should be very happy about the current state of MMA and the way it's trending. You should be happy that there's more than one option. You should be happy that fighters have options, have leverage, have opportunities to go test the market and see how much they're truly worth. And I can only you know guess that it's going to get higher and higher you should be happy about this so i get there's some fans who just see black and white and like oh I, I, i'm mad because now i can't see lorenz fight x ufc welterweight but if they're truly a fan of yours in particular and a joe duffy and a, a ryan bader and, and name any other free agent they should be very happy about what's happening you get you get my point no i get it that's just the way it is um i, I just think that's the way fans yeah. Uh, view things by the way last thing do you leave i know you're happy about going to belter you're comfortable there you're happy with scott but do you leave with somewhat of a i don't know sour taste in your mouth like did you i'm assuming you wanted to be a ufc champion you had aspirations are you bothered that you didn't get a chance to accomplish that in this first run no man yeah like i said at the end of the day i know what I, I didn't know coming into this what was going to happen. You know, it could have been the total opposite. Bellator maybe couldn't have been interested, you know, and, 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 and no other, other promotions could have been interested. And this whole free agency could have just, you know, uh, kicked me in the ass, you know. But it was just one of those things. There was a lot of things that I've done in my life that I said, F it, and I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But at least I tried it, you know what I mean? And then... Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing I did with, with the career, my career in MMA. You know, that's how I, that's how I really started. You know, I dedicated a, a year of my life just to see if it was something I even wanted to do, you know. So at the end of all this, if it would have ended bad or ended good, you know, I in my head I would have been able to be like, I tried it and it just didn't work. Or I tried it and it went good, you know. So I'm, I was content with however it ended. You know, so I'm 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 happy. I'm happy with how everything went. All right. Well, I'm happy. You're happy. Congratulations on the new deal, and uh, welcome back to you know Scott Coker's family. And I'm looking forward to your debut. Like I said, I think 170 is very interesting for them. You got to start somewhere. And again, slowly but surely, they are building something that is interesting, at least to me, at 170 pounds. And you're a big part of that. So congrats on the new deal, and good luck in your debut. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, man. All right, there he is, Lorenz Larkin, the newest member of the Bellator 170-pound division. All right, let's go back to UFC Fight Night London. One of the big stories on Saturday night was England's own Arnold Allen winning against Makwan Amir Khani, one of the, uh, in my opinion, best fights on the card, very entertaining from start to finish, one of the most interesting fights on paper, and a lot of people gave me crap last week saying that I picked the wrong guy to be on the show, that I picked Makwan, that I really should have you know, attach my my wagon to the uh, to the horse that is Arnold Allen. I'm here to rectify the situation. He's joining us right now. The Almighty One is joining us, making his MMA Hour debut. Arnold Allen, how are you, my friend? Congratulations. 
Thanks, man. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the show. I thought you were going to hold it against me because when I reached out to your friend, Luke Barnott, you gave me the one finger salute when I asked you to be on the show, but <laughs> I'm happy that you're not the, uh, the grudge holding type. Nah, no, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. I understand. I understand. Okay. So there's a lot to talk to you about here. Um, I, I really enjoyed the fight. I thought it was a really fun back and forth matchup between, you know, two young up and comers. Let me start with what he said about you last week on the show. He was very dismissive of you, thought that he would finish you in 60 seconds. Did you hear any of that? And did you chalk it up to him just being, you know, overconfident, pre-fight hype? Or did you take this as a personal offense? Uh, yeah, I took no personal offense at all. I, he's always saying stuff like that. So I expected him to say it, you know. And uh, nah, no, no personal. I didn't take anything personally. I expected it to be pre-fight hype, but that's how he fights. He comes out, he comes out fast, you know, jumping knees, shoots takedowns. And right. Yeah, I, but I knew he wouldn't get it. Which he ended up doing in the fight. I mean, you saw that coming. You, you yeah. were ready for it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've been, we've been planning that the whole camp. And so what was interesting was he said, to, you know, to me, I'm going to finish him in 60 seconds, was very somewhat dismissive. And then, you know, when you guys squared mm. off, you seemed like you were buds. You know, you had the little prank on, on Sean Shelby. Did you talk about that beforehand? Yeah, it was actually, uh, it was actually his idea to do that. You okay. Know, uh, I, was a little, I was a little surprised that he, he was so cool. You know, I asked him to sign a, a hat. I was going to give a hat away to a, a little kid. I give a hat to a kid signed by like half the card. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. But I kind of thought he was trying to out-nice me, you know. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always nice. And I thought... I thought instead of being mean, he was trying to be nicer than me. I'm like, oh, man, I'm the nice guy. Right. I'm the nice guy. You could, this is pro, but yeah, it was, it was cool. You both look very nice in those suits. I'd say this is one of the better dressed matchups in UFC history. I, I like yours was nice. Yeah. The three piece, uh, I think you went no tie. He had a tie, but yeah. together you guys were just, you brought the fire on the media day. Yeah, exactly. Right. When you're, when you're fine a hunk, you have to try your best <laughs> to become a hunk. Okay. So you tried, uh, to, you tried to out hunk uh, him. Maybe. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, what's this thing that you do with the signatures? That was one of the... Go ahead, sorry. What is that? Oh, uh, you know, that was the main department. Well, I thought he had me in like, the, the hunk department. I was sort of a little concerned in that department. Did you feel like you beat him afterwards after seeing what he wore? Yeah, I think I won. I okay. felt, you know, I look more relaxed. The no tie, the top button undone. I sure. Felt, I felt chilled, you know. And you were drinking tea as well. Yeah, always, always the green tea on the uh, media day. Is that your thing? <laughs> I, it's becoming a thing. It's just, it's just the weight cut. I just drink green tea, and uh, yeah, I, I always happen to have a tea. <laughs> Speaking of the weight cut, I, I saw that you were talking a, a few times on social media about George Lockhart. Was this your first time working with him? Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, it was amazing. Like he's, he's such a professional, and like. I've been telling everyone I was eating twice as much as I usually eat, huh. and I cut half as much as I usually cut. So, yeah, it was it was it was an amazing feeling, like what? eating so much, losing all that weight. Yeah, what a life! Why did you hire him? Was it getting tougher as you got older to cut the weight? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I come in. I come into camp. The heaviest I've come in, and uh, and uh, yeah, Joe Duffy was using him, and he asked me, so I was I was uh, more than more than happy to hear that he was coming over. What, why why were you heavier this time than usual? Uh, I got I got a little a little bit depressed after I had to pull out of uh, my my last fight. I was supposed to fight with uh, Bektik yeah. back in October. And I was 
I, I was forced off the card, and uh, you know, I, I, I kind of got a little bit, a little bit depressed, and, and I just sat on my ass for until I could train again, eating cake, eating pie, eating pizzas, and you know, watching fights, watching cards go by, and sort of sitting on the sidelines. Have you ever experienced something like that before? That that kind of depression? No, not really. No, I haven't. Really? So that was a big card. That was UFC 204, the Manchester card with uh, Bisping and Hendo at the top. What happened when you um, when you were forced to pull out? What was the injury? I wasn't injured. I was I was sick. Okay. I was, oh, uh, that's right. Yes, you were sick. Yeah. What happened? I had a. I was I was quite ill. I had like a normal a normal flu like the beginning of the camp. I thought, okay, no problem. I'll take a week off. I took the week off and uh, I didn't feel any better. And I kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I think I sort of, I went to the doctors, my local doctor here, and he sort of diagnosed me with like a, a mild form of uh, pneumonia. Oh. And I was, yeah, I was on every every drug going. Like they were giving me all sorts. So, but yeah, um, that, that sucked. That really sucked. Did you watch the fight, the card? Yeah. Oh well, on the card, no, I didn't. I uh, I actually went away to Budapest because I was. I was I couldn't be around. I didn't want to be around, so I was just like wow. getting out. And I'm gonna, you know, yeah. And and when did you snap out of it? Uh, it was about five weeks after the fight. I could I could train again. I got back into training. I was, I was yeah, it's a little heavy. Yeah, I was a little heavy. I was a bit scared away myself. So yeah, but it was all good. Uh, what's your kind of comfort food of choice? Oh, pizza! I'm a pizza man. Yeah, pizza all day. Uh, anything in particular yeah. on the pizza? I, I just have everything like meat. I just love the meat <laughs> or any meat. Throw meat at it. <laughs> Is this pizza in Montreal or pizza in England? England, England. Where's the best pizza Domino's place? Domino's Pizza. Domino's Pizza. That's the one. Yeah, I, I always go for Domino's. It's a bit expensive here, to be fair, compared to Montreal. It's a lot more expensive. Yeah. Oh wow! It's like twenty pounds for a pizza. You know? Is that because you're going to like an American brand and not a local brand? Yeah, probably. The local ones aren't that good, to be fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, look at that guy in back of you. He's just showing us his kibbles and bits right there, huh? <laughs> He's got a big pair. He's just chilling. Yeah, they're dangling low. These they days. are getting dang- old. These, they're getting low to the ground. That's your guy. The he gets, the lower they get. Wow. <laughs> you were very excited to see him. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, what's his name? Trafford. You know, like uh, Old Trafford, the football stadium. Right, of course. Man U, right? Yeah, that's right. We didn't name him to be honest. He's a uh, we 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 rescued him. Oh, he was already named. Okay, so this uh, this is your own dog, right? Yeah, that's right. And then you miss him terribly when you're away in Montreal. Yeah, exactly. This he comes first, and then it's my girlfriend. And then, uh, <laughs> Damn. And then everything else. I hope your girlfriend's not listening. She doesn't to watch this. this show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, why, why don't you bring them over with you to Montreal? You can't do that, right? No, well, she comes over to visit sometimes, but he's uh, he's between me and you, he's he's old, you know. He's okay. he's on his death, he's on death's door, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't tell that. him that. But okay. Yeah, he's good. He's all good. Um. All right. So then you get to let's go get back to the fight. Uh, it felt to me like Maquan started off pretty strong, obviously, but then got really tired. I mean, it was very clear end of the first round. He looked like he was gassed, and and it seemed to be a problem for him as the fight went on. Did you notice that as well? Could you feel that? Yeah, I felt that. I felt that for sure, and uh, I, I expected that as well. I've watched, you know how you do, like you study people's fights, but he's kind of like a, 
how do you explain? Like, he fights like he's in a panic, you know I mean? He wants to come out fast. He wants to get it done. He wants to go home. Yeah. I kind of come out and I enjoy it. Okay. He doesn't seem, he wants to get out. He wants to go home. So did you try to capitalize on that? Like, you try to make him feel uncomfortable because there is a part of him, as you believe, that wants to get out. So the longer you keep him in, the more uncomfortable he gets. Yeah, for sure. I thought I thought I was going to finish it in the second and third, but uh, a couple of silly mistakes I did, you know, going for that guillotine, mm-hmm. uh, going for the Kimura and sort of giving up stupid positions. But uh, yeah, I, I think without those mistakes, there would have been a lot, a lot more decisive win. Did you think that you had done enough to win the fight before they announced the scorecards? Yeah, I thought I won every round. Oh, okay. Even the first? Yeah, yeah. That was the closest one, I think, but yeah, yeah I felt like I did enough. So, you know, for, for someone who was bummed to not fight at 204, you had the extended time off, get back in there in front of your home country. Were you happy with your performance? I mean, sometimes it's hard to, to read you because you're kind of, you're a stoic individual at times. It was, uh, yeah, oh, I'm always happy to win and I'm happy. I, I, the only thing I'm annoyed at is it was the complete opposite of the game plan. I was supposed oh. to, the, I think, a glimpse of it in the third round where I was striking, sprawling, moving, but instead I engaged in, in his game plan and, and I had a wrestling match. Okay. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm happy that I could, I've proved that I could beat him, you know, where he wants to fight, you know, on the ground, he wants to take it down. And then, in my opinion, I want it. I want it in his game plan, you know. So, one of my favorite parts of the the entire experience was your post fight interview with Dan Hardy. Uh, it was very endearing, at least to me, when you were telling the crowd, "Come on, you know, fans, stop going on my Twitter and Facebook and tell me that I'm going to lose. When are you guys going to actually support me? Are Are you not feeling the love from the English fans? What's going on here? Are they Are they doubting you? What's uh-huh. happening? Yeah, well, you know, you know how it is. It probably happens in a lot of places, but. They announce the card and they're like, I see people saying there's nobody's on this card. There's, you know, it's a, it's a crap card. Like, why do they put this card? Why do we always get shit cards? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> there's, you got the, you know, you got the future of the British MMA there. You got legends. You got Brad Pickett obviously having his retirement fight, a guy who sort of paved the way for the British fighters. Yeah. And it's, yeah. They don't, maybe they don't appreciate our homegrown guys. They want, maybe they want people from, from the States fighting on our cards. I, I don't understand, but. I thought it was a good card. Are they coming to you specifically and saying that we think you're going to lose this fight? No, I've just, uh, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't look at these sort of things, but I've been told by friends, they've seen on like, uh, on posts on the UFC's page when they post and, uh, and there's English people sort of vote, like going for Macron, you know, wanting him to be me in England. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong uh, with these people? I've got more, I think I've got more support now. I've had a lot of people send me messages and, telling me I've gained their, gained their support, you know, like they support me, which is great. Do you feel like by speaking up, it kind of, it, it worked down your favor? Because it didn't seem like something that you would do, but it, it, it felt at least to me like you were frustrated. You were tired of all the negativity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, I, I think in this sport, you have to, you have to speak up to get anything done, don't you? But <laughs> unfortunately, that's not my, it's not my nature. It's not, yeah. not, not my style to swear. But yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't speak, you don't get anything to happen, I guess. So. That's right. Um, you also said, you know, you feel like you're too nice to talk smack and, you know, to to build up some buzz for your fights. Do you feel like this is holding you back? Like you're in, you know, that Damian Maya category where you're just too nice of a guy to be an MMA fighter and are you worried that you won't advance because you are too nice? Um, No, I'm not worried. Um, I, I've always sort of thought, 
I will, you know, I'm going to push when there's there's reason to. But right now, I'm, I'm 23 years old. I'm three and zero in the UFC. If I start talking smack, and uh, I'll probably advance too advance too good uh, too fast for myself. You know, right, right, right. I end up fighting top ten, or I'm ready to fight top ten guys. I'm I'm happy the way I'm the way I'm uh, escalating along the division. I'm 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 happy with. You're content. Yeah. One thing I love about your story is your 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 family background. Your dad was a power lifter and then transitioned to MMA. Your brother is currently a strong man, right? That's right. That's right. You you never considered doing this though, right? This wasn't cool in 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 your opinion. So you wanted to do something uh, different. I, I, we traveled up and down the country watching my dad compete, and uh, as much as I love supporting my dad, and it kind of got boring. <laughs> it kind of it kind of died to me, you know. Like I was, it was every weekend. It was like, oh, we're gonna watch him lift some weights. We're gonna yeah. watch my dad lift some weights. So we're gonna watch my dad pull a truck. It was. It kind of got old, you know. Oh, but now it's amazing. It's like I tell everyone the stories. It's, it's amazing. Now you have an appreciation the for same it. Thing, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, the same thing when I was watching him fight MMA when I was growing up, I thought oh, MMA sucks. My dad does MMA. I'm, I'm not going into MMA. That's that's not cool. But uh, so I thought I'd do something completely different, and I started boxing, which <laughs> it's not that different, I guess. Right. <laughs> Um, and, and he, I got bored of boxing and, uh, here we are. And, uh, his name is Pacer, by the way, which is one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Pacer oh, Allen. He's pretty, that's it. Yeah. yeah. How much does he weigh? Your <laughs> I wish dad. he was about, how much does he weigh? Yeah. Ooh, he took him pounds hundred. He's a hundred kilos. So I don't know how much his pounds was it like two, two. Um, would you say you wish what? I wish I knew what it was in pounds. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, He's about is, is it not true that he only would like truly respect you until you could deadlift 200 kilogram? Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> what was it last year? I think it was last year. He saw because my brother was just then, he was just then sort of getting better at the strongman. He was lifting 300 kilos. Wow. And he said, uh, he said, I got to pick 200 off the floor. He said, if you want my respect, you got to pick 200 off the floor. And, uh, so I got I got it eventually. So you did get it. Can't do it now. Yeah, it was after a fight. I put in a few months just sort of. I was lifting, lifting, lifting. And I got it eventually. Did he go to your fight on Saturday? Yeah, he did. He did. And what? What is your mom involved in in sports as well? Ah, no, no. She's a she's the street brawler. A street brawler. <laughs> yeah, my mom's insane, man. You don't want to get on the wrong side of my mom. <laughs> my dad sounds like it, but he's he's not the one. It's her. Your mom has actually gone into street fights. Legit. Oh, she's probably had more fights than me. What? <laughs> Over what? She's got missing teeth and everything. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, for real. Do, she's you, crazy. Are you close with your mom? Yeah, yeah. Was she at, <laughs> was she at your fight as well? Uh, no, she's banned. She's banned from coming to the fights. Come on, are you she, kidding uh, with me right now? Yeah, she gets out of control. So uh, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> she can't come. Is that is that is that true? Yeah. What did she do at the fight to get banned? Who banned her? You or the UFC? <laughs> me, me. She, <laughs> she just no. Nah, it's not. It's not like she gets crazy, but she well, she gets crazy with some people. I remember an amateur fight she come to. There was a. She tried to. She sort of implied that she'd fight the guy's girlfriend or something. Oh my god! So I, I beat this guy when I was like fifteen, and 
she came in the change room. I was talking to him. And she said something like, uh, "Ah, yeah, I'd I'd beat you in a fight as like a joke." And my mom sort of stepped forward and was like, "Yeah, and I'd beat you." And I was just like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah." So, so she, she has just, to stay home. Yeah, she has to stay home. Exactly. Is she mad about this? Someone's got to look after this. That's true. She is mad about it. Yeah, she is mad about it. But I think she understands now. Would you consider lifting the ban or never? Uh, yeah, I'd consider lifting the band. She just got, maybe if she doesn't drink, she doesn't come to the show and drink, we're cool. <laughs> but she has to drink to deal with the nerves. So I, I understand. I it's a vicious cycle. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like that character Fat Bastard in Austin Powers. He eats because he's unhappy and he's unhappy because he eats. Oh man, I'm going to tell my mom you can no, no, no. Fat <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking. You'll be over there before you know it. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. Allen. I apologize. Uh, do you have any other siblings, or just you and your brother? Uh, I have a I have a half brother, but we're we're, we're kind of, kind of close. To, like we're um, we're friendly, you know. We, we get along, but okay. we don't really see each other. Do you think you'll you'll ever transition to the strongman stuff to fall in your father and brother's footsteps? Yeah, not not comp- competing, but I always thought once I retire, I'm just gonna. Just lift a load of weights and see how strong I can get. Yeah. Just out of interest, you know. That is fascinating. Everyone likes having big guns. <laughs> what's the What's the highest your dad got as far as strongman is concerned? Um, I, f- I believe in 1999 he was he was ranked among like the the top 30 strongest men in the world. Wow, uh, it's kind of I know records weren't kept very well back then, but yeah, that's that's something my brother dug out on paper a few weeks ago. Unbelievable. Um, and then as far as your Concern? How quickly do you want to return? Um, I, I was saying I, I like to have like three fights this year. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too bad. I'm not really injured that much. I kind of injured my wrist on one of the left hands I threw, so uh, that should be fine. But um, yeah, maybe like July. July would be nice. July, perhaps in Scotland. Oh, is that in July? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Mm. Are you going to go back to Montreal? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm planning to go back and help uh, a friend of mine, Louis Sanadaki, who was in my uh, in my corner. He's fighting a southpaw as well, so I'd like to go out and return the favor and help him. You enjoy it over there? That's my hometown, you know. Oh, for real? Yes. I've never seen you. Where you been? Well, I don't live there, oh, but man. I am from there, proudly from okay. there. I got the Canadian flag right over here. But yes, uh, that is where I'm from. Do you do you like living there when you're there? I I do in summer. I love it. Yes, in summer. yes. In winter, oh man, it's crazy. It it's, is. It's too cold for me. I know, I know. I just sort of lock myself in the dorms and and uh, look out the window and wait for sun. But yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's nice city. I like it. By the way, one thing I've always wanted to ask you, um, BFA in your social media, what is mm. that? It's a uh, babyface assassin. Ah. It's, it's kind of, it's someone, uh, Ashley Grimshaw, I don't know if you know Ashley Grimshaw, but he, uh, he, he, Come up with this nickname when I was fighting amateur. I think I was 16 years years old, and uh, he came up with it, and, and it never stuck. But I changed. I put my name as it on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and I just never changed it. I never, I never thought to change it. All right, but you're not. That's not your nickname. Yeah. Your nickname is Almighty, which a sponsor gave you, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm going to lean towards the AAA way now, like Triple G. It's kind of it looks triple good. A triple A works. G. Maybe I can. Steal. I like AAA. Yeah, I feel like AAA works. I want to go with it. Okay. All right. Well, I wish you the best. Congratulations. Great to have you on the show for the first time. Are we going to have some celebratory pizza now that you won? 
Are we going to lay off? Oh, man, I've had about, <laughs> I've had about three or four pizzas already. All right. <laughs> yeah, I ordered three right after. All right. Yeah. Um, well, enjoy them. And uh, again, congratulations and say hello to your, your guy over there. What was his name? I didn't catch his name. Uh, Trafford. Trafford, that's right, of oh, course. We spoke about that. Uh, he's, he's, pissed. he's pissed off. I don't All think right. he's too happy. I think he heard what you said about him. <laughs> a little cutie all right well enjoy your time with him and uh again congratulations a great performance enjoyed every minute of it including the pre-fight suit and looking forward to your return thank you arnold thanks a lot man thank you hopefully see you soon yes absolutely there he is the almighty one arnold allen joining us big win over makwan amir khani on Saturday in London. Okay, main event, of course, on Saturday. Jimmy Manoa defeating Corey Anderson, the left hook from hell. One punch, out, walk off. Fantastic performance by Jimmy Manoa, and he joins us right now on the phone. Jimmy, are you there? Hello, Ariel. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Congratulations on the win. Thanks very much, man. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was great to... Finish off the night with a with, with, with a knockout like that in front of my home crowd, and um, I'm just soaking it all up now. Would it be fair to say, Jimmy, that you had a, a chip on your shoulder going into this fight for multiple reasons? It felt like perhaps some of the criticism of the main event, and also some fighters not wanting to fight you, left you with a big chip on your shoulder and something to prove going into this fight. That was my assessment. Is that accurate? Um. Do you know what? It was it was uh, a little bit, a little bit. It was more like the criticism of the card, and and you know, we just we just went to prove that the the Brits can put on a hell of a scrap, and I know I know the whole of the crowd uh, loved the whole card. So um, you know, I really, I, I, and they like the UFC knows that I put on a show anyway, so he's trying to go out and prove it to everyone. Did you did you feel like were you somewhat honored that they would give you this vote of confidence and say yeah we we feel like you can headline a, a show at the O2? Yeah, hundred percent. I I know I can. It was just uh, the fans who, who've always got some something to say, all the critics and everything. But I'm used to it. it goes it goes with the territory. So th- you you read some of that stuff and it pissed you off. Um, do you know what? It doesn't really piss me off. I just think like. People love to downer on stuff all the time and everything, you know. And uh, even after my win, there's a lot of people putting down, trying to put downers on it. And I just think these people are sad, you know. But um, like I said, it goes with the territory. And, uh, you know, no matter what you do in life, people always try and put a downer on it. So, you know, but the, the card was great. We, the, all, the, all of the UK fighters and, the, and, and all of the fighters were on the card put on a hell of a show. Yep. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. I thought on paper it was a very fun card, and I thought it delivered, and in particular the main card, which I thought was the most interesting part, all those fights delivered, and the last two, you know, the, the, the gunner fight and your fight ending in spectacular finishes. I asked, um, I asked Arnold this question. I also asked Joe Duffy this question, so I ask you. I'm assuming I know the answer, but overall you have to be, ha- I mean, was there anything that you weren't happy with as far as that performance is concerned? Um, no, I was pretty happy with the performance. Yeah, uh, I didn't take any damage. Uh, I made a couple of mistakes. What uh, me and my team, but we've always we've all, no no fighter that I think is going to go perfect ever. Sure. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the performance. 
and um, on to the next one. So I, I noticed on, on Twitter moments ago, you said that you wanted to clear up some of this talk real quick. What talk are you referring to? <laughs> you know what talk I'm, I'm referring to. I'm sure you had it on your agenda for, for this interview. The John Jones talk and all the steroid talk and everything from the post-fight press conference and that. Okay, so this is the interesting thing about that. After you did your post-fight interview and you mentioned Cormier Rumble, I, I, I mentioned, okay, that's cool, you know, put yourself in that category, you're right there, some fresh blood, it all made sense. And some people on Twitter actually noted to me, oh, he should have called out John Jones. And I thought, I was like, yeah, maybe that would have been a good idea as well because John is still the big fish in that pond. And then you mentioned at the post-fight press conference, you weren't really interested because of the stuff he's been accused of. Do you feel the same way? Do you want, do you want to clarify that? Or um, you know, have, you, have you changed your stance? Do you, do you now feel like John Jones does make the most sense for you? Not the most sense because I'm I'm more focused on the title, but the John Jones fight would be an amazing fight. He's he's, he's probably the best fighter who's ever who's ever um, stepped into the octagon. And, yeah, and then why not? I've always said why not? Why would I, why wouldn't I want to fight him? You know, but he's not on he's not on my agenda right now. My agenda's the the uh, the the belt. That's what I want is the belt. You know. Did you get grief for your comments about him, considering some, you know, like he had the the alibi of the tainted supplement? It wasn't, you know, um, you know, a full blown steroid, if you will, and his team still believes that it was a, a misunderstanding. All that stuff. Did you did you get you know some some heat for saying that about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of his fans uh, <laughs> tweeted, he'd crush me, he'd cut me, he'd do this to me and everything, and I'm scared to fight him and all this, all this shit. But uh, these are just, these are just Twitter, twi- yeah. twi- Twitter maniacs, you know? Yeah. And um, I know I'm not scared. Like, come on, I took a fight with Rumble Johnson with like four and a half weeks notice. Right? Yeah. Why'd I, why'd I be scared to fight? Fucking John Jones, you know. Right. I fear, I fear, I fear no man. And now everyone bleeds the same. Everyone, everyone feels pain and everything. And uh, you know, why would I be scared to fight John Jones? Would it be fair to say that for you, it's title shot, John Jones, or bust? In the sense that, like, now that you put yourself in that conversation, this is what you want. This is where you consider yourself to be. You're not willing to fight, you know, one of these other kind of top eight or top ten light heavyweights. You want to be in that title picture for your next fight. My next fight should be either Daniel Cormier, Anthony Rumble Johnson, John Jones, or David Hay. <laughs> that's it. Those are the four people on my list. Those are the four people on my list, and that's that. That that out of them four, I don't, I don't mind who I fight. <clears throat> Otherwise, you're not interested. I'm not. I'm, I'm not really interested in fighting anyone else. I, I, before my after my last fight with OSP, I, I think um, I wanted to fight a ranked uh, someone ranked above me, as in as in uh, Tashira or Ryan Bader or even maybe one person behind me uh, that was Shogun. We, we were scheduled to fight a couple of year, couple of years ago, but I got injured. That'd be a fun. That would have been a fun fight. But now I've. Uh, but then Tashira turned me down. Um. Bader turned me down. Shogun said no, and that. And you know, I've, uh, these people. These people. It seems like they're they're running or hiding or avoiding. I don't know what. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't see why they wouldn't want to fight the best. You know, and solidify their their position and um, 
you know, fight the best people. Tishere ended up fighting Jared Connolly. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but he's not even ranked in the top 10 or top 15, you know? And um, that fight made no sense to me. Bader fought... I mean, Bader's gone to Bellator now, is he? Or, or whatever. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, Shogun fight, uh, fought... Um, what's his name? Shogun just fought John Volante. Yeah. Jan Volante and all yeah. that who's I don't know where he's, where he's ranked and that so these people are not trying to not trying to further their, their career or nothing they're not trying to get the belt and everything I'm trying to get the belt that's what that's what's on my agenda so yeah. I'm looking to go forward now yeah. where's this where's this David Haig thing come from do you guys have an issue or something no nah, there's no issue but I think it'll be a, it'll be a great fight Conor McGregor wants to fight um, Floyd Mayweather why not put me against David Haig David Hayes, uh, David Hayes, a big name in boxing. He just lost to Tony Bellew. He's on his, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just got injured. I think, I think, I think, I think we'd make a great fight in boxing. I'll come to his world. We'll do boxing. We're two big names in in London as well, and everything. And, yeah. and, and I think, I think, why not? Why not try to get him into MMA? Why go on his on his turf? Nah, he, 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 he won't last in MMA, so I'm going to take him down and, and smash his head in. And uh, I'll come to his world. I'll come to his world. We'll do a big money fight in London. We'll sell out the O2 wow. and everything. And, uh, and, 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 you know, that'll make sense. Have you crossed paths with... Him to Vegas. We, oh. we, can, we, can go on, we can go on the uh, McGregor Mayweather undercard. I heard um, uh, uh, Roy Jones wants to fight Anton Silva as well. Yeah. This is... This is picking. This is picking up some momentum. Let's do. This. I know. I, I I mentioned the same thing, but my problem with it is, why do all the MMA fighters have to do the boxing? Why can't we get a mix? Because we because we're warriors. We're warriors, <laughs> and boxers are scared to come to MMA. We'll go to their turf. We're the hardest, toughest workers, working athletes in the world. We fear no one. We'll come to boxing and do and do their thing. You know, we do boxing, and that they don't do MMA. They're scared to come to to MMA. Have you ever crossed paths with David? Have you ever trained with him? Seen him around? I mean, you're from sort of the same part of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him around. I've seen him around. What do you think of him? He's a he's a, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really, uh, not too fond of him. But I haven't got an issue with him. But I, I just uh, think he's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> what well, what makes you think he's funny? Like, why why is he a weirdo? I don't know. His funny hair and his funny attitude towards life and other fighters and I don't know he just thinks he's on this high pedal stool when I don't think he is huh. and uh, I want to test his metal he, he's sort of talked about in the past about you know consider flirting with the idea of MMA if my memory serves me correct many moons ago do you remember this? no I don't remember this I don't remember this I remember, I remember me and him were meant to do a um like training session for the media sort of thing and I remember he saying to me oh if he, he no he's saying to the to the PR rep oh if he if he hits me hard I'm going to knock him out or something what? then the the, the train yeah the training session didn't didn't happen and that and uh, I kind of got the needle with him because uh, of that you know Wow, I haven't got. I ain't got no issue with him. He, he, he is what he is, and, uh, and that's it. He's in boxing. I'm in MMA. I think we should fight, though. I saw some other people say, "Well, why not go for Anthony Joshua? Why not shoot for the moon here?" You trying to ease into it? 
I don't think I don't think Anthony Joshua would 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 fight me. Okay. You know, he's got he's got Klitschko, he's got Wilder on his agenda, he's got all these other world world beaters. Yeah. Fair enough. His agenda, you know, and everything. And David Hay just just lost a big fight to um to Tony Bellew, and then I, I think it'll make a perfect match. We're around about the same age as well. Yeah. He, he's had he's had his career. He's still a big name in boxing. He's had his career and everything. I think I think it makes sense for him as well. And, and by the way, for the record, do you have any amateur professional boxing on your on your resume? No, nothing. Nothing. I don't even have amateur MMA on my on my, <laughs> on my resume. You know, but you're still confident. Fight was, was, yeah, my first fight was a pro fight. I, I spar with boxers all the time in London. I spar with great boxers all the time. Dillian White, uh, Isaac Chamberlain. I spar, I spar with all great boxers, and I, and, I, and I do very well in, in it, you know. And especially with eight or ten ounce gloves, I don't think I can knock anyone out. What happens if uh, Alex Gustafson beats Glover Teixeira and the UFC says, we want you guys to fight again? What do you say? No, nah, there's no fight there. There's no fight there. You're now your friends, your training partners, right? We're training partners, we're brothers, we, we we eat, train, go out, fucking I know his I know his family, he knows my family and everything. We we help each other, he learns off me, I learn off of him. There's no fight there. Okay. Um who are you going to root for on April eighth? Johnson, who you have the loss to, or Cormier the fresh matchup, who do you feel like you have a better chance of getting that fight? You know, with if 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 they win on the eighth of April, I don't know. I really don't know, man. They're two <laughs> great fighters. I lost to Anthony Johnson. Yeah, uh, and and he beat he beat Anthony Johnson. Yeah, but I, I really don't know, man. I think it's a fifty fifty fight. I think it's it's who implements their their game plan more, and um, who gets their hand on 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 who first. You know, I think I think I think if it goes the first. Like the first time, I think Rumble will take his time more and 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 be more careful with with the wrestling because I know because he know he, he probably knows if if Cormier gets his hands on him and gets him down or gets him tired against the fence, Cormier is a fucking problem, you know. So um, I don't know. I really don't know, man. I really don't. I can't. I can't call it. I won't. I won't. I won't, I won't bet on it. Do you, Do you feel yeah. like you have a better chance of getting the title shot if Cormier wins because you haven't fought him yet? No, I, got, I think I've got a title, title shot regardless oh. of who wins. Have they told you that? Regardless of who wins. No, they haven't told me that, but I, but I think I, I think that's going to happen. I think, I think that's going to happen. Because the, because the only fight that makes sense is, other than that, to share But we was already scheduled to fight. Yeah. And he bottled it. He bottled it. He, 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 he. I signed the contract. I don't even know if he signed the contract, but the fight was on. And somehow it didn't happen. Yeah, you you have no idea why. I remember this. It was supposed to happen in Anaheim, right? Yes. And and the uh where oh then where's Anaheim? California, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the fight got cancelled yeah. and then it was gonna happen in Brooklyn. Yeah, the, the, the whole card. Yeah. yeah. No 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 no. It was gonna happen in um what the fuck's that place? Uh Denver. Denver. Denver, Colorado. Fuck. Yeah. Is that the one yeah. is that one with the altitude? Yep, yep, yep. Denver. Yeah, yeah so it was, it was meant to happen there. And then there was some issue with me going out there. Um, I, I wanted to acclimatize. I wanted to go out, go out there, say, a month before so I can acclimatize so I didn't have no, no cardio issues and that. And then, um, I th- and then that didn't happen. I said, all right, I'll fight him in Brooklyn on, on uh, I think it was February the 11th. Yep. And um, 
didn't hear anything. Then the next thing I heard, he was fighting uh, Conor Nair. And I was like, what, what the fuck happened there? And then <laughs> and that, that, that was that. So I, I think he bottled it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't want, want none of me. I think he wants to hold on to his number three uh, spot in the rankings. And um, yeah, that was that. So, so, so that's the other option is uh, Teixeira, but he's fighting uh, Gustafsson in May now. So. Yeah. You know, after April, the winner out of that, it makes sense for me to fight them. How would you react if they give John Jones a title shot after everything he's been through? Um, then I'll fight David Hay. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're sticking to your guns on these uh, two options here. Nothing else. Are you worried that they're going to do that? Yeah, huh? Are you worried that they're going to do that? What, give the fight to John Jones? Yeah, the title shot after his suspension. Um, it could happen. It could happen. It's, it's MMA. It could happen. It's all about show business for them right now as well, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter about rankings and stuff like that. So, it, 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 listen, to me, everything was, is going gonna, is gonna to play out how it's meant to be. So, I'm not really too stressed about what happens next. I'm going to enjoy, enjoy my win. I'm going to go on holiday in the next couple of weeks and uh, enjoy my rest because I'm, I'm going to have a little rest now because I went straight back into camp straight after the OSP fight because I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight like um, in December or January and, uh, and that, that didn't happen so I had to wait till April. So I've had a long, long, hard camp, back-to-back camps and that uh, and... Uh, yeah, so um, I, I, I want to have a little break, but everything, everything I believe is going to play out how it's, how it's meant to be, so I don't know. You know what I would do? Just my my two cents here. Go to Buffalo, do the old James Tony routine, and just stalk you know, everyone involved. Get a seat in the front row. I'm sure not that hard. I mean, you're a very famous I guy. In Buffalo. I thought, I thought it was in Vegas. It's in Buffalo, right? Yeah, it's in Buffalo. Yeah, I might, I might get Dana to fly me over there. It's all that. It's, it's actually closer to you than than Vegas because it's all the way on the East Coast. And just show up and you know be in everyone's face. Cormier Johnson winner. Yeah. Crash the press conference. I'm next. You know, do that whole thing. Yeah. I might jump the fence as well. <laughs> People like <laughs> that. People get behind that. Into the octagon. Yeah, it's not really my style. I'm not really a loud loud person this is this, this is probably my first ever call out yeah like calling names and stuff but i believe now is the time i'm 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 like one fight away from from the title so i've, I've got to speak up and uh you know i'm there i'm there already now well people are, are taking notice that's for sure you gotta you know like they say close mouths they don't get fed you gotta speak up especially in this sport in this day and age as you mentioned it seems like the squeaky wheel is getting the grease of course, that's one of my favorite sayings. The class mouth doesn't get fed. There you go. But, um, Lions eat first, right? You know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was paying attention. I will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. Well, I wish you the best. Congratulations on the win. It was. Uh, I mean, what what a you know the, the the power that you exuded from that punch because initially I was like okay the, you know just a, a left hook but it was whoo one punch for a guy like Corey Anderson uh, I don't think we've ever seen him like that walk off you felt it right away 
I'm no um Corianson's a great guy, man. We 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 had a big talk after the fight in in in, in the fighters uh, hotel after and everything. He's such a great guy, man. I've got nothing but respect for him. He, he's another good fighter I like, man, because he he um he 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 doesn't fear no one. He took the fight. He he said, yeah, whatever, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. And when all these other fighters were trying to dark and hold on to their position, so I respect him a lot. He's a great guy. And you know, but I knew what I knew. I had too much for him in the fight. I just knew as soon as the fight started, even before the fight started, I knew I had too much. I had too much rage inside me, and I knew that my my punches were going to be devastating. And I just knew that as soon as I connect with one, and that's what that that got, that goes for every fighter. If I connect one clean one, it's lights out. It's lights out. Me and Rumble Johnson are the hardest hitters in the division and that and it's just one shot one kill for me you know so I just got to land one so everyone's got to take note and that and uh, yeah I knew that, well, well, and when I walked off I knew, the minute I, the second I land a punch mm. I knew he didn't he, he didn't need any more and that so that's, that's why I walked off and I love kind it. of like a Mark Hunt thing but yeah. I, 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 I had my wits about me and everything I knew I knew, I knew he was done and that so um yeah, but respect, big respect to um, Corey Anderson, though. Great job, Jimmy. Great stuff going into the fight, during the fight, after the fight. Uh, I really feel like your stock has has gone to another level after all of this. So uh, congratulations on the big win in the main event, sort of exercising those demons of a couple of years ago at the O2 with uh, Alexander Gustafson. This time you look fantastic, and now you're in that conversation um, all of a sudden. So great work there, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's next, whether it's a title shot or David Hay. I'm all in regardless. <laughs> Thanks, Ariel. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, the poster boy, Jimmy Manua. Great stuff from him. Really uh, taking his his talking to a whole other level. I like that a lot. Getting uh, getting a little loud there, and we'll see what he gets as a result. Okay, let's move along. I'm very excited about our next segment. Uh, as you guys know, back in the day, there was no bigger wrestling fan than me. I was watching it all. Every WWE pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, the Wednesday TNA pay-per-views. I mean, I was I was the biggest nerd out there. A, a mark of all marks. And, um, you know, two of my favorites. No joke. Not just saying it because they're coming on next. We're two fellow Canadians, Edge and Christian. I love these guys from back in the day with the brood. Remember them? Drinking the blood, the blood, blood bass, all that stuff. It was a lot of fun to see uh, two Canadians rise and become champions and things like that. And now they're actually joining us on the show because they're getting into the podcast world and they're actually big MMA fans as well. So let's welcome them on. We have Edge, who is joining us from Ireland, I believe, and Christian, who's uh, in America. So two Canadians not in Canada right now. Are you guys there? Edge, are you there? I am here. Oh, yeah. You sound great. And Christian, are you there? Ariel, I'm here and I am in America. You are in America. America. There we go. I didn't know exactly where I didn't want to give away your coordinates, so I just wanted to keep it very vague. I know. Let's, let's, let's keep it on the let's keep it on the lowdown, huh? I don't want I don't want people knowing where I'm at. And by the way, I hate this question, but I, I, I will I will break my rule and, and, and ask it. Do you prefer being known as Edge and Christian or, or Jay and Adam? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, to answer to both. Okay. It's, it's what put us on the map. So uh, it's not like I get offended. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I mean, like, I guess you put it this way. Like when we introduce ourselves, like if I introduce myself to, to somebody for the first time, no matter who they are, I introduce myself as Jay. So okay. 
That's but you know, but either way, whatever you whatever you want, man. And, and by the way, Jay, do you remember way back when, when I was just kind of a, a pimple-faced loser, 10 years ago, I did some work for SpikeTV.com and TNA, and you had just gone to TNA, and you were very, very nice to me backstage. You, Kurt Angle in particular, do you have any recollection of this? I doubt that you do, but just wanted to throw it out there. I wish I could tell you that I yeah. did, but honestly, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, but, my heart uh, is broken. I'm a big fan of your work. He was nice, because I mean, let's be honest, he's usually just a prick. No, he was super nice. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this was a guy, you remember, it was a big deal when he went over, Christian Cage, and everyone was so excited about this big name going over to TNA, kind of like what we're seeing now with UFC and Bellator. And I don't remember why we crossed paths, but I remember you being super nice and even giving me your cell number. Really? Yeah, you were that forthcoming. Huh. I don't even remember that. It's probably, you know what, it's probably the same number. It is. You never even called me. You never even called me all these years. I didn't. I didn't. Um, and by the way, Adam, why are you in Ireland right now? Uh, I'm filming uh, Vikings. Oh, that so show for History I, Channel, uh, right? A massive. Beard. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm currently filming season five of that show. So uh, I'm in Dublin. Wow. Um, I know Josh Donaldson of the Blue Jays was on an episode. Did you guys cross paths? Uh, no, actually, um, he filmed for uh, season four. Okay. Uh, I guess big fan of the show, so they he you know got on for an episode, and um, but I came on for season five for the entirety of the season. Okay, all right. Well, congratulations on that. Um, okay, so like I said at the top, you guys are getting into the podcast game now. Uh, your new show debuts March twenty fourth, which is this Friday, I believe. And is that is that, yeah. that this Friday? Yeah, that is this Friday. Um, so so Jay, let me let me ask you. Um, as you know, there is a plethora of wrestling podcasts out there. Were you worried that you would be just another? I mean, I mean, every single old time wrestling guy, current wrestling guy, they all have a podcast. Were you worried about being another fish in that big pond? Wait, hold on a second here. Yes, I thought we were like the only one. <laughs> you tell me, there's, there's other wrestling podcasts. I got bad news. We should rethink this. Oh my goodness. No, no, actually. Yeah. We, I mean, we realized that it was, uh, you know, um, there, there's, there's a lot to choose from when it comes to the wrestling podcast. So, you know, something we, we, that we talked about, you know, all, honestly, all the way back to about August, I would think. And, um, you know, we started kind of talking about it and bantering back and forth. We realized that, um, you know, we did have a lot of stories and a lot of, you know, inside knowledge and things like that. And we were even kind of surprising each other with some of the things that we were talking to each other about that, you know, just assuming the other person knew, which is, Hey, if we're surprising ourselves with this stuff, this might be, you know, interesting and, and stuff that, that fans, you know, want to hear. Um, so it was like, it was just seemed like a, like a, like a fun thing to do for us. And, you know, it's not just, you know, obviously we realized that, that our, that our, our audience will be wrestling based and that's our bread and butter. And, but we you know there's other things that interest us as well. Like, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously, like you mentioned, we're big MMA fans, fans of other sports, hockey, football, uh, music. We're both dads, uh, with, with young children. So we got that going on. So there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about a lot of, uh, topics to cover and we'll have some pretty cool guests. And I think that, that the dynamic that Adam and I have, you know, going back and being friends since basically the sixth grade, yeah. um, you know, we just have this kind of natural, um, banter between us that, that I think will, will, uh, will make it entertaining and fun. By the way, I have to say, I'm disappointed. You didn't say grade six. It feels like you've truly become a, uh, an American when you say yeah. sixth grade. Yeah. 
Well, I am in America. Sold out. So I had to keep it American. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, and so <laughs> I, I heard a rumor, by the way, Adam, that you guys were in attendance at UFC 196. I never actually went out and tried to confirm this rumor. The the McGregor Diaz one fight is that true? Were you guys there? We were. Yeah, um, we were. Uh, we were in LA at the time, and um, we we wanted to go check it out. Uh, you know, because. Uh, McGregor right now is just a, a beast on every front. So really just wanted to, to see what that was all about. And I was very intrigued by it too, because I had a feeling Diaz was going to do what he did. Huh. Um, you know, punching up two weight divisions like that. It, um, I thought that would be a big challenge. So in seeing them, when they first got in the octagon, I was like, whoa, Diaz is a lot bigger. But then McGregor in that first round did his thing. And I was like, man, this, this dude's a pit bull. This might not go the way I was expecting. Sure enough, eventually that chin, you know, held and, um, you know, you saw what happened. Uh, but then you come to the second fight and it's an actual absolute war. Right. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Did you guys go to the, the rematch as well, Adam? No, no. Okay. Um, I think I was over here actually, which I'm in the center of McGregor land. Yes, like th- this dude is an, an icon over here. Um, and anybody that finds out, like they're like uh, Edge, what, what's going on? Oh, what do you think of Connor? <laughs> I'm like, he's great. He's I don't know what it has to do with me, but he's great. Jay, was that your first UFC event? Um, actually it was my second, the first one that I ever went to was, uh, the, uh, the second Ortiz Shamrock fight in, uh, oh, in wow. Hollywood, Florida years ago. Yeah. That was the first one that I ever went to live. This was the, actually the second one. Um, so that was, uh, the, so you're saying, was that the rematch or the third fight between Ortiz and Shamrock? That was the third fight, right? It must've been the- must have been the third fight, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that was kind of a smaller fight night. Um, McGregor Diaz was obviously a pay-per-view. Experiencing a pay-per-view live and comparing it to the WWE production, I personally think, you know, of course, the WWE show is, you know, a little more glitz and glamour. It's kind of a story as opposed to just like random matches. But how would you compare? Which live event experience do you enjoy more? Um, I think they're, they're, they both uh, yeah, have... Uh, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, well, it's interesting. They're, it's kind of, uh, they're different beasts, right? I mean, they're, they're, I guess on the same tree, but they're different branches. So uh-huh. with WWE, you can guarantee that it will be entertaining because you can map out a 30 minute match. You can do all of those things. MMA, there's a chance that, you know, you get like you had the other night, the sneaky left hook and the fight's over in one punch. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's tougher to guarantee a solid night all the way through with MMA, but that's part of what, because it's an athletic contest. So it always, uh, has the risk of that happening. Uh, so it's, it's too hard to compare. It really is. But, but what I did notice some similar, uh, the similarities are the, the way that the, the fans, like Adam said, it's, it's the same tree, different branches almost, so to speak, whereas, you know, the fans are invested in the performers or, or the fighters or wrestlers, or whatever, you know, who they're watching, they're invested in that. You'll see the t-shirts, you know, when people come up on the screen, like walking into the arena or in wrestling terms or doing a backstage interview or something to that effect, they react accordingly to, you know, who they like or who they don't like. They're invested. And that's kind of a cool thing to see, to see that that is kind of the same. 
I'll, I'll use myself as an example here. When I fully got invested in MMA as a job and it became a 24-7 thing for me, I couldn't go back to wrestling anymore because I thought wrestling felt too predictable. Um, and it just, it, it just felt, I knew, I always knew what it was. I always knew it was scripted and all that stuff. I just felt like I can see the outcomes a mile away. Do you feel, and I'll ask you this, Jay, do you feel like the rise of MMA has hurt the rise in popularity or just the popularity in general of professional wrestling? Um, I don't think so. Um, I just think that with, with any, uh, with, with wrestling, it seems to be very uh, cyclical. Like it's in cycles, it's up. It, 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 there's times where it's really at a high peak, and there's sometimes where it dips down a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think so. Um, I think if anything, it's just given another option. But I don't think necessarily that, that it's that it's taken away from the popularity or hurt it. I don't believe so. Okay, and and for you, Adam, considering you had to retire and you had some health issues, do you still follow? wrestling like 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 you used to when you were an active guy when you were champion all that stuff or have you tried to kind of move away from it as you transition to a new chapter uh you know it's um i have a i have two daughters right yeah i have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old as well as trying to juggle you know being on a, a tv show so it doesn't leave a lot of extra time for stuff i have to basically catch stuff after it happens now um and that's with anything that's with that's with mma that's with wwe it's with football it's with hockey i'm usually behind now um i i haven't i, I still watch everything um, I'm still a fan of, of WWE. I still, you know, there's a reason that I, I latched onto it as a kid because to me it was, it was superheroes. It was comic books come to life and there was nothing else I saw that, that did that for me. Um, so, you know, I still love the spectacle of it. I still love the, the absurdity of it. I still love uh, the theater of it and the fact that it's this melting pot of all different forms of things because it's like a rock show. It's like a TV show. It's like a, an athletic contest. Yeah, it, it's all of these things thrown into one. So I still dig that. Um, but I can't say I watch it like I did when I was you know, a, a fan of it coming into it. Regardless of how much you watch, Adam, um, WrestleMania, do you always make it a point to watch or does that just kind of fall in under like a different, you know, it's just another show, different day, no big deal? Um, you know, I'll, I'll try. Okay. But again, it's, it's depend, you know, on what, what that day is, it, you know, are the kids sick? No. Did they get to bed? Yeah. <laughs> then maybe there's a possibility I'll get to it, but, um, you know, being dad's job number one, priority number one. What about for you, Jay? Uh, from my understanding, your kind of departure from WWE, what there wasn't a big hullabaloo about it. It just you kind of went quietly into the night, also due to um, some health issues. Correct? Yeah. So I, I think with with my situation, you know, it was a little bit different. That we didn't really know, you know, where it was at, you know, when it happened. So, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it was kind of an ongoing process, and then as we went along, realized it was probably something just. Um, you know, better to, to, to shelve it. And same thing, you know, I'm, I'm a father to a young daughter and, uh, you know, I just, you have to put your, your, uh, your family first. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to, to uh, jeopardize anything in, in the future with, um, with how I was going to be able to, to relate and, and be with my daughter and uh, my family. So it was just, you know, um, 
you know, and like I said, for me, it was kind of an easier process because of the fact that I'd already, already felt like I'd accomplished so much in my career. It wasn't like it got cut short at like 29 or 30 where it's like, Hey, I still have all this stuff to do. Um, I'd already done a ton of stuff. Um, you know, I've been a world champion twice. Um, been on every major pay-per-view numerous times. So, um, in that sense, I'm, I can close the, the, the book and, and feel good about what I did in my career and not say, man, what, what if, what if this would have happened? Because, you know, I, I probably did more than I ever uh, thought that I would. Are, are you officially done? I'm officially done in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you watch it like you used to, or are you like Adam as well? You know, just very busy and, you know, if you have time, yeah, you'll no, watch it. I, I, no, I definitely try to try to watch it. And that's the good thing about the WWE network now too, is even if you don't watch it, it's, it's on there. So if you're doing cardio at the gym or, or something that effect, you can always throw it on your phone or on a, on a iPad or something like that and watch it. Um, but yeah, I definitely try to keep up and, 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 and watch it whenever I can. But, uh, um, same thing. If, if it, if it happens that I miss it, I miss it, but I definitely, um, always try to keep up and keep up the date on what's going on. Adam, while we were doing the show today, um, they announced that the Rock and Roll Express was going to the Hall of Fame, and I think Jim Cornette was going to uh, induct them, and that's a big deal because of his past with WWE, and it, it sort of came to, to my mind that you're in the Hall of Fame and Jay isn't. Isn't this a travesty? How is this possible? Um, and, and you've been in there for several years, right? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, they they put me in like within a year. I don't know. I think they just wanted to trot me out there before I was on a walker, you know, <laughs> and uh, while well, I still looked somewhat like me. Uh, so I, I would think it's going to happen at some point here uh, now that everybody kind of knows that Jay's retired, too, because when there's any kind of question like, is he done? Isn't he done? As soon as you go in the Hall of Fame it's pretty much established and set in stone that you're done. Um, so it, it's going to happen. Are you bothered by yeah, this, Jay? Travis. Not a bit. doesn't worry me in the slightest. I mean, if it happens, it happens. Um, you know, I, I, I feel good about the things that I've done, the things that I've accomplished. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't lose any sleep over it. All right. Fair enough. I'm not trying to, you know, get you to talk smack about them, but it just seems weird. You guys are so close and linked. I mean, no, I mean, well, listen, think about how, think about how many, you know, big, you know, stars from the past um, that have left their mark, you know, in, in the industry that aren't even in there yet. So, yeah. I mean, I'm 43 years old. There's plenty of time. I'm not too worried about it. Fair enough. Let me ask you about this, Jay. When, when Brock Lesnar came back in July and beat up Mark Hunt, I remember looking at him at the post-fight press conference and thinking, this is legitimately the baddest man in the world. He's able to come over from pro wrestling, one month training camp, and completely annihilate Mark Hunt. And I was looking, I was like, this guy is going to make a crap load of money. I mean, they are going to capitalize on this when he goes back to wrestling. It just couldn't have worked out better for him, for WWE. And then all the you know post-fight drug stuff comes out. As as a you know part of that community, did you feel like he embarrassed the wrestling community with the way he handled that? Um, I don't know. It's not for me to say. Um, I'm not even sure, to be honest with you, 100 percent what what it was or, or anything like that. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to comment on something that I don't really, I'm not really educated on. But okay. um, I know that he went out there and he won impressively. So you know, I mean, the guy's he's an amazing athlete. Did you were you rooting for him because he's you know one of the boys? Of course, yeah, I was rooting for him. Um, I know Brock. I like Brock. And of course, yeah, I was rooting for him. I wanted him to do well. What about you, Adam? Did you feel, because I, I, I'm not part of the wrestling community, but I, I thought after the fact it was a black eye on not only the UFC, but WWE as well for him getting caught twice, two separate drug tests. How did you feel about it? I, I wasn't embarrassed by it or anything like that. I mean, uh, I, I think 
it's obviously pretty prevalent in in that sport. Yeah, um, that doesn't excuse anything either. It's just, but I, I didn't put that much thought into it to be honest. Um, I, I think no matter what, the guy's a beast and uh, you know has game whether whatever he's on or whatever he isn't on. Um, that being said, you know I, I'm a fan of Mark Hunt too, mm. and uh, I felt bad for him. Um, so it, it's such a gray area, man. It's, uh, it's one of the, uh, it's kind of like baseball. It was in the, the late nineties with McGuire and Sosa and, and, um, it seems like now baseball, I, I think has, has more or less got it, um, more or less figured out. Yeah. And I think MMA is kind of in that phase right now where, uh, they, they, they have some stuff they have to get get together. As you guys know, one of the hot topics these days, uh, Mayweather-McGregor, and I'm sure you're hearing a lot about it over there in Ireland, Adam, um, and some fans kind of roll their eyes at it, don't want to see it, don't want to partake. You guys, I know you're somewhat, you know, wrestling historians, you may recall Ali and Inoki or Chuck Webner and Andre the Giant. This sort of thing has been kind of dabbled with as far as promoters are concerned. And maybe not quite like this. There was even a story about Lennox Lewis uh, competing against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania over a decade ago. Adam, for you, how interested would you be in this? Is this something you you find out that this is happening? You want to try to be there? If not, you're going to order it. You're all in. Or do you feel like it's kind of a silly endeavor? Well, I'm going to watch for sure if it happens, um, just for the spectacle of it. I, I think, uh, you know, with Ali Anoki, you watch that back, man. It was like watching paint dry. Yeah. It was just, uh, it, it was not good. Although Ali developed blood clots in his legs for the rest of his career from that too. So there's, there's still a risk. Um, I, I think with this, uh, you know, I don't know how entertaining it'll be. Uh, but I think the the pre-fight antics will make it worthwhile yeah. because McGregor has figured out what wrestling has been doing, you know, since Gorgeous George, and that is talk people into seats. And Mayweather does the same thing. So that uh, may far outshine the fight itself if it happens, but I'll still be watching. Do you feel, Jay, uh, some people compare him to like early Ric Flair. He talks about his clothes and all that stuff and some of his rants. Do you, do you, do you feel a connection there? Do you feel like he's kind of, ta- he's actually openly talked about watching The Rock back in the day in Stone Cold. Do you see a lot of pro wrestling in what he's doing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a lot of it's pro wrestling 101, the, the stuff that he does, um, but it works. And, but I don't think he, he does it or, or says it just to say it. I honestly believe with a guy like him, everything that comes out of his mouth, he believes it or he makes himself believe it. And, uh, and that goes right into the fight. Like when he says that he's, you know, going to walk that down and knock on the first round, like you saw with the first Diaz fight, like he said he was going to knock him out in the first round. He did. He threw everything he could in that first round to get him out of there in the first round. Didn't happen. Then we saw what happened after that. He made the adjustments for the second fight and, and he won. But I think that a guy on that level, he truly believes everything he says. But I do think that, yeah, it stems from, from realizing that uh, pulling from, from pro wrestling, from having a character behind the athlete um, uh, puts, puts asses in seats.
Yeah. I feel like anyone who ignores the fact that, you know, MMA's roots are in pro wrestling, you're just kidding yourself. Some people just don't want to admit it. But uh, I feel like MMA has stolen a lot from pro wrestling, including, you know, Dana White and Vince McMahon and and, and all that stuff. Um, allow me with just a few minutes left to be a total fan here. Can I ask you, Jay, who came up? I've not heard you guys talk about this, and I'm sorry if you have addressed it. I'm sure you have a thousand times. Who came up with the five second pose? And, and when you guys transition into more comedy stuff, whose idea? How did that actually come about? Well, we, um, we were trying to, to, we'd split away from the brood and we were trying to have a little bit of a personality on our own and trying to figure out what that was. And there was one uh, writer at the time who was the same age as us. Uh, we got along really well with him. Um, his name is Brian Gowartz. And we were just kind of throwing around different, um, uh, uh, ways that we can be presented when we went out there. And, uh, we, at the time we were coming through the crowd and we kind of wanted to, to get away from coming through the crowd and come down the ramp. So we kind of took it like, you know, we were becoming the, these two guys with a little bit of an, an edge, uh, a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder. So we would come out and instead of coming to the crowd where people could pat us on the back and touch us, we would stop and pose for them, still give them their time. We'd pose them. They weren't allowed to touch us, but they could look at us, take their pictures and we'd give them five seconds to do it for the benefit of those of flash photography. So <laughs> I remember he, when we said we'd do the pose and then I think Brian said, you know, for, for the benefit of those of flash photography, and we're like, what the hell is flash photography? He's like, you know, like a camera, like, okay, cool. That's pretty ri- ridiculous. Let's just use that. And that could just kind of stuck. Oh, that stuff was great. You guys and Mick Foley and the kazoos and all. Who, who brought in the kazoos? Whose idea was that? I actually I honestly don't remember. Happened to be, I think the kazoo happened to be sitting on, <laughs> doing a backstage shoot, I think. The, um, you know, they have all the equipment. They have the carts that roll around the equipment, um, you know, the, 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 the cameras and things like that. And I think somehow there was a kazoo sitting on somebody's cart. And just pick, I think one of us has picked it up and said, hey, we should play the kazoo on this. And I think it just kind of was that ridiculous. Like, yeah, let's do it. And it just kind of worked, you know? So I think that's how it happened. happened there there wasn't a lot of thought. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how you just like step into these things and then they become, you know, every comment that I've gotten since announcing that you guys were going to be on the show has been either about the five seconds or the kazoos. So um, are, you, are you okay, Adam, with, with that being part of your legacy? Are you fine with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, and it was what initially put me on the map, you know, our tag team and, uh, what we did was kind of the first chapter of my career. And it's, it's one of my favorites, possibly my favorite, you know? So, uh, the fact that people still talk about us having a kazoo 15, 16 years after the fact is absolutely ridiculous to me, but that means we did something that people enjoyed. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for in that industry. And, and Jay, to end on this, you um, you guys were in attendance at the Montreal Screwjob, correct? We were. Just as fans? No, we were there. Adam actually at the time had what was called a developmental contract. So he was there, and I he didn't have a car at the time, so I borrowed my mom's car to drive him to Montreal. So he was actually under a contract. I wasn't, but we were actually backstage. We actually watched it from down uh, one a side hallway. We were watching it in the crowd, but we were kind of not sitting in the crowd. We were kind of sitting down this hallway that, uh, wow. that had a perfect shot of the ring. Yeah. Wow. So did you see the we backstage altercation with Brett? No, no. We, we just, I remember we walked back after and all these people were rushing around and someone just said to us, hey, you guys better leave. And we left and we had no idea what had happened until, until later. We, had, we were oblivious to it. We knew that something was weird about the finish, but we didn't understand what was going on until much wow. later. Do you regret leaving early? No, I think we, we, we probably should have left. Okay. <laughs> good time to leave when we left. Um, uh, how, 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 I just want to say this before we leave. 
for three Canadians to be on your podcast, an MMA podcast, and we haven't even talked about GSP. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. And I, and I, really pa- yeah. I mean, well, I mean, going back, you were talking about your, uh, when you were all in on, on, on MMA, I think like, you know, for us, you know, we got the bootleg tapes and, and watched them in college, you know, the Hoist Gracie, um, all that stuff. And then kind of with the Tito and the, sh- and, and, and Shamrock. And then, um, you know, but for me, when I really got attached to it was when George St. Pierre, a guy that we kind of call our own kind of hit the scene and, uh, became a huge superstar. Was there a specific George fight that, that drew you in? Uh, I remember watching the first, the first time I saw him fight, I didn't know who he was. I remember him being, um, <clears throat> being introduced from, from, from Montreal. And I remember he was wearing like white tights and kind of had white knee sleeves on. Yep. I can't remember exactly who it was that he was fighting, but I was like, Oh, it's a Canadian guy. I never heard of him. And he just destroyed the guy that he was fighting. I remember watching that. And I remember him, uh, uh, beating, uh, Frank, uh, Frank Trigg. Trigg pretty handily and uh and obviously um you know going on from there but i mean you talk about a guy i think that he's just come back which which is huge i think for the sport and for the ufc um but i mean english is even his first language and he kind of jumped that that language barrier and because of you know how elite he is and the things that he does and, and he kind of went at a gentlemanly uh, way about him became a, a a huge superstar and kind of i think that kind of like pacquiao-esque almost um, where he was so good that the, the language barrier didn't even really matter. See, I had a lot of confidence in this show idea of you two doing your own show. I feel like my confidence has just gone up even more because you just could, took control of the whole interview. You wanted to get something in there. I didn't ask you about GSP. You said, this guy's fucking it up. Let's, let us let me get something in there about GSP. The Canadian guy, how is he screwing this up? And you just took control. And that's what a good, you you you, you just sort of took the bull by the horns. That was very impressive. For, for a guy that hasn't done a show yet, unless you've taped a few already, I was thoroughly impressed. Well, this is kind of, we have no idea what we're going to talk about this Friday. So this is kind of our warm up. Oh, great. <laughs> Do you have a guest yet for the debut episode? I, I saw that you guys were teasing it. Yeah, we do actually. I think we're going we to do. announce it tonight. We do so have a guest. I don't, yeah. have we announced it yet? Oh. No, not yet. I don't I think, think, we're I don't think we've announced it, although we could announce it. Can we get an exclusive here? Can we get an exclusive? No. Why? Hey, you want to get kicked out of the Edge and Christian show like you did, you know, I don't want to say it, but. Wow. But if you guys do it yourself, it's not on me. I'm not the one out scooping you. I can go try to dig and find out and then I'll be the dick. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should, I think we gotta wait. Wow. No selling me. That's what they call no selling, right? Yeah. Completely what he just did. And by the way, we didn't even get into Carlos Newton and Gary Goodridge. Yeah. God, I feel like you guys are really disappointed in this whole experience. You just wanted to talk Canadian MMA. You should have told me about that earlier. Well, I mean, I, I, I wanted to. I would try to, but you just you, you kept asking about wrestling. Also, stuff, so, I mean, you know, yeah. it's an MMA show. Yeah. What's your okay? Last thing. Favorite MMA fight of all time. Jay, you go first. Whoa. Favorite MMA fight of all time. Uh, man, um, I think when when uh, when Saint Pierre won the World Fight Belt for the first time against Matthews. My, that's my favorite too. No joke. UFC sixty five in Sacramento, California. Yeah. And a head kick, chopped him, wow. on him, through the mouth guards. Yes. Went to his knees. What a moment it was. What about you, Adam? Yeah. Uh, tough call. I don't know if I can narrow it down to just one. I'm a, I'm a St. Pierre guy. I'm also a couture guy. So uh, anytime they had good nights, I enjoyed it. Um, pretty much, I just, I like the guys 
I love McGregor and the fact that he basically he manifests whatever he says. But I like the the George St. Pierre's and the Randy Couture's who really just do their talking in the ring. Um, so, you know, if, if those guys had a good night, I was into it. You're not going to pick one? One that comes to mind. It's tough. I mean, it's it's really tough to just maybe. OK, recently, um, uh, Bigfoot and, and Mark Hunt. Oh, wow. OK. This, the I, first one. I would, say, I, would say, I would say the one that, one that I've seen most recently yeah. would probably be uh, um, Lawler and uh, McDonald. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Another great Canadian UFC yeah. 189. Yeah. So, but that's just because that's that's off the top of my head of what's most recently I saw. Okay, that was that was ridiculous. Yes, and it ended but in a draw. Many over the yeah, crazy. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. I, I I could keep you on for an hour and ask you all kinds of questions about Gangrel and and uh, and, and and all kinds of characters from back in the day. But uh, we do have to move along. I wish you the best. It's March twenty fourth. Yes. Or Ariel, I could just I could just kick you off and just continue to take over your show. <laughs> yeah, that is true, and I'm sure a lot of people won't mind, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, March 24th, the uh, official launch of the Edge and Christian podcast. You can get it on iTunes, right? Any other places? Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Stitcher, on every- Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. All right, and we'll, we'll f- get uh, ENC Spot of Awesomeness. And uh, we will find out the first guest. Is it a big name? Are we coming out guns blazing here? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like the delay there. It better be Bret Hart, I'm just going to say. <laughs> well, good luck with it, guys. I appreciate it very much. Adam, I appreciate you coming on from all the way in uh, Ireland. And Jay, thanks for stopping by from America. It means a lot to us. I've been a big fan for for a very long time. So this was really cool. Thank you. And, and good luck with the podcast and everything else in this new chapter for both of you. Thank Thanks, you. Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right. There they are. Adam and Jay, AKA edge and Christian. How fun is that? Sometimes tricky at times to do the two man interview, especially when they can't see you, but uh, that was a lot of fun and could have talked to them for, uh, for hours about their careers. And as you can tell, big MMA fans as well, great stuff there. Check out their podcast. I have a feeling it will be very entertaining Uh, It launches, as I said, March 24th, this Friday. All right, let's move along. Talk about legends. We haven't had this legend on the show for quite some time. The one and only Boss Rutten is joining us right now, and he joins us via the magic of Skype. There he is. Boss, wow. What great Skype connection. Your internet is fantastic. It's it's unbelievable. I'm actually pretty close. I got it downstairs here, the box. Is that your house? Yeah, the background. Yeah, that's actually the kitchen, what you see in the background. I'm sitting outside always. I like to do uh, these things outside in the backyard. Wow. Beautiful house you have. Thank you. Thank you. I like the backyard a lot. I do everything here. I got, you know, can watch TV outside, smoke cigars outside. What a life. And uh, with a little bit of Coke. (laughs) <laughs> coca-cola actually I have to say otherwise people are going to go start again uh, but uh, yeah that's my that's my thing here being outside relaxing i got a hammock i got everything chill tv fireplace i can cook and then i can watch my own stuff outside while the kids are watching inside wow it's amazing what a life for boss all right um we have a lot to discuss boss first off you just returned from new york you were there for a world series of fighting correct Yes, I was. Uh, you were. It was an awesome show. Yeah, I don't know if you watched it because there was a lot going on this weekend. But yes. uh, I was watching. Yeah, man. I mean, Blagoy Ivanov. 
he, he just he, he knocked out Sean Jordan. I, I did not expect that. I you know I, I I would know that it could be a knockout, of course, but from both these guys. But in the first round, right away in the first two minutes, yeah, that was a that was a nice little knockout there. And uh, you know, Bob Palmer against Harrison. I mean, Harrison took that fight. Didn't expect that. I thought that Lance Palmer would win that fight. And then uh, Mago Madoff. Yeah, Buck Bullard. <laughs> you know, he did it too. He beat Freelo. Uh, all, all decisions. It was like kind of like the UFC. There was a lot of decisions, but there were very spectacular fights. There were a few knockouts, and to wrap up with a knockout, just like the main event in England. Yeah, that's always good. Um, I am very impressed with Andre Harrison. I think he'll he'll be a great champion, and he's had a great career thus far. I think he's sixteen to zero now. He's fought in Titan other organizations. Um, but I but I heard that Palmer broke his hand very early in the fight. Did you hear that as well? No, I didn't hear that. You know, I, I was doing the backstage stuff. I wasn't there yeah, uh, yeah. At, at ringside. Randy was doing it together with Todd. But uh, man, that would be bad because that's the second time. I know that he broke his hand in the Almeida fight, yep, Almeida yep, fight yep. last time, which he still yep. pulled off. But uh, then, yeah, he's got a problem with his hand. He's got to do something about it. Uh, by the way, do you, do you enjoy being in the back or would you prefer, you know, being cage side and, and being a color analyst as we usually see you? You know, I, I really don't mind. For me, it's everything, you know, to be right back in the dressing room and, and to see these guys warm up, you know, and to see what they go through and the differences. You know, I like to talk about that kind of stuff as well. You know, there's, there's dressing rooms where you come in and there's constantly these, these energizer bunnies are walking around. They need to be slapped in the face. <clears throat> and when you, when you go to my dressing room, it's all joking and relaxing and nobody, you know, it's, uh, w w we need calmness. You know, and it, it, if you see those differences, it's weird how minds work. I always think that a stressed mind can never perform well, but apparently with some other fighters, it really works. But they have to smack the crap out of these guys, hit them in the face, they're constantly making sure that they're in the moment, you know, that's why they do it, I guess. Yeah. And then they fight great. So uh, whatever works, I guess. Your name was brought up recently um, on this show and in other places as well, because when Jermaine Durandamy became UFC champion, she was the first fighter from the Netherlands since you to hold <coughs> UFC gold. Are you surprised that she became UFC champion? Did you? I, I'm sure you knew about her for many years. Did you see this in her? I saw this in her a long time ago. I mean, uh, Fred Royers is her original coach, was her original coach, and he contacted me. This is six six years ago, and he asked if she could come and train here a few sessions with me. So she went over here, and we trained a little bit where she had to work on, you know, because uh, she's a striker as well, a phenomenal striker. So yeah, I uh, worked with her, and then she went on, and I and I knew that in the striking department, yeah, you know, when you once you're yeah. forty seven and zero, and you're in, in Holland, and you do it in Europe, it's a different kind of level there, the striking than it is overseas. It simply is, you know, or of course you're going to have to import these guys. But the striking is just at a real high level because everybody's doing it. It's almost like soccer. You know, you get gyms everywhere every week. There's fights everywhere in bars, in, 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 in little sport gyms, whatever it is, there's a lot of tie boxing. And because a lot of people do it, a lot of people are very good at it. And uh, so I knew that her striking was going to beat Holly Holm striking, although I'm very impressed with Holly Holm as well. Do you think she can hang with Chris Cyborg? Do you give her much of a chance? Uh, you know, this is uh, Bars, Yorina Bars. Well, yep. she's from Holland. Yep. She beat uh, she beat Cyborg in uh, at Lion Fight. So, yeah, I do think that she can hang with her, you know. But I think once 
Cyborg gets a hold of her like a, a hold, she can throw her down, we're going to have a big problem. You know, she really wants to keep this fight standing against her and keep, keep the distance in between there, you know. You want to stay outside the distance just enough that you can counter, but do not go clinching with Cyborg. I think that's a bad thing. How do you feel, boss, about the, the current state of MMA and in particular the UFC? Um, some fans voicing some, I don't know, displeasure for lack of a better word that, you know, the, the meritocracy, the, the rankings, the number one guy not getting the title shot, they're kind of going for these sort of fun fights, entertaining fights, but it doesn't always make sense. And now the interim titles and things like that. And yes, there's a new ownership group and yes, they have to make money relatively quickly. Do you like the direction that it's kind of going in a little more entertainment over sport after all these years of establishing MMA as a real sport with weight classes and belts and rules and things like that? You know, I think uh, sometimes it's necessary, you know, it's a, with, with Bisbing and Dan Henderson. People complain, I go, yeah, no, this is probably going to be Dan Henderson's last fight. Give him that fight. I can totally understand that. Now Bisbing versus GSP. I can totally understand that again. Everybody says, oh, he's docking you old Romero. That's not. They offered him GSP. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to make a lot of money. Of course you're going to say yeah. yes. It's like fighting McGregor. I mean, he's going to get really great ratings. You're going to get a cut on the pay-per-view, and that's why he wants that fight. So those fights I totally understand. But yeah, you know, for you old Romero, it sucks because of Officially, he was the guy in line, but, you know, I guess he is going to have to fight one more fight in between. Maybe not even just say, okay, I want to wait and go for the title. Whoever is going to win that fight between Bisbing and GSP, that's going to be. So I'm, I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't happen all the time, okay. nonstop. You know, because okay. that uh, it will take away from the sport, of course. Would you like, and back in your day, this wasn't really an issue, but would you like to see more weight classes in MMA with all these issues with, uh, you know, cutting weight, people missing weight. There's a big gap, of course, between 170, 185, 185, 205. Do you think that more weight classes would help? I, I, a cruiserweight. I've been uh, huh. advocating for that for a long time. I, I would like a 230, 235 weight class. That would be great. Guys like John Jones, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot of guys who can jump, who can get two titles. And it's a, it's a good weight class to have because some of these guys, you know, when you're a heavyweight and you're like 200, 20 pounds and you cannot go to 205 yeah well you're going to face animals who cut down to 285 or 265 but maybe on the day of the event that's maybe 275 again maybe even 280 so then size does make a difference you know in the beginning it didn't because you know there was people who had a lot of technique and the other people didn't but you know once everything comes together size really matters yeah so uh, yeah I, I would love to see it, but not like in boxing i think the weight classes we have now is enough i would like to see a cruiser weight and i just for the guys they gotta have to make sure that they their own weight yeah i mean come on it's your job to make sure that you make weight i also thought of you uh, last week as well because matt hughes announced that he was considering a comeback and you famously came back i think it was what seven years um in between fights for your retirement fight at at uh, wfa um if Matt Hughes called you up and said, you know, should I do it? Would you advocate coming back at this point? It would be almost six years since you know, the last Yeah, no, it, it, listen, if he feels like it, that he wants to do it, and I know why he probably wants to do it. He lost to GSP, right? Maybe he wants to fight George now. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, if he feels healthy, you know, I felt great. You know, I felt, uh, I felt, the first six weeks were really good. I mean, I turned it on. I started with the top guys that was trading. Everybody goes like, dude, you have a new career. This is the wildest thing ever. And I say, yeah, this is crazy. But then three weeks before, every little injury that I had, which made me retire in the first place, uh -huh. they all started coming back and then some. So uh, if you have those injuries, no, don't do it. But if he feels good and if he's healthy, yeah, why wouldn't you do it?
considering the fact that he was knocked out a couple of times in his last two fights, it's been such a long layoff for him. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't shy away from that, given the fact that he also hasn't fought in six years. No, you know, and it it, it depends all uh, on how are you training. You know, I, I always tell these people you go into ring rust and cage rust, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's not if you spar a lot. Now I understand that a lot of these fighters nowadays they spar once or twice a week, which to me blows me away. I mean, I train two times a day. We spar <clears throat> on the days that we train. That's two days off. Wow. But the rest, I t- ten, ten wow. times a week, we spar. <clears throat> but you just need to make sure that you have great sparring partners because if you don't, yeah, then you might walk into some problems. Most of the time it happens with, you know, there's no professional left for you and you have a few guys coming in and these guys are not up to par. Maybe they're still amateur. They, you know, they want to show the world what they can do and then uh, start overcommitting to their strikes. And that's when problems happen and that's where people get injured. But if you just pick your training, spa- training partners really well, it shouldn't be a problem. So, so you used to spar 10 times a week? 10 times a week. It's what we're going to do. You wow. know, it's a, it's the most important thing. I'm lifting weights or all that stuff. You know, I see guys bench, oh, I bench press this, I bench press. Dude, you're not going to bench press. <laughs> you're going to hit people in the face and you're going to try to submit them. So make sure you do that. You know, you can focus on power training. You don't do long repetitions. I do 25, 30 repetitions and I do everything fast. These are like uh, 50 seconds, five, zero seconds. I do 12 exercises different. It's all a pushing exercise and then a pulling exercise pushing and the pulling so it counts for everything so you use different muscle groups and then you add a stamina exercise to it as well so you're going to have four stamina exercises the rest is power 50 seconds go full blast as hard as you can 10 seconds to go to the next station and you do that again you do that three rounds which would be a, a 36 minute round very hard to do but that will be it for me that will be my conditioning and my uh, strength you know yes i would do some focus mitts and tie pads after sparring as well and for the rest, yeah, we do a lot of sparring, but also normal classes, right. escapes, all the stuff. Of course, we do right. everything, but every time sparring is included because that's what you're going to do. Do you, do, you, do you still train any fighters, any pros? No, I do. I do have some fighters here, but, you know, like I'm, I'm traveling so much. So if I have time, yes, I'll be here on Sunday morning with the fight team yeah. and help these guys out. They're also in my classes and Tuesdays and Thursdays. I teach normal classes. It's all basic, 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 basics. Constantly, I go return to the basics, make those, make those really good, make that base really good. And from there, you can do whatever you want to do. So the pros most of the time in our gym, they also come to the Tuesday and Thursday classes. And during the week, I'm most of the time. I'm here in California. Okay, and you're a very busy guy. You've got a lot going on outside of the MMA world. Uh, I always see you, you know, you pop up in movies, TV shows with Kevin James and Chris Weidman. Kevin can wait. And now you have a new project with Champions, right? <clears throat> yes, we have. The Boss Rudin Experiment. <laughs> it's an, uh, it's a funny, you know, I start writing blogs for uh, for Champions. And out of the blue, uh, Rick Lee and uh, Dave Rispoli, they called me and said, hey, we would like to meet up. We would like to talk about an uh, idea that we have. And the idea was to let me, uh, as boss, do as many crazy things as possible, make a comedy, six-minute pieces on uh, for YouTube. And uh, if I was interested, I go, dude, that's, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> you know, it's um, what I used to do with the bar fighting. And although that was very serious, they just picked the funny things out. Sure. But then the punk payback came. That was, of, of course, funny. This will happen as well in this show. But not as much. You know, you're going to see me trying to sell flowers or cars or, or knitting or, you know, taking knitting classes. All different kinds of things. I come up with these crazy ideas that I think 
will be really good to sell for instance boss diapers you know that's an episode that you will see you go like whoa what is that but you know once i give you um the reasons why you would wear a boss diaper you go like ah, that's actually pretty good so you know there's a lot of fun stuff i think uh, people are gonna enjoy it i hope so that we can make uh, more of those episodes so it, it, it comes out the first one comes out tomorrow correct tuesday Yes, tomorrow, I believe, at 10 o'clock or 10.30 on Facebook, uh, no, YouTube. Yeah. Um, that's uh, champions.co. Go there, their YouTube channel. That's where we're going to be on. I th- actually, no, 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 no. I think uh, at 10 o'clock we have a uh, Facebook Live. We're going to introduce it like that, and then it goes okay. to the YouTube channel. And is this a weekly thing for now? <clears throat> weekly thing for now, yeah. We're going to release three. We shot three of them. Okay. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll real. We'll find out the first episode if people like it, enjoy it, and the second, then we can start working already on the next episodes. And if they don't, well, <laughs> then it's going to stop. Even, we'll see. Even as a kid, have you always had this sense of humor, this sort of fun-loving, kind of zany personality, or is this something that you developed later on in life? You know, I always had this. It was my way of dealing with all the stress that I had. You know, the sick kid, the asthma, the bullying. You know, I was the class clown. I, I couldn't get attention uh, in a normal way. So, you know, my poor mom, I, I, I visited a whole bunch of different schools because I got kicked off the school all the time because I was always interrupting people and running through the class and doing funny things to just make people uh, laugh. And um, I think that that's where it comes from, you know, dealing with, with stress, with comedy, I think it's the best way to do. Yeah. And you, you have this uh, sort of joie de vivre. You know that term, joie de vivre? Joie de vivre. No, tell me. It's like this uh, this love of life. It's infectious. It's a French term. Oh, that's I love it. You know, it's um, it, it, we're here on this planet for like 75, 80 years. You know, 100 if you're me because I want to be 100 years old. And... Um, and I think you should make the most out of it. If this is it, it's not it. You know, I, I, I refuse to believe that. I know that there's something else there, but the physical life that we have here, that won't come back. And um, if you don't do something with it, well, you're wasting it. And, and 75, 80 years, is, it's not a long time if you think about it. I, yeah. 20 years ago, I moved to America. I mean, out of the blue, this May, upcoming May, it's 20 years ago that I moved to America, you know, it's, it's, wow. it's a snap of the finger, and wow. boom, you're here, my daughter wasn't even born, my youngest daughter, she's driving a car now, she just turned 16 on St. Patrick's Day, I mean, time flies, man, I have a grandchild now, yeah, a so- one-year-old little boy, stop. so, um, I mean, life is great, and I think that, you know, if you, if you enjoy life, you'll be happier, uh, there's less stress, less diseases, and, you know, it's infectious also for other people. You know, you pick your right. I have friends of mine that have groups, friend groups, with like these downers in there. So when you go to a party with these guys, there's always, they're always complaining. I go, man, why would you hang out with people like that? Yeah. I wouldn't even invite them. You know, <laughs> let these people go. They're constantly complaining about everything in life. Oh, he has cancer. He has cancer. Yeah, that's bad that we have that. But right now we're out, we're partying. Let's have some fun, you know. Let's not talk about that stuff. That's for later. It's serious moments. Yes. That's when you want to talk about that. The rest... It's just have fun. I feel so much better just talking to you about life. I feel so much more hopeful for humanity. Is that an actual goal for you to reach 100? Is that something that you want to accomplish? Do you think about that? I always say that, yeah. As long as I stay nice and healthy. Uh, but still, I, I, yeah, I want to be 100 years old. I want to see what happens in this next 48 <laughs> years now because I just turned uh, 52. Happy and, uh, you know, maybe I can get a trip up uh, into space. You know, there's a lot of these guys. The guy from Virgin... 
is doing it right now. There's actually a guy beating him. There's already two people they're going to send up in, uh, in space. I would love to go outside and look at the Earth from above. That, I think that's something amazing. I could see that on episode four of the Basrun Experiment. You go into space. <laughs> they got a budget <laughs> over there, champion. picks up. Yeah. <laughs> And if it gets that famous, thank you. We can actually get the money for it. We do a GoFundMe for yes. us to go in space. <laughs> By the way, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of anniversaries, uh, next month is the 10-year anniversary of the last Pride show. I don't know. Is it, I mean, that's crazy, right? 10 years it's been since the last Pride show. Um, next, uh, next month, early April. Favorite Pride memory? Oh, uh, well, favorite for Pride fight, I would say Fedor versus Krokop. That 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 was a crazy fight. You know when they showed all these crazy clips that they never could show in in America for some reason. They make these compilations before the fight when they come up, and it's a long walk. I mean, your Saitama Super Arena is forty eight thousand people, so they they have some time while they walk up. And I, I remember they 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 were showing a video of. Um, Krokop, you know, sitting at his father's grave with his mom, and there was like snow and ice, and corpses were floating in the in in the, in a river. And then you went from him training; you saw him training this really, you know, like like almost like an Ivan Drago like kind of training center, you know, high tech, everything perfectly. And then you went to uh, Fedor, and he was training in the snow outside with some rusty kettlebells. He was swinging yeah. these things around and doing all these crazy exercises. Back to him, back and forth, you know, and all the emotion. I mean, remember that when they zoomed in on Krokop, he had he was crying. He had it because he just saw that whole thing with his father. Yeah. He was crying before he yeah. walked to the fight, and that was that was a real special moment. At uh, and, and it was a great fight. Yeah, you know. And then another good moment, of yeah. course, is with um, Kevin Randleman. Um, he he's the guy who came up with the name El Wapo. You know, well, it was there all the time, but that was at breakfast. We were sitting with um, Tina Shamrock, uh, Ken Shamrock's ex-wife. We were having breakfast. We we're all sitting together, and uh, we were talking about the movie The Three Amigos, which is one of my favorite comedies. And so I asked her, I said, what does El Wapo mean? Because the bad guy, the really ugly guy in The Three Amigos, his name is El Wapo. She says, oh, that means the handsome. So since I always call myself the most handsome fighter in MMA, I think that Kevin, when he, when he got up, he says, okay, Wapo, we'll see you later. And that was it. There was literally uh -huh. that moment, that was it. And everybody, Coleman, and once people start hearing it, everybody start calling me Wapo. So he, he planted that seat. And it's still here. That is great. Um, one last, if I can, for you. Uh, one of my favorite people in MMA um, was and will always be Kimbo Slice, and you were linked to him early on. Favorite Kimbo Slice memory, the late Kimbo Slice? Oh, man. Um, just walk around with him. Yeah. His group, his friends, uh, you know, the, they're such a fun people to hang out with. It's constantly laughing. It's constantly partying. And you have to watch out before a fight because, of course, he has to fight, you yeah. know. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, go to Best Buy. For instance, when we go to a different state to fight, then they, and they suddenly feel that they want to play a video game. Well, they go to Best Buy and they buy a few uh, PlayStations. And then they go to the, uh, to the hotel. They put four or five TVs uh, <laughs> all in a circle. People sit in front of it and everybody starts playing. But the, just to get those games. I don't know if you ever walked with Kimbo Slice on the street. I guess it's like walking with McGregor on the street. Yeah, yeah. You know, because 
everybody knows this guy. He, this guy, he's also so big. Yeah. Right away, people show. So as soon yeah. as we walk into Best Buy, you have 10 guys who want to help him. You know, everybody's jumped on top. People start <laughs> asking autographs. And just the way he always dealt with those people, what a good guy, what a nice guy. And then just with everybody else, we had an... Uh, we had a really good time. I, 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 this is a funny story. Oh, man, I forgot his name. He was a big power lifter. And he, that was the first time I met him. And he was in the group from Kimbo. And everybody was talking about how strong he was, how strong he was. And I think he tried a little bit to intimidate me, you know, but he didn't know how far he could go. And he was constantly, oh, I could do this to you. And he was talking about bench pressing and, and ripping telephone books. And if I, could, if I could rip a telephone book, he did 55 in, in one minute, something, something crazy. And I say, no, I can't do that. I said, but I can knock you out. <laughs> and the whole table gets quiet. And boom, everybody started laughing. That was it. And he became a good friend of mine. Wow. So, you know, moments like, those are moments you can never get back. You see, there you go again. It's yeah. happy feelings. You know, the good moments, yeah. the good deeds that you do, you will always remember. Great stuff, boss. Um, best of luck to you and the team over at Champions on the launch of your new show, The Boss Rudin Experiment. It comes out tomorrow. That is March 21st, first day of spring. Great time to uh, start something anew on the first day of spring. Always great to catch up with you, and I wish you all the best with the new project and with all your other projects, boss. I really appreciate it. God, Godspeed and party on. There Take he is. Out. The one and only El Wapo, Boss Rudin. Great to hear from him. Uh, check out his new show, The Boss Rudin Experiment tomorrow on champions.co. All right, let's move along. Uh, we have uh, Kelvin Gaslam waiting. He has been patiently waiting. I apologize for keeping him waiting. I do believe he is on the phone right now. Kelvin, are you there? Yes, sir. Hey, What's Kelvin. I'm sorry for keeping you waiting. A lot of people, a lot of people on the show and I, I go too long and I don't look at the clock. So my sincerest apologies. It's so great to have you on. I think this is your first time on the program, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think um, the first time since I won the Ultimate Fighter, I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We had you on right after. That's right. That's right. Boy, it has been a long time yeah. since then. A lot has happened to been you. Been a while. Been a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you are on a roll, my friend. Congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on the win over Vitor Belfort. And then, you know, you, you, you beat Vitor and we'll get into everything. And then you, you ask for Anderson and then you get him two days later. Were you surprised that the whole thing happened so quickly? What, uh, man, no, I did not expect it. I did not expect it at all to go this quickly, but, um, you know, I respected these results. You know, I expected to, to win in, in, in a devastating fashion. And I expected a, a good opponent for my next fight. You know, I think it's time for me to, to really jump ship to, to the elite. You know, I, I'm ready and uh, I'm comfortable to be fighting there with, with, the, with the best guys. Are you surprised that he said yes to the fight? Yes. I thought it was going to be a problem. I didn't think he was going to sign it. Next thing I know, he's posting this uh, video of him signing it and waving his head <laughs> like a weirdo. But uh, <laughs> but uh, all respects to him, man. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think he was actually going to go on and take the fight. And I'm just very thankful for the opportunity to be able to fight him. You know, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. And... and you know, he deserves all the respect in the world, you know, and that's, but, but, but once, once that cage closes, um, you know, I expect the same results I had with Vitor as well. 
and and so you know to to fight him in in uh, in Rio is something that a lot a lot of people don't want to fight the Brazilians in Brazil. You've now had success doing so coming off the Vitor fight. Why does that interest you? Why do you like that scenario of fighting a Brazilian legend or idol as they call them in their backyard? Yeah, um, you know what? I'm an idiot. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just a knucklehead. Um, but. You know, I like the whole experience. Brazil was very good to me. The fans are amazing. And uh, the whole Brazil experience was, was amazing. You know, I've been learning Portuguese and and trying to, you know, I've been invited into their culture, you know, adopted kind of. Um, so it, it, it's pretty cool. I went to Rio de Janeiro. I went up to the, to the favelas and kind of hung out with all of the, the crazy guys that hang out in the favelas. And they kind of just brought me in and, and, and introduced me to their side, to the real Rio, you know, and, and it was crazy, man. It was, the, the Brazilians had a crazy reception for me, and it was amazing. It was amazing, felt the, the, the love of, of the people. You know, they're very passionate people. It was cool. Were you ever worried in the favelas? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%, man. You know, our eyes were like, aware at all times are back against the walls checking out left or right for sure it was sketchy <laughs> any anything happen anything hairy happen no man that's what was crazy everything was went well the people really like i said brought me in and we celebrated we had some drinks and we kind of just hung out and these guys were really cool man it was amazing so after this fight was uh, announced last week, um, the Anderson fight, you've kind of developed this moniker as the legend killer. So you you, you retire Tim Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like Vitor's on his last fight and Anderson's getting up there in age as well. Are you comfortable with that idea? Do you like that gimmick? Uh, with the legend killer? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just, I guess I'm all right with it. You know, whatever gets people to talk. But, um, uh, you know, these, these, these are just the guys that are ranked above me. So, uh, you know, I'm, 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 and it gets people talking, you know, I, I'm finding a big name and people are interested in this fight and see what happens and see if Anderson can, can take on uh, a young up and coming guy like myself. We'll see. We'll see. You know, he's, I saw his last fight with Derek Brunson. He has very little holes. You know, this uh, usually I can spot holes in people's games, but Anderson was a different animal. So it's going to be a difficult task for sure. So, so you were impressed with that performance against Brunson? I I wasn't impressed. I mean, I, I mean, not not a lot happened, but the stuff that did happen, he countered well, defended well, uh, had good offense, had good defense, and um, displayed his game. You know, it was it was very nice to watch, and uh, but um, it's going to be a difficult task. You know, I saw very little holes in this game. He's a very complete fighter, more than any other fighter that I've faced, so it's going to be a difficult task. Did you think he did enough to win that fight? Yeah, I was in agreement with the fight. Okay, I, I actually think, uh, Derek Brunson. I think Derek Brunson showed him a little bit too much respect inside the octagon. You know, absolutely, he deserves all the respect. But once that cage door closes, man, it's 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 got to be your world. Yeah, you won't be doing that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, would you like to be the one who retires, Anderson? <laughs> I hope not. You know, I like I said, I, I expect the same results I did with Vitor. But if that happens. 
I'm going to cry doing it. <laughs> <laughs> is this a guy that you actually dreamed of fighting? I, I know, you, you, you know you've always kind of fancied yourself a welterweight, but have you actually dreamed of fighting arguably one of the best ever? Um, never, never. This is still, uh, something that I have to kind of let sink in, you know, <laughs> and over the next few months, I'm going to have to really try and convince myself that this is really happening. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, I thought the Vitor Belfort part was big. This is a whole nother level. Yeah. It's, so it still kind of feels surreal to you. A little bit, man. You know, I'm fighting the greatest of all time. It's like fighting Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's insane. Um, did what happened to him after the Nick Diaz fight, did that change your opinion on him? Um, no, not at all. You know, he's done a lot for the sport. He's done a lot in the sport and nothing, nothing's going to be able to take away from, from that, you know, and you still got to give his credit regardless of what happens now. I think in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, how much confidence does having Rafael Cordero who used to train him in your corner now give you? Oh, uh, Cordero's the best. <laughs> you know, once we knew, once we knew the fight was happening and, um, we talked about it, he felt, he made me feel so calm and comfortable about it, you know, cause it's such a big fight. He's like, don't worry. You, know? <laughs> you got, you got made me feel real, real comfortable about, about the fight. Did you talk to him before you, you, you called him out? You said you wanted to fight him in the cage. Did you, did you get his thoughts on the idea beforehand? Yeah. And he was on board. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, he was. It, he it, has no problem. You know, we're all professionals and, you know, this is a professional sport and, you know, this is these are the things that happen. Right. Um, I thought that you, it, it seemed like you were giving a nod to your old friend, Chael Sonnen, coach on The Ultimate Fighter, when you said, you know, a friend of yours was starting an yeah. a legend ass-whipping tour and you wanted to kind of finish it. What, was that true? Were you talking about Chael? Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. You know, um, uh, this is a guy that, that whose career goes almost parallel with Chael Sonnen, so. I had a name drop a little bit. <laughs> and so I floated the idea. I think it would be fantastic if Chael corners you in Rio just to kind of make the fight feel bigger, <laughs> considering the history with Anderson. Is that on the table at all here? <laughs> no. No? But that's not a bad idea. That would be a great storybook ending. Could you imagine him walking out with you? I mean, that place, I know you don't necessarily uh, like to get booed. It would be incredible. Oh, man, they did really top our heads off. So no chance. <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> but I like I like the idea, but no chance. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and so now that we're fully invested at one eighty five, do you still think about one seventy, or are you content with the idea of staying at one eighty five for now? No, I'm 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 thinking about getting a one seventy belt. You still are, you, you, you know, but go ahead. But, but you know, I'm thinking about getting the one seventy belt. But if I have to get the one eighty five belt before. And so be it, you know. I, I I still believe I can beat Woodley. I believe I can beat Bisping. But if I have to win the one eighty five belt, get the one seventy belt, and so be it. Which one do you think you get to quicker? One eighty five belt or one seventy belt? I have no idea. We'll see after this fight. Okay. I, I would imagine probably one eighty five, right? Yeah, I don't know. 
How much? How much more do you? I don't you- know. I don't know because I I want to see. I'm. I'll be. Hopefully, I'll be in a position when I win this fight. I'll be in a position where I can lay out a few options and see what what they are and go from there. Have you ever? Have you already thought about like what what the perfect path would be for you? Yeah, the next step would be a title shot at eighty five. Right. But um, realistically, you know that, that might not happen. But I think at one seventies it could happen. Are you worried about the log jam at 185 with Romero having to wait a little longer now because of the return of GSP? Uh, I just don't think it was fair. A lot of people said I ripped GSP apart. I, I didn't. You know, I love GSP, man. This is the guy that inspired me to fight. You know, this is my, this, you know, while Anderson was getting all the greatest, greatest of all time, I was saying GSP was the greatest of all time. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and he's my third fighter, and he inspired me. So, with that being said, I don't agree with them skipping him ahead in line of uh, Romero when he clearly deserves it. Yeah. And then it creates this logjam, right? Because then Romero has to wait, and then you beat Anderson, you have to wait a little longer, et cetera, et cetera. Jacare. Right. There's a bunch of killers right now. And then people are kind of complaining about why didn't you, why didn't you call out anybody on the top five or any other contenders or anybody younger is like man everybody in the division is older than me except for robert whittaker and he's got to fight with jock ray and right everybody else has got to fight or injured like ruach cold he's injured and now it's not clear to fight weidman musasi are fighting jock ray whittaker are fighting so you know i don't know <laughs> i i see a lot of people kind of mad about that, that people are mad that you these call- old, old vets they're mad that you're calling out Anderson Silva? I think so. A lot of people were, I got a lot of comments about them saying, you're kind of calling out all these old vets. Why don't you just call somebody your own age, you know? And I was like, what? I'm calling all the greatest of all time. Who does that? Yeah. I don't know. Especially on, <laughs> especially on their turf. Exactly. I think it's smart. Why, why would you want to fight someone who's, you know, 29 years old and doesn't have the name when you could fight you know, a former champion, greatest of all time, blah, 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 in Brazil. I mean, this fight is going to get you way more attention. 100%. 100%, you know, and it's a bigger name. I don't, you know, I want, like I said, it's, it's time to turn it up a notch in my career. You know, now, now I know what, uh, how things are done and, and things are done well. And hopefully from here on out, everything goes well, but you know, I feel like now I really know what I'm doing. Before I used to go out on a limb, kind of hope things happen. Now I feel like I'm, I know I'm preparing for, to make things happen. And, um, you know, I, I plan to make myself the world to eight or the middleweight champion. Can you compare your sort of mental state, the week of a fight, when you're fighting as a middleweight as opposed to welterweight, are you exponentially happier when you're about to fight as a middleweight because you can uh, more? Oh yeah, and, 100%. So why do you want to bring 100%, that grief? 100%, man, because uh, uh, I was walking on weight the whole week, and uh, my coach was actually telling me to eat more. <laughs> wow. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I didn't cut any weight, and uh, it, it was awesome. We had a great week. It was a tough week because we started training and a lot of media and a lot of these obligations to do, but, but other than that, we had a great week, man. It was a perfect week, almost too good. Wow. To where I, where I was scared, you know? And so, 
you know, we're, 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 like I said, uh, we're, now it's time to turn up a notch because we actually know what we're doing. Nothing's coming out from the left or from the right. Nothing's surprising us. We know what's going to happen. We expect things to happen. So we're at a whole different kind of, uh, I think we're running at a whole different level now. So it's time to turn it up a notch in my career, I feel. And, and would you say that that was kind of your best fight week thus far in the UFC? 100%. 100%. Like I said before, all these experiences, the good ones, the bad ones. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, we've put them all together. You know, that was my 11th fight in the UFC. We put all those experiences together and finally created some sort of formula that works, you know, and you guys have seen it in my last uh, few fights. You know, obviously I had that weight issue, but that's also part of the growing, yeah. growing, uh, the growing system or, or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just me growing and it makes me grow. It makes me learn and it made me a better person. It made me a better fighter. It made me a better uh, athlete. So, you know, I, whether I'm up or down, it doesn't matter, man. I'm, I'm coming for that belt and uh, I'm excited for the future. You know, I'm still growing. I'm still learning every day. So I'm excited because I, I, I'm able to grow through these through these growing pains, even if everybody sees it, you know, it's more public than, than many other people, but, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future because this is only the beginning. Do you feel like one of the reasons why you've had such success at 185 is because you are, it feels to me like you're a lot quicker than a lot of these middleweights, um, that, that your experience as a, as a welterweight and maybe because you're a little smaller than them, you're not cutting as much weight. You just feel a lot quicker when you're in there against them. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I definitely feel like I, whether I'm at welterweight or, or middleweight, I feel like I have I have a pretty decent speed uh, speed myself. You know, a lot of these guys have are very fast, but I'm a, I like to think of myself as, a, as one of those guys that that have speed. And so you're so happy. It seems like everything's clicking for you. And I, and I, and I apologize for harping on this. Why do you even want to go back to 170? Things are going great. Why do you even think about it? Do you, do you feel like you have unfinished business there? I just know that I can make it. Uh-huh. I just have to figure. I've just had to figure out a healthy way to make it. Okay. You, you f- know, instead of cutting it all, I've had to figure out what how my body works and how to properly do it. And it's taken me a while, for sure. Have you exceeded your own expectations as far as your UFC career is concerned? No. <laughs> no. 100%. I, I, you know, these are kind of the things that I've been dreaming of since I was 17, 18 years old, man. So in my head, I expect these things to happen. They're, they're a lot of work. You know, I, I, I have a lot of work that I do, but I like to rise up to the occasion and, 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 and work you know what i mean this is every time i fight i i grow as a person and as a fighter and uh sometimes i win sometimes i lose it feels like at least to me like all the ups and downs and, and in particular the downs have actually and the way this is the way you view them made you into a better person a better fighter like you've you've now reached the point where you're able to draw positivity from these these down moments are, are you able to have that perspective now yeah, 100%, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like that saying goes, you know, when life when life brings you down, you got to get right back up, man. 
So that's that's what's happened. You know, I'm not gonna let a million people try and bring me down because that's what happens. You know, yeah. a lot when, when when you're down, people like to kick you. Then when you're down, and when you're up, everybody likes to win with you. So it's just about a balance, and it's just about you know believing in yourself, believing in and I believe in, in a higher power and God, and I believe in myself. Um, it's about that, man, and working, working towards your goals. It's funny because I don't know if you know, there's a movie called Sliding Doors where, you know, they, they kind of look at um, uh, the life of a person if they made the, the the subway or if they missed it and how life can go in separate directions just by, you know, a few things here or there. And it feels like that crossroad for you was was MSG. You could have went one way and let that get you down and, and kind of take you down a different path. But you took that negative and turned it into this amazing run now where you're 2-0 and, 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 you know, completely dominating these guys. It really feels like that was the crossroads of your career. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I agree with that, you know, and that's just the kind of person I am. I'm not, I'm not uh, going to let, life defeat me or, or anything like that. You know, I, I believe I'm, I come from a strong family and uh, strong family roots. And, you know, I try to keep my head on straight. So that's what, what's helped me out as well. Uh, last thing for you, Kelvin, would it be a safe bet in your estimation to, to say that this time next year, Kelvin Gaslam is a UFC champion. Do you think that happens? By the end of this year, for sure. I want to see if we can, if we can oh, make it happen. End of this year. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Throw it out there. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to fight in June. Hopefully fight for the title in December. Wow. We'll see. All right. I love it. Well, it's been inspiring to watch. It's really been amazing to see how you've turned it all around and how good you're doing at 185. And I love I love the Silva fight. I love the call out. I loved how you got everyone to sing happy birthday for your mom. That was amazing. By the end, they were eating out of your palm. Yeah. They wanted to boo you, but they couldn't. It was it was such a beautiful yeah. moment. Well done. Happy birthday to your mom, by the Thank way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. She appreciates she pre- she appreciates it. She they, somebody sent me a video of her crying about it. it was, oh man, it was, it was beautiful. Fun to watch. It was sweet. It was beautiful. You uh, you really nailed that post fight interview. It was great to see. Great performance. Congratulations on the win. And of course, good luck uh, as you prepare for June third. What 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 a scene that will be. And consider the Chael thing. I know you said no, but maybe just think about it. Sleep on it. I feel like that would be a nice little story. Just consider it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Ariel. Thanks for having me on, man. And, Thank you, uh, Kevin. Thanks for everybody listening. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. There he is, Kelvin Gaslam stopping by. Uh, great stuff for him, and what an opportunity on June 3rd in Rio. He calls out Anderson Silva. He wins the sweepstakes. Rashad wanted him. Yoel wanted him. And in the end, Kelvin Gaslam gets him. Great spot for Kelvin Gaslam. It's come a long way. All right, let's move along. Uh, let's, get, let's get to our surprise guest of the day. Announced at the top of the show that we had a very, very, very late edition. Everyone wondering what's up with Ryan Bader. Why is it taking him so long to find a new home? Is he going to Bellator? Is he staying with the UFC? Let's hear it from the man himself. The one and only Ryan Bader is joining us on the phone right now. Ryan, are you there? Yes, sir. What's going on? There he is, Ryan Bader. Everyone talking about you. Everyone wondering what's going on with you. Everyone wants to know where your new home is will be, or if you're going back to your old home, break some news for us. What do you got? Well, the breaking news is uh, I'm a Bellator fighter now. So we're, uh, I'm excited. Um, 
it's kind of refreshing. I'm, I'm ready to, uh, you know, step in there. You know, I want a title shot right away, and I think I deserve it. And uh, I'm, I'm just super excited. So it has it has been completed. The deal is done. You have put pen to paper. I signed it this morning, yes, sir. Wow. What did that feel like? It felt good. Like I said, it was almost uh, it was kind of refreshing. You know, I've been uh, a UFC fighter, you know, for so long now, and you know, had a couple fights outside. You know, first couple, uh, you know, local fights, and get into the Ultimate Fighter. Then, you know, I had twenty fights in the UFC there. Um, so it's just it's something new, it's exciting. Um, I'm going to have great opportunities. Um, you know, and I feel like I'm the best I've ever been right now in moving forward. And so, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I was pushing for a title shot in UFC. I wanted a title shot. I wanted to win that belt. Um, you know, but we're, uh, you know, we're, we're Bellator now. So that mindset is still the same. I'm looking to go in there. I'm looking to, you know, fight for the title and win that title and keep it for as long as I can. You know, so I'm, I'm still, uh, uh, at the top, you know, physically, I'm even better mentally, uh, than I was even, you know, last year. So I feel great. Have you been told by the Bellator brass that you will get a title shot in your first fight? So that, I mean, that, that was part of it and part of the negotiations and whatnot. Um, it's not a hundred percent, uh, done deal, you know, but they were, we were talking about it and they like it. Obviously we like it. It makes sense. You know, um, two top five guys in the world. Yep. Um, we fought, I beat him in the last, you know, I'm his last loss. You know, he comes over, he's been looking great. He wins a belt or belt. Um, you know, so it makes sense for me to, you know, go in there and fight for it. I don't think too many people can, uh, you know, it's about me coming over and getting an immediate title shot. And would you be like, if they came and said, you know what, Ryan, we've got another idea. We love this idea, you know, whatever, uh, this is the name. Would you be disappointed? Is it is it really set in your mind that you want that title shot first right off the bat? Well, you know, the, I'm a competitor. I want to compete. I want to fight. Uh, you know, it's been uh, you know, fought last in November. You know, and I want to fight here in June. So okay, um, I, I, well, we want the title shot, obviously, um, but I don't hold the belt and I don't make the make the calls. You know, so yeah. um, you can't make somebody can't make somebody fight. Right. You know, so, uh, it's kind of in Phil Davis's court. Um, so, you know, I'd love to fight, fight him in June for sure. If something happens, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely go that route and, and, um, you know, uh, see what the opportunities are. You know, I'm, I'm open. That's just one thing that was intriguing about coming over to Bellator. You know, we talked about different things that, you know, we talked about, um, being able to you move up to heavyweight for, you know, here and there and, you know, um, a Fedor fight you know, intrigues me, stuff like that. So um, we're, we're definitely open, but we want the title shot first for sure. And by the way, um, are, are you implying that Phil is, is, is not so interested in this fight? Have you heard that? No, I, I think he wants it. I just don't, I, I haven't really heard too much. Okay. Um, they were just, just trying to get, uh, you know, because that, that's one of my first questions. I signed the contract. What's next? You know, yeah. um, what's the date? Who am I fighting? Am I fighting for the belt? And there was just kind of a little, uh, yeah, we just have to make sure Phil's on board kind of deal. And so, you know, I want to lock that down. I don't want that kind of, kind of, uh, running away from us. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, we're, we want to fight in June and we're fighting somebody else. And, you know, Phil wants an extra month or something like that. So, um, if it's something like that, we'll wait for the title shot. 
if it's something else, you know, we'll go ahead and fight, but it's got to make sense. Why did this take so long, Ryan? Because I remember around uh, Super Bowl weekend, you, you, you were on the show end of January and you said that you were about to get an offer and it seemed like you were headed in this direction. And then Super Bowl weekend, I remember the day before the Super Bowl, excuse me, the Friday before the Super Bowl, Dana White did an interview with USA Today and essentially said, like, we're not going to match the deal. He can go to fight in Bellator. And that was a month and a half ago. What took so long between, you know, he, he, he went out publicly and said, we're not going to match that. That to me felt like a, a, an admission that they are not going to match and that you were free to, you know, go ahead and put pen to paper. Yet you just said you signed the contract this morning. Why did it take an extra month and a half? Yeah, no, you know, I heard that too. I heard, you know, when Dana came out, and that was the first I, I was heard, or I heard that, you know, and, uh, um, but they, they were more interested in that comment, though, you know, and that um, we were working closely with uh, Mick Maynard, and, you know, he was constantly asking about the offers and, and uh, you know, um, talking to my manager, Dave Martin, you know, what we got to do to stay in the UFC, this and that. So there's more interest in, you know, Dana White led on. Um, you know, but it just, my contract basically, um, was the first, you know, with this class action lawsuit and whatnot, um, was a, I just happened to be caught in the middle of the two lawyers from Viacom and UFC basically. And so whatever they did with my contract, you know, going forward, that's what they would do for the rest of the contracts from the other guys. So uh, they just had to make sure with Bellator turning over contracts to the UFC, et cetera. So whatever I did there, that's how it was going to go ahead and be, you know, the standard for, you know, what went on. So I was just kind of caught in the middle. I had that deal. You know, when we talked, I had a uh, pretty much had an offer from Bellator. So we knew we had that. We're just kind of sitting there. Um, just waiting it out, really, knowing that was going to happen. But uh, um, there was no super rush from us. We kind of had a time frame when we wanted to fight and whatnot. So finally got it done, signed the paper this morning. So it's a done deal. Uh, just took longer than expected. And did they ask you to see, you know, the full contract? Was and, and, and was Bellator hesitant to do that, and that's what took so long? Exactly, yeah. Usually, from my what my understanding is of it, you know, in the in the past, guys have just shown them basically the the offer, which could be it could be in an email or a yeah. text message or whatever. It's just the terms, you know. Yeah, I'm a much for fight. What's the fight? Uh, the UFC wanted the the full contract, and so that that right there was a holdup from uh, you know that took that month month and a half or whatnot. So they wanted the full contract. Bellator, you know, didn't want to release the full contract to them. Yeah, it, it hasn't happened before. And so then they had that little, not, not a fight or anything, but you know, they had to go through that process because that's going to be a standard from now on how they did mine. Do you know if Bellator ended up giving them the contract? I do not know the particulars on that. Okay. The two, the two lawyers, um, they worked out something where, uh, I guess they were both happy and, uh, and I was able to, um, was able to go and okay. UFC gave me my release and they tried to make it as uh, painless on me as, as they could. Um, you know, I was still in contact with uh, you know, some of the UFC employees and stuff like that. So they were, they were helping out. So um, just took longer. So no hard feelings as you depart? No, no hard feelings at all. You know, I uh, there's some stuff you know, with the UFC that you know, I had 
locals about, you know, the whole, the whole title shot thing. And when Justin got it off of knockout loss and the run around here, here and there. And you know, I felt like that carrot was always dangling and there, you know, but on, on the other hand, you know, I spent majority or all my career in the UFC and, and point fights there and had a blast traveling the world and, and, uh, um, having fun to fight for them, you know, and, uh, Started started to change a little bit, you know, with the the sponsorships getting taken away, you know, and then uh, you started to see all the new people and stuff like that these last couple uh, year year and a half, and and so you know leaving, um, it's just it's kind of bittersweet, you know, it's refreshing, it's something new, heading over to Bellator, you know, but I, I spent my whole career in the UFC too, yeah, the side of the world, fight in front of uh, new crowds, you know, I was on the first Australia card, I, I fought in Japan, you know. Um, so looking back, you know, it, it's sad, um, but at the same time, uh, it's refreshing. I'm excited for something new. The, the the way it kind of came out publicly with Dana doing that interview and saying like, yeah, you know, Bellator is a good place for him. Did that bother you at all? Just kind of, it sort of felt dismissive in a way. Yeah. You know, he, he comes out and, and, and says things like that, you know, about some other fighters and whatnot. He makes those comments, you know, so take it with a grain of salt you know I, i'm a, a top five guy in the world you know um my losses are, are to all the top guys you know and, and i beat a ton of ton of good guys and right now 205 and UFC is shallow and uh you know and so um it was a little weird how dismissive it was but you know it is what it is i'm a, I'm a competitor i'm gonna go over there wherever i'm at and try to be the best so um you know i don't really take too much attention to that at all did you get any other serious offers from anyone outside of Bellator? You know, we didn't even really, uh, really even try. Okay. We, we talked to Bellator. I, I, I flew out there, met with Rich Chow and Scott Coker. You know, I liked what they had to say. I liked their plan. You know, they had a plan in place and, and um, what they wanted to do with me. And uh, we probably took, you know, three weeks or so to, you know, negotiate uh, an offer. Then we got the offer, and it was uh, it's an amazing, amazing contract. And so um, we didn't feel the need to go get any other offers, really. Did Did the UFC ever offer you a deal? Um, no. So, well, they uh, you know offered you the deal before your last fight. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, okay, but not after. We said, no, we said no thanks. So, so basically, once we get the, uh, you know, once we got that offer. You know, uh, my manager was talking to the matchmaker and talking to UFC. And, uh, you know, that, that, at that point, they have the right to match. And so they got to yep. match that. And, yep. and uh, we kind of knew they weren't going to match it, you know, because it's just, it's a flat fee. Um, you know, UFC likes to do the show and win. Um, so we, we all, we all kind of knew that they weren't going to do match like that offer. Is this contract better than any that you've ever had in your MMA career? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think it's one of the better contracts out there outside of being a UFC champion. Okay. With, uh, you know, with pay-per-view points and stuff like that, you know. And so, um, like I said, it's, it's a flappy um, and, uh, you know, six-fight deal. We have some stuff in there. You know, my, uh, my agent did a great job negotiating, you know, that um, I have to have three fights a year. If I, if I don't get those three fights in a year, you know, barring that I'm not injured or whatnot, you know, they have to pay me my, my purse. Wow. You know, but yeah, if I'm not hitting those, uh, 
the inactivity causes and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, you know, stuff like that. And then the sponsors, you know, and, and the sponsors are huge. And, you know, when, back when I was uh, in the UFC, you know, when we could have our own sponsors, you know, not, not to sit there and talk numbers, but the lowest I've ever made, and this was on the prelims, was 35 grand for a fight. You know, I've made upwards of 80 grand a fight. Wow. On sponsors, on sponsors, you know, and we have, you hear some of the fighters, they come out, out and say, you know, the sponsors have dried up and this and that. So it's you know, the Reebok knives, which, you know, just for me, it's just their managers are, are lazy. You know, they're calling on people, you know, they see on other people's shorts. And it used to be like a standard thing. Are you on the prelims? Are you on the main card? You're 2500 bucks, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. we have those relationships with big companies that stuck with us, um, you know, through the whole thing. And so to have the sponsors, to be able to, you know, represent those sponsors again is huge for me. That's a lot of income too. So, um, that was a big, uh, big factor in, in moving over also. And do you feel like you'll be able to get back into the sponsorship game that there's still, a uh, a market out there now that you're fighting on 100%. spike? Yeah. You feel you, you've, have you already reached out? To, I mean, not you personally, maybe I know you have a team there, but yeah. is there interest? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. I think we're back to, you know, when the heyday of, sponsors in the UFC, we're, we're going to do the same deal. You know, we, uh, I had a couple awesome sponsors that stick by me, you know, that, uh, um, the side of sports and the American ethanols, you know, um, they even stuck by us, you know, with the Reebok deal. And obviously, um, at a lower scale, you know, but we just kind of, um, switched it up and, and on how we represent them and how they can use us, you know, so they're stuck through, but they're going to wrap it up again now that I can represent them in, in the, uh, in the cage and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, we, we already have those all laid out and they're ready to go. So. And, and to be clear, you don't, you're not you're like your, your, your deal. You, you don't have a win bonus. You, you just get paid to show up and fight. To show up and fight. Wow. I get my purse, you know? And so I, I do have a, a finish bonus, but that's just gravy. You know, it's just on top of everything. Um, which is great. You know, um, I, I, I feel like the the wind show, and we've talked about this before. You know, it, I I get why they do it. Obviously, you know, one save some money, and two, the thinking of having the fighters go out and try to secure half their pay. It's going to be exciting fights, but I feel like sometimes it's it's the exact opposite. I think uh, if a guy knows you can win a certain way, he's going to take that route. You know, to. Uh, to get half his, his pay, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a wrestler or whether it's, uh, um, you know, a, a karate guy, like Machida ish, you know, staying away and kind of using jab and, and uh, keeping distance or whatnot. I feel like you fight a certain way to secure half your pay. You get a flat fee, you go out there and fight however the hell you want, knowing you're going to get that pay no matter what. Right. Yeah. No, I, I remember us talking about this, uh, yeah. you know, around six weeks ago and I couldn't agree more. Uh, by the way, we had Lorenz Larkin on earlier in the show, and he said he was a little disappointed. Some of the fans were writing to him saying, oh, you're going to the B-Leagues now. Uh, I can't believe you left the UFC. You know, this has kind of been rumored for quite some time. Have you received the same kind of feedback? You know, on social media here and there, um, I have people just kind of, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, don't go here, don't go here, or stay in UFC or whatnot. Um, but I think that's changed pretty soon. Don't throw you- they're, they have some really exciting stuff coming up and, and, you know, look at the talent they're getting right now, you know? And so, you know, I don't pay too much attention to that, but I, I've got a, a ton of support actually 
uh, more so than anything negative. Okay. So, um, whether it's, uh, yeah, they, people want to see change too. And, and, and they get behind the fighters. Um, and so it, it's exciting for them too. They're seeing you know, guys like me Lance, go over the Bellator, you know, um, 205 right now is looking pretty good in, in Bellator, you know, so there's exciting fights there. Um, you know, in, like I was saying earlier, the opportunities, you know, Scott asked if I'd be open to fight and rising in Japan and stuff like that, you know, so it's just, it's exciting. There's a lot of, uh, things we can you know, put our heads together and get done in Bellator and have fun fights. And obviously my mind right now is going there and, and win the title though. Yeah. And become the champion, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm just excited about the opportunities. And, and by the way, I got to ask, I mean, I, I feel like at some point Scott is going to ask you this question, you versus Tito too. Would you pick, I love it. you, you would take, would you take <laughs> yeah. it over the, the, the title shot? Uh, I, I want the title shot. 100%. Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean that, that fight's definitely, uh, you know, I want to get all my losses back, you know, and then switching organizations, you know, that's going to be a, a, a tough deal now, but you know, Tito is one of those ones where, you know, it, it still gets me here and there. Um, but yeah, I would love to, you know, I know he's retired now, but I think, uh, that'd be a huge fight and I'd love to get some redemption for sure. Did Scott say that he's going to try to make the fight? No, no, I feel like he. No, I haven't heard that yet, but it's a great idea. All right, and as of right now, you don't know the exact date of when you'll debut for them. No, I want to fight in June. Okay. Uh, I think they have a, a card coming up in June, so um, I want to be on there. You know, so we'll, we'll see. You know, I want, I want to fight Phil Davis. Okay, for the All title. Right. Um, but like I said, I, I'm open. You know, and I'm open for those those fun fights. So, you know, like I was saying, like a fade ordeal or something like that. You know, and so. Um, if I don't get that title shot, then we'd have to, you know, to have to talk it out and, and figure it out. You know, if it's, if it's waiting another month and then we're guaranteed the shot, you know, I'm, I'm going in there to be the champion. So I think I have the right to go and walk in and, and fight for the belt right away. And so that, that's my, that's my train of thought right now. If something changes, then we'll have to uh, switch it up a bit. Congratulations, Ryan. Uh, this is great stuff. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're you're really happy with the deal, that you got a great deal. And uh, I'm Thank curious you. to see what uh, what happens as far as your debut is concerned and where you go in Bellator. It seems like they're very excited. The Spike account tweeting about it, the Bellator account tweeting about it. So everyone seems excited. You're going back to Spike, where you uh, where you were first introduced kind go. of to the MMA fan when you won the Ultimate Fighter Season yep. 8. Appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about it. Congratulations again to you and your team. And good luck as you prepare for your debut. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, Ryan Bader, the newest member of the Bellator light heavyweight division. Also said that he would dabble in the uh, heavyweight division, and now that's the third name that Bellator signed in the last seven days as far as recognizable names are concerned. UFC signing fighters all the time, but you got Dylan Dennis last Monday, Thursday was Lorenz Larkin, and today it's uh, Ryan Darth Bader. How about that? So uh, another name to add to Bellator's growing roster of fighters. All right, uh, let's move along. One last fighter to go and very excited as always to talk to Vai Cavallo himself. Remember a few months ago we were going to have him on and uh, he, he kind of mysteriously left us, but now here he is in the flesh, the uh, the former UFC heavyweight champion joining us from his familiar car. Fabricio, how are you? Everything's great, man. I'm just waiting for the, the interview. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry about that the last time. 
No, no, no. I'm sorry for keeping you waiting. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on in your life and a lot of people wondering uh, what is going on with you because you were supposed to fight at UFC 211. Ben Rothwell gets pulled and now we don't really have much, much word about you. So tell us w- what is going to happen for you next? Yes, man. I'm very excited for the, the, the next fight. You know, the, the May 13. But uh, as I happen, uh, Ben Hotwater, the uh, Uzada got to him. You know, I don't know what happened, but it's very bad because I'm waiting for this fight. He talked a lot, a lot, a lot of shit before uh, Ben Hotwater. I'm just waiting for the fight. But now, again, you know, I I have a lot of uh, fights canceled. You know, it's really the, the last fight versus Kevin Velasquez, a lot of fights canceled. Now I'm just waiting for the next one. You know, I'm, I think. Uh, maybe the next one is uh, Overeem or Cain Velasquez, you know? This is the, the next one in July, you know? Okay, so you're... Uh, I'm waiting for. You're not going to stay on the uh, Dallas card anymore. You're off that card. <laughs> yes, but but I I started my camp for maybe, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, the, the last years, couple of years, is I have a lot of injuries, yeah. you know? Maybe I don't want to happen injury in uh, teach or uh, Cigano. I don't want this for sure not. But it's happened, you know. A lot of training, hard training. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, I'm waiting for the. You know, I mean, I mean, I said uh, I'm waiting for the the fight. Maybe it's happen. I mean, there for sure. I go. I want to go there for to uh, watch this fight. Yeah. Maybe you guys call me. I'm waiting for the, the this fight. You know. Is it fair to say you're done with Ben Rothwell? You you don't want to fight him anymore? Who who? Ben Rothwell. No, I don't know. He have a he have a the the Uzada catch to him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how long he stay uh, how long he stay off. You know, I, I, one year or two years. I don't know. But if you they know? come, they haven't come out and given him the suspension. So if they come out and say, "Oh, there was a mistake. He's you know he's he's good to fight." Would you be interested in in fighting him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Same date is okay. No problem. Yes. You know, but for more, for, for me, it's much better. The guys, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe the guys have an injury for the title shot. It's much better. You know, I want to fight for the title shot. Yeah. Uh, Steamer teach maybe have an injury or Cigano. I'm going. I, I'm there. I'm there for uh, for fight. You know, I'm just waiting. But my next next step is uh, one more fight, and then next time is uh, the title shot again. You know, this is my 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 plan yeah have they talked to you about francis and ganu there's a rumor that popped up yesterday that there was some talk about you versus and ganu has that has that reached you no i don't know i, I don't saw that no. what happened i don't know there was a rumor people were asking me oh is verdum gonna fight Nganu? Do, do you do you know this guy do you like him do you think he's a good fighter do you think he's at your level now well, oh, the, 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 and ganu the, um, the french guy. African guy yeah 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 the french guy yeah Hey man, I know, I know, I know, I know. Commentary more fights than the UFC network. I don't know the guy. I don't know this guy, man. I don't know what it's guy. The black guy. The yeah, black he knocked out guy? Arlovsky. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I know. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I want to fight for sure, man. You know, I all the time cancel, cancel, cancel. I want to fight, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just starting my camp now, but May 30, I'm waiting for fight. Doesn't matter who. You know, but it's very important. The next fight uh, give me the, uh, the opportunity for the next step. You yeah. know, I don't want to fight maybe 
the guys in, in the rank, uh, the guys in the, the rank is no is no good for me. Sure. I want to fight for the next step, good one. You know, I know I fight versus Kevin Velasquez or Overeem. I know my, I'm the, the next one. I'm the next contender. You know, this is very important. The good fight, good fighter, and the good fight for the next step. This is my big. Uh, I, my opinion, uh, maybe I fight versus the title, the title shot again in December, November. Wow. You know. This is my my idea, you know, my idea. Sure. Uh, by the way, since you brought it up, what happened with UFC Network? Why don't you work for them anymore? <laughs> no, man. This is uh, the best, you know. I, you know, you know me I like uh, eight years, maybe more. Yeah. You know? I joke a lot. I joke a lot, but I think the UFC don't understand my joking because I have a lot of fans, and the guy make. Uh, the thing you remember the thing the Reebok the guy take off the Reebok he put Nike yeah I just repost you know just repost but you have seen now now instead this is like a joking you know this is like a joke but the guys don't understand and uh, I want to come back to my my job you know my job like UFC Network I, I love this yeah you know? it's my my passion you know I love this man a lot of guy asking me do when you come back again when you come back again I say man I'm just waiting for the the boss, you know. <laughs> Say, no, it's okay. Your time out, time out is okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they didn't like the post about the Nike, and they just took you off the job. No, no, no. I, I think it's the different thing. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it, the same time I maybe, but you know, I just waiting for the comeback. The because uh, the com- commentary for Latin America. Yeah. But uh, this thing that I, I never have a nothing bad about the Reebok, you know, man. Uh, Reebok is very good uh, sponsor, sponsor UFC, you know. I don't have nothing about the Reebok, you know. I have a good uh, relationship with UFC. Yeah. I'm a UFC 100%, you know. I, I work a lot for UFC. I go to Latin America. I, I make a lot of good events in Mexico, you know. I'm just waiting for the that I come back again, you know. This is my, my big go-to. Have you thought, you know, I remember when you were supposed to fight Cain Velasquez at UFC 207, there seemed to be some, um, I don't know, some misunderstanding with you and Dana White about the offer for JDS, short notice fight and all that. Have you thought about maybe sitting down and clearing the air with him? No, no yet, no yet. I want to I wanna go next, maybe next week I go to, uh, to Las Vegas. Ah. Me, Ali, and I talk with him, you know. I want to talk with him about everything, everything. Maybe... Uh, I I told you I I, I I have a lot of jokes in my, my Instagram in social media. <laughs> I joke a lot, but the guy don't understand me. Maybe maybe it's different joking from Brazil and the joke from America. You know, I wanna go there. I talk with him. I, I make a joke with him. Maybe I post too. <laughs> you know, he done it. But you feel like that is uh, something that you should do. Maybe sit down and talk face to face with him. Yes, yes. It is very important. I wanted this. You know, I wanna go there and I talk with him. I wanna, you know, how long I'm in UFC, man? Yeah. For a long time, you yeah. know. I've been working for UFC. I'm, I'm an ambassador for Latin America before. Yeah. I, I, I look, I, I work a lot for the, the Latin America fans. You know, I told you, Mexico. I, I did a lot of job, good job in Mexico. You know, the interviews uh, for every uh, UFC one, I, I did a lot of times. You know. I, I want to just just go there, sit down, just take a coffee, and hey, then, hey, you know, I mean, the 100% the UFC, man, you know this, you know, okay. this is very important. Talking, you know, just sit, and the talk is very important, yeah. And what's going on between you and uh, Junior Dos Santos? A lot of talk back and forth, it seems like, well, what's happening here? 
Hey, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This guy have a something about him. I don't know why. Because I mean, I'm saying nothing. I know. I know. I, I learn a lot. You know, I have a lot of experience. Before, when I'm very young, I see a lot of things, a lot of shit. But it's not good. It's not me. You know. Uh, I joke a lot, but he said a lot of things before. Uh, before my 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 fight versus Kevin Velasquez cancel, he said a lot of things before. I don't know. I don't say. I don't. I don't say be quiet. I don't, I don't stay like. A, I don't say nothing. He says something. I I respond for sure. You know. Yeah. That's it. But I don't know. I I think he like me. You know. <laughs> I, I think he like me. Does, does it bother <laughs> but you? I I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> I'm married. I'm married for a long time. You know. I'm <laughs> sure. You have beautiful children, by the way. Your children are beautiful. Julia, right? Yeah, they have a Julia, Joanna, Joanna, yeah. Julia. Um, does it bother you that he's getting the next title shot? Yes, man. Because I think I'm the next in the line. Yeah. Why have Why have a, a rank? The the rank. I'm the number one. You know. I think the ne- I'm the next one. Supposed okay, me versus Velasquez, the semifinal. You know, I like a semifinal. Me Velasquez. Yeah. He no fight. It's me. I'm the next one, but it's okay, man. It's a UFC decision. He say Junior Cena go there. Okay, for sure. I'm sad, but I wanna fight for the title shot. This is the big goal. Not just me. Everybody wanna fight the title shot, the UFC title shot. But now I'm just waiting. I know the uh, June uh, May 13. Uh, you know, Sigano uh, versus Dimitrich. I told you, I'm just waiting for the yeah. baby. I'm waiting. You know, I started my training. Ever done? Have an injury? Opa, I go in for sure. You know, versus Sigano or Dimitrich doesn't matter for me. Uh-huh. I don't want to uh, prefer Sigano uh, or Dimitrich. No, no, I wanted the title shot. I wanted my my belt. You know, I have a two. I'm very. I'm front of my home now. I have a two belts in my home. One, one in the. Uh, downstairs, yeah. Uh, other uh, upstairs, I have other one. I have uh, two belts in my home. I want one more. Sure, I don't blame you. <laughs> who do yeah. you think wins that fight? If they do fight, who do you think wins? Because you know both men, Stipe and uh, JDS. Who do you think? Yes, uh, the last fight, uh, Stipe Teach versus Cigano. Uh, the the last round, Cigano win for sure. A lot of guys say Stipe win, but I think Cigano win this fight. The, the the last this last round, you know. Yeah. I think my opinion today, the Stimio teaches the champion. When you the champion, your mind is so different. Your mind, you know, when you the champion. Uh, I think same. I like a very close fight the last one, but Stimio teach won this time. I like a point, four points. Same thing, but just Stimio teach win. You know, right, right. One. Yeah, I, this is my opinion. Like uh, uh, for decision, for decision. Okay, I think so. How much do you miss being champion? Do you miss it? Like, do you miss the, the fact that everyone's calling you champion, that everyone's looking at you, that they're all kind of trying to get you? Do you, do you does it feel different when you're champion as opposed to not being champion? Yes, man. I'm in the champion. I, I feel like I'm in the champion, you know, in the life, you know. I'm in the champion in the life. Because, <laughs> you know, I just have a one. I don't, I don't like when I say this, but it's... Uh, just I have a only one guy in the world. I have a, the three title shot: uh, jiu-jitsu, grappling, and the UFC. Mm. You know, mm. I have a, all three. Now I have a other fight in the world. This I'm the champion in the life in the fights. I'm just waiting for the next one, my next fight, giving the opportunity for the title shot again. I told you, I think I fought, I, I fight versus the title shot again in November or December. Yeah, my my in my mind, I yep. have a this. Yep. 
And uh, after that, man, maybe two or three more years in that seat. Because my body's okay now. I have a 39 years old. Yeah. But my body's okay. I'm very young. My mind is very young, you know? So you 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 don't think uh, when I get to forty you you don't have an end date uh, you say two or three years but as long as you feel good you're going to keep going. Yes, I'm keep going. It's so hard. I don't like when the guys say uh, the guys uh, uh, say uh, stop the fight. This yeah. is not good, you know, because you have a lot of jobs. You know, I'm not just fight. I have uh, appearances, seminars. When you say I'm in that, you're. You know, the guy is different price. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's so different. Uh, yeah, this is I love this. This is my life. I love to fight all the time. I don't have a date. And I, I say three more years, but maybe more. I don't know. You know, I told you I'm 39 years old, but I'm feeling very, very young. My mind is very young. You know, everything. And, and speaking of other things outside of fighting, you recently opened uh, a, a comedy bar in uh, Sao Paulo, right? The Beverly Hills Bar, correct? Yes, you're right, man. It's very important, man. It's very important not just fight, but, you know, investment in different things, you know? Yeah. I, I don't have a, the dream. I I want to hope in the big gym. This is not my dream. Uh, I know a lot of fights have a dream, like, ah, I open a nice gym, but I don't like this uh, this dream. I, I like the different things, you know? I like a comedian. I stand-up comedian. You know, I like this. I, I love this. I'm no comedian, but I love it. You know? Yeah. I, I, like, I, I love to watch this. And I opened Sao Paulo, the big, uh, nice place in Sao Paulo, you know, the Beverly Hills Comedy Club. Uh-huh. The name. The, this is very, I have it before. I just buy now, you know, me, one more guy, you know. Have you ever tried very it? Happy, man, for sure. Have, yes. have you ever tried stand up comedy? I feel like you'd be good at it. No, man, I just, I think just having fun just for my friends, my friends. <laughs> it's so hard, man, it's so hard. Hey, ask him about that. Say, I teach for 200 people. I teach, no problem. When I teach seminars, it's like a show. It's like a comedian show. Yeah. I, 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 I joke a lot with the guys. I, I show the position, a lot of histories. But it's, when you go to this show, it's comedy show is so different. Man. It's so hard, this, man. We're sweating a lot. You know? It's so hard. <laughs> I would love to see you try. I feel like you'd be really good on stage. You think so? I think so. <laughs> You're a comedian with the face and everything, your sense of humor, I could tell. I don't speak Portuguese, but I, I feel like I get your sense of humor. I think I, you know, with some translation, my friend Guilherme, he tells me what you're saying. It's all very funny. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> Who's your favorite Brazilian comedian of all time and favorite American comedian of all time? Do you have a favorite? America, I know least too much America. Okay. I just say uh, uh, it's different, you know, different jokes, you know, it's so different. But in Brazil, I have a very famous one is that Tom Cavalcanti. He's a very famous guy. Okay. Tom Cavalcanti. He's very good, man. He's, uh, for me, he's the best one. All right. I'll look into him. By the way, I saw a video on TMZ. You were shipping a TV to your comedy bar from yes. LA, but but via American Airlines. Right? Yes, 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 yes. Why? <laughs> yes, I bring that. So, it's, you know, it's so different, the pricing, man. It's great. Hey, I pay uh, here the, the big TV. Uh, 48, you know, for uh, 48, the big one, yeah, and uh, for 300, uh, 300 dollars uh, is nothing, you know, it's 300. Wow, in Brazil, it's a lot, it's expensive, it's very expensive in Brazil, man. So, you just put it and on I a plane, all the things, uh, yes, I put it on a plane for sure, yes, because you know, I'm American Lines, I have the the Platino, Elite Platino, you know, yeah, everything, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to go on the flight too, you just send it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just no, no. I go to for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, but because I mean, I make, I go to. I just come back to Brazil. I stay in Brazil ten days. I did a commercial there. You know, the sporting bed, sporting bed sponsor me, uh-huh. and uh, I just go there. I I, I film the the commercial. You okay. Know, just three days. It's very good. Very wow. Good. Yes, yes. And you're not worried that they're gonna break the uh, the TV? No, 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 it's okay. Everything's okay. No, 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 it's no break. No, no, it's good. It's good. Wow. That's... I fix in the bar. I go, I, I post my Instagram. I fix it at the TV in the bar. It's good, man. It's good. It's not too big, but for the 170 people inside, the bar is good. The full house. Wow. That is great. That is great. And are you going to open one in the U.S. as well or just in Brazil? No, just in no, just. Brazil. I, I make more fights for that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, by the way, I want to see while you're taking, because you know, you're, you've been somewhat inactive with these fights falling through. What about finally seeing Verdum versus Rockhold grappling match? What do you think about that? For, versus who? Uh, Luke Rockhold. I mean, I think this guy's uh, a bitch, you know? This guy's uh, a. <laughs> hey, I. I, I, I I think I'm a fight with him. I like I just grab him, but I don't like this guy. I slap his face for sure, you know. <laughs> I slap his face because this guy is a hey man. This guy is a I, I don't know man. This is it's a bullshit guy, you know. <laughs> he say a lot of things, bad things. I love I love when the his beast be knocked down, and I love this man. Hey, I, I love when a uh, you know, beast be knocked down here. I, I, I love this, man. You know, I open a champagne in my home here. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but he's talked about grappling John Jones. You want to be active. Has anyone tried to make this happen, considering you guys have this history together, you and Luke Rockhold? Maybe, a, you know, a yes, Eddie Bravo? My, my, yeah, my next idea is uh, maybe me versus John Jones, just grappling. I like John Jones. He's a very nice guy, man. I have a. You know, I, I saw him in, in Russia, in different places. Yeah, yeah. Very nice guy, man. John Jones. But just grappling, I think everybody want to see me, John Jones, uh, you know, good grappling in Chechnya. Because, you know, I have a good relationship with Chechnya. Yeah. You know, with the president. You know, I'm the ambassador there, the MMA ambassador for Chechnya. What does that mean, and, MMA uh, ambassador? It's okay. Have a, what, is it again? what does it mean to be an MMA ambassador of uh, Chechnya? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, the ambassador, uh, you know, the, uh, it's my job is like a promotion. Uh, the guys know in, U, in USA, in, in the world, have a good event there. Uh, have a, a promotion of this event, you know, they have a nice event there in, in Chechnya. The president is, is different, man. One, just I have one, only one president in the world love uh, MMA. Huh. He have a, his event, you know, Ahmad uh, thing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahmad event. It's good fights, you don't know, it's a show very well. I think that my idea, just me versus John John is there in Chechenia. Okay. It's a good one. So no Luke Rockhold. Yes. <laughs> no, no, because I slept for sure he's the pay, you know, just the grappling, but for sure, sure I slept him. <laughs> just, I, I want to just like, a, you know, just like a bitch, you know, just, just one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had your way as far as July if you don't get the opportunity in May who would you prefer Kane someone else who's, who's the, the the best idea for you hey man I think both uh, give, uh, after this uh, this uh, victory I go to the title shot I like it both is that both is the rematch you know yeah. I, I finish uh, over in, in Pride in 2006, I finished him in the Kimura. You remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, he he beat me the in strike force when I have a is uh, when I have a uh, only one time I have a uh, I'll say the overtraining. I have a overtraining the second time because the 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 fight canceled two times before, you know. It's, it's funny. It's funny thing in Dallas this time. I'm just waiting for the the the, 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 the doping that test. You know, uh, how's it? The doping. The test. You know, yeah, the yeah. test. Yeah. Doping test. Yes. I'm just waiting for that. I just say, man, I wanted the the, the, the testing up for just. Uh, I'm start the, the I'm I want to start the the warm up. The guy said, no, no, no. Here don't have a nothing. You okay? You okay? I have a test here. I said, what? <laughs> And the overrated like it's too big, you know. He's like strike force, twenty kilos. Yeah, yeah, he's strike force. And um, now it's a one-one. I think it's good uh, rematch. You know the, you know the number three. Yeah, you know. And uh, Kevin Velasquez, I think overrated man. Overrated. I think because I saw the other day, Kevin Velasquez say he need more time. You know, yeah. for he go over again. I think Overeem is okay for me, you know. There's a good rematch. So you, you think Overeem was doping when you fought him in Strike Force in 2011? No, I don't say that. I just said <laughs> that he's a different breakfast, you oh. know. He's a different juice, you oh. know. <laughs> I think I think it's a orange juice with uh, orange juice uh, <laughs> pineapple. I don't know. Sure, sure. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, one last thing for you. What do you think about... Kelvin Gaslam, who's a teammate of yours, right? At King's MMA? Yes, yes. Now he's fighting all the Brazilians. He's fighting uh, Vitor, then Anderson, who you know as well, about, you know, fighting these guys. How, how do you feel about that? Yes, man. I, I, I love these guys. Uh, uh, Kelvin Gaslam, he trained very well in the gym. He trained very well, but when he go inside the octagon, he changed his mind, man. I love this. Yeah. Sometimes, have a good guys in the gym, He's like everybody, somebody, but in when he fight, once the guy fight, it's no good fight. But Kelvin, he fight, he trained well. But when he go inside the gym, the the, the cage is different. It's he surprised everybody in the last fight. You yeah, know, it's uh, beautiful for. I think it's good for him. Good opportunity versus uh, uh, you know, I respect that for sure. But he's my friend. He's uh, you know, he's a legend. But uh, it's good for uh, uh, Calvin as an uh, opportunity. Uh, Fabricio, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you for coming on the show. I always like talking to you. You always have a good uh, vibe to you. You're always very happy despite all this craziness going on. No fight, Dallas, all this stuff. And uh, congratulations on your new bar and good luck with it. And good luck getting your next fight. We appreciate it. Thank you, appreciate for you, man. Uh, the opportunity again. All the time you, you very nice guy. And uh, I want to maybe maybe uh, promotion this fight. Me versus uh, Luke Rojo. You know, like uh, grappling. Oh, I just slap his face. You know, just like a different rules. You sure, know? sure. Slapping no, aloud. All right. Just I'll look no, no punch. I don't want to punch him. I just slap his face. <laughs> like, you know, like a bitch. <laughs> all right. Let me see what he says, and I'll Thank let you know. Thank you, appreciate. Okay. All right. There he is. Obrigado. Vai Cavallo. Fabricio Verdum stopping by. Great stuff as always from him and a fun way to end today's interviews. Always fun to talk to uh, Fabricio Verdum. I wonder what is going to happen with him next. Okay. Uh, just a couple of minutes left. New York Rick, are you there? 
I think he went to sleep. Or maybe he went back on vacation. I am here. Oh, there he is. What do you think for Verdum? Overeem? Yep. Kane? Yep. Derek Lewis versus Mark Hunt was reported earlier. First yes. by MMA Junkie, and uh, we confirmed it. That's happening in Auckland, so can't talk about one of those. Or Francis Ngannou. I kind of like Overeem. More than Kane? Yeah. All right. I want to see I want to see Verdum and Overeem. Third time. Yeah. All right. I think uh Yeah, it's tough it's I'll say it it's tough and it's easy at the same time. It's tough because a lot of these matchups are going to be rematches. It's a lot of running back the same fights because heavyweight's still relatively shallow and um we've seen so many of them for so long. Also heavyweights uh, shelf lives are are extended, so they've been around for a long time. They faced each other a lot of times. At the same time, I don't really have a problem with any of the rematches. I don't really have a problem with many of the matchups at heavyweight. I think really nearly any combination can kind of prove to be exciting and and give us a good fight. Um, so it's tough in the sense that like it you you get the se- you get the feeling that you've seen them before, but it's easy in the sense that I almost don't mind having seen them before. Whereas in other in other divisions. Uh, there's only so many times you can see the same rematch and and uh, expect a different outcome. I think heavyweight's a little bit different in that regard. It was funny. Last week, I reached out to um, Lewis's camp, and I was like, hey, any news? And they're like, no, we're going to chill. You know, he said he wanted a break, broken foot, all that stuff. And then he gets another fight. The guy can't chill. Do you like this fight? Him versus Mark Hunt in New Zealand. And again, they continue to send Derek Lewis to these far-off places. Like yeah. the guy who never left the U.S. He's in Philippines, Nova Scotia. Um, now New Zealand had him fighting. Where did he fight? Did he fight in Croatia? I don't know. He, he He's fighting all over the place. What, what do you think about this? He's on a roll. Hunt is, you know, stuck on this, what is it, two-fight skid now? What yep. do you think? You like it? I like it. Um, and uh, I don't think it's any accident. I think the uh, the send Derek Lewis to <laughs> somewhere uh, foreign with a camera is uh, tried and true. And I think they're capitalizing on it well. Yeah, Zagreb in uh, April of 2016. Then he had Vegas. Then he had the, well, actually it was canceled. He had Manila, which he went to Manila for, and the fight got canceled. So he never got to fight, which was crazy. Then he went to the exotic locale known as Albany, New York. And then he went to Halifax, first time in Canada. And now he's going to uh, Auckland, New Zealand. There appears to be a, a breaking news as far as... Um, the war machine yep. case is concerned. Have you been following this? I have. I've seen. Uh, what do you got? Can you tell us what the news is? Yeah. So he was on. He was uh, charged with what I would believe was thirty-four different counts. Wow. Um, and ended uh, being guilty of twenty-nine, as per the jury. Uh, three not guilty, and two it was a hung jury. So five charges, uh, not guilty, 29 of the 34 guilty, and sentencing will be uh, June 5th. June 5th. Yep. So they don't know how long. Well, that's what the sentencing is for. Yeah. The, the, the individual counts are going to be, um, are going to be uh, discussed, and, and then he'll be sentenced. This is completely out of my, out of my weight class, but why don't they just sentence, sentence him now? 
I don't. I think that there's a reason for it to be delayed. Uh, I'm seeing Kevin Aoli tweeting: Judge declared a mistrial in the case uh, on the counts that were hung, and he could be retried on those charges. So I imagine there there needs to be time for that. Huh. Wow. Crazy but, uh, story. Yeah. So crazy that we had them both on at the same time. Remember that? Oh yes, I remember it. Yeah. Weird. Well, uh, just a horrible story and a horrible turn of events for everyone involved. Um, okay, before we go, let me ask you about this. Which yep. signing do you like better, Larkin, Danis, or Bader for Bellator? I think the one with the highest upside is Dylan Danis. Really? Because he's still an unknown. Um, he could potentially be huge for them. He could potentially wash out. He could potentially be somewhere in the middle. There's a lot more um, unknown about Dylan at this point, and I think that provides for the highest ceiling as well as the lowest floor. Um, I think Bader is going to be a contender right away and could uh, definitely win that belt. Um, so I think that's a great signing for them in that regard. He'll be competitive in that division right away against Phil Davis. And... Lorenz Larkin, I, pro- I think, of the bunch will probably put on the most exciting fights. Maybe, you know, push to the to title contention. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Dylan Dennis is probably the one with the with the most risk, but also the most possible. Wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Wow. And then you go Bader? And then probably Bader, yeah. Wow. Dylan Dennis. Okay. Now, he could completely, you know, bust, and, and that's a possibility at this point, but... Uh, the upside is is there. I was talking about this line of thinking last week on the show uh, while you were out touring double-decker buses and whatnot. Sure. Um, Bellator has done this very smart thing, I think, of signing guys before they're ready. Ed Ruth, Tyle Fortune, yep. uh, Aaron Pico, Dylan Dennis, guys who are very young in their careers like AJ McKee, James Gallagher. They have to get um, them in the sort of farm system, if you will, right off the bat, and they can afford to put them on undercards. They can afford to pay them as they progress. UFC doesn't necessarily have that luxury because there's just the UFC, but we're starting to see the UFC do this a little more. They're doing it with Mackenzie Dern, and I'm told a couple others as well. So there's now kind of this arms race to get fighters before they're even ready for the big dance Bellator has the luxury of putting them on their undercard because their undercards aren't as prestigious, if you will, not as, I don't know, um, talent-filled as the UFC undercards, so they can slide them in a little more seamlessly, but the UFC kind of has to get a jump on these guys as well. So it's kind of a fascinating thing happening behind the scenes. Yeah. It's... uh the the ecosystem is is completely different, and it's uh, interesting to see how that will kind of play out. But yeah, it provides an opportunity at this moment for for organizations, including Bellator, but but others as well. Speaking of resignings, uh, World Series of Fighting resigned uh, Blagoy and Lance Palmer. This is before their title fights yep. this uh, weekend, and uh, I think that's notable only because it seemed like all the champions were going away. So maybe with uh, some new investors, they've had a chance to I don't know uh, restock. On, uh, on 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 some of their, you know, their 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 budgets and their salary cap, if you will, and and try to secure these people. Although unfortunate that Palmer ended up losing the fight to Andre Harrison. Also, EFN is getting very active in the uh, the signing world. 
um, picking up Pusimar Paul Harris. Also, uh, who else did they get that I reported? Um, Ali Bagautinov, Josh Hill, and some other interesting names as well. So uh, that I thought was notable. Michael McDonald, no longer with the UFC, getting his release. So uh, do, do we do we have interest in Michael McDonald? Do you think that there's still a, a ceiling there for him that's you know championship level, or do you feel like he's kind of reached his potential? Yeah, I think uh, due to the time off, it's kind of hard to gauge, but yeah. um, immensely talented. I think uh, there's still a lot to, to get from him. And of course, let's not forget about the great Edith LaBelle signing with Cage Warriors, the former UFC Octagon girl. What weight class is that? Um, I'm not sure. I think money weight, uh, but I think that's a big signing for Cage Warriors. She's debuting in April. What do you think of Matt Hughes? Are you uh, interested in Matt Hughes versus Hoist Gracie? Uh, I think Boss got it wrong as far as his hint was concerned. I think he thought that Hughes was talking about GSP. Uh, he was talking about Hoist Gracie. Any interest? Is that... Did you hear my question? Zero. Zero interest. Less than zero. Oh, wow. Any interest in Anderson versus Gaslam? A lot. Okay. A ton of interest. Some people didn't like it. Some people were like, oh, why are you doing yeah, that? Yeah, but I think that's because they're, you know, considering all the alternatives, they have their favorites and, and you know, whatever the case may be, but uh, definitely a compelling fight. Whether whether you're, whether you think it was the right fight to make from a matchmaking perspective and rankings perspective aside, uh, clearly there's some intrigue there. Buy or sell CM Punk versus Vitor Belfort? Could not sell it for <laughs> I think that he was joking. I think people took that uh, comment a little too literally. Yeah, sell. Buy or sell Frankie Edgar versus Yair Rodriguez? Mortgage the house to buy it. Love that fight. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to give us a, a real answer to where both those guys are at. I think it's the perfect fight. All right. Uh, Roy Nelson versus uh, Alexander Volkov was announced. Is it Alexander Volkov? Why am I, why am I spacing on his first name? Nelson, you know, as we approach the four-hour mark, yep, Alexander Volkov towards you for this kind of help as a crutch, if you will. But yes, that is happening April fifteenth in uh, Kansas City. There was also a uh, fifth uh, pay-per-view fight announced for UFC two hundred and ten. Did you catch this announcement? I did not, or did I? Yes, uh, Pearl Gonzalez versus right. Cynthia Calvillo. Does Calvillo, that whet, yeah. whet the appetite? I'm into it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do you know about Pearl Gonzalez? I don't know anything about Pearl Gonzalez, but I know about Cynthia Calvillo. All of a sudden, you're on the bandwagon. If you watch the fight, you're in. That was good. Uh, are you going to Invicta, speaking of women's MMA? I will be there. Wow. Back on the, uh, the Saturday. Plane. Wow. It's a Saturday card, right? Correct. Why not Friday? I like when they do Friday. Yeah, Saturday's, a, I think, a better day. It's um, the Tanya Avenger rematch. Friday will be back, yeah. You're going, not Glory. Yana, uh, Kunitskaya. Nope. Glory in Brussels, also same day earlier in the day, but I will be in Kansas City. How do you decide where you where you go? Flip a coin. Flip a coin. You and John split up. Exactly. Your mate. The great John Beer. Yeah. Uh, did you agree with, that, with what I said at the top of the show about Floyd and Connor and Connor uh, just doing, I thought, a, a marvelous job of boosting the interest in this fight in a well-timed, well-placed, perfectly timed I would add, or correct myself, um, rant, if you will. Yeah, and I think, but I think, having said that, he can create these opportunities pretty much anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. So, um, this was a perfect storm, but I feel like Connor can make perfect storms. He doesn't really need 
this opportunity. Um, it worked out well, but uh, whenever he decides to speak, people will listen and whatever he- It was just so perfect, the way the energy, it, it what was, he was saying, who he directed it yeah, to. Yeah, it could not have lined up better. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's money. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Uh, two last quick things. After the show last week, I actually went on Twitch, signed up for it, and let me tell you, I was actually weirdly fascinated by the whole thing. Have you ever been on Twitch? I have, yeah. It is so bizarre. DJ was doing a stream. I was uh, walking home and I was just watching. And it was actually quite soothing. And he's talking. And I got to say, like, the whole thing is just so weird to me. And and people, the reaction to it is just amazing. When you talk about Twitch, I want to do a whole separate interview with him just talking about the the psychology behind wanting to watch someone play a video game. We We got into this a little bit. When we were talking about, yeah. I went to MSG to watch the championships of League of Legends, and they sold out MSG. There's there's a huge market for this, bigger than anything. Um, last time we talked about this, it went uh, onto Reddit, got a, a thread with tons and tons of replies. The the video game and the esports world is uh, is big big money. This was just so weird. He was uh, sitting there and he was talking to some other kids, and then there's a um there's a chat room and everyone's just kind of weighing in. They have all this weird lingo and he is so into it. Someone sent me a video, Joe from Houston, sent me a video of him getting super pissed. I've never seen so much emotion out of Mighty Mouse in my life. A compilation video of him getting pissed while playing video games. It's amazing. If you have not seen this, go out there and find it. You will laugh out loud. I guarantee it. And then I was invited to Chris Weidman's stream that night and his... His whole thing is completely not buttoned up. His stream kept dying out. He couldn't figure out the music to play. And then I started suggesting music. And then he made me the moderator of his chat room. And I started banning people. There was this one guy, Luke Rockhold, who kept talking smack. So I banned him. And then other people were telling me who else to ban. I I spent like an hour on this thing. I was having a blast. A whole hour? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot for me. Um, It sounds like you're in. Maybe, Maybe you started Twitch. I don't know about that. I, I still don't understand the idea behind watching someone, you know, play a video. What's game. so What's so foreign about it? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make Why? sense. I'd rather just play the game myself. It's not like an uh, an athletic endeavor. It like is. It is. Major sports. League Baseball. It is. No, sports. no, no. It's not like I can't play against the Lakers or the Knicks or the Clippers, whatever. I can't do that. Um, but now, okay, we've got some breaking news. Uh, before we go uh, we've got some breaking news here Um, this according to the Associated Press um, on June 24th Bellator will be okay let's just read it Bellator is stepping up to Madison Square Garden and back onto pay-per-view the mixed martial arts promotion will stage a stack card in New York City on June 24th the Associated Press has learned Bellator 180 will be headlined by Chael Sonnen's long-awaited rivalry bout with Vanderlei Silva. Additional fights will be announced soon for several of the promotion's top talents, including a handful of its newly signed free agents. Bellator will broadcast on pay-per-view for only the second time in promotional history, signaling another step in its growth as a rival for the industry-leading UFC. Bellator stage, it's only pay-per-view um, event May 2014, shortly before Scott Coker took over the promotion. Whoa. Big deal. To the backyard. Bellator coming to MSG. Yeah. Coming right here. The big news is this might be my first Bellator event. 
of course, I went to that uh, media event yes. in Brooklyn, and that sort of led to my demise um, as far as Fox is concerned. But an actual event. Huge. That's the real, I mean, I feel like they kind of buried the lead here. That's the real story. It's a good, uh, it's a good headliner to come with for sure. Do you sure. not think that this is weird to go on pay-per-view? I mean, I feel like you got, why? You're, you're Viacom, you're Spike. Why are you going on pay-per-view? Maybe because the uh, the purses are so expensive. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. And 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 they kind of hint at the free agent signings. Seems like a good place for Ryan Bader versus Phil Davis too. Oh yes. Wow. Yes. It's all coming together. It's all coming together here for Bellator. June twenty fourth. You heard it here first. Not really. First nope. reported by Associated Press, but maybe verbally you heard it for the first time on this program. Uh, Bellator one eighty, June twenty fourth. My my mother's birthday, by the way, Saint Jean Baptiste Day, which is sort of Quebec's Independence Day. So that's notable in its own right. Bellator coming to MSG and they're not pulling, it appears, a World Series of Fighting on us. They're not going to the theater. They're actually going to the real MSG, mm-hmm. which by June 24th, the finals will be done. So the next run will probably be over by then. So no conflicting dates. It all makes sense. <laughs> it's all coming together. Wow. Any other names on this? Let me just quickly read. Um, no. Uh, Bellator is acquired. Hmm, maybe Fedor on that card? Wow, could you imagine Fedor at MSG with all the Russians coming to town? Well, this is fun. Um, All right, well, there you have it. Some breaking news to end the show. Anything else before we go? Yeah, I want to give a shout out. Okay. David Lamb, number one. Who's that? Uh, Offered to buy me a shot if uh, Patrick Duffy, I'm Patrick Duffy. If Joe Duffy, no, if Patrick Duck, Duffy, that would be an incredible one. If Joe Duffy uh, got a knockout, didn't quite get the knockout, didn't get me that shot, uh, but appreciate the offer. Um, and Daniel Marr, um, who I took a picture with and uh, said, please, please, please shout me on the show. So I'm wow. doing that, Daniel. Uh, good to see all the people in uh, in London. So people actually did recognize you. Back. Happy to be back, yeah. Wow. Listen, okay. I'm worldwide, baby. Look. Um, contrary to our jokes and really it was everyone in the back who made these jokes. I was just sort of relaying them. Uh, we're happy to have you back. We missed you. And, uh, it most certainly wasn't the same without you. I appreciate that. All right. On that note, how about that? Scooping up some, uh, some big news as we say goodbye here. And my mom is still listening, by the way. Never doubt who is the number one fan of this program. June 24th, she'll be celebrating her 24th birthday. It's what is that called? The, uh, the silver birthday or something. And, uh, and, and Bellator is honoring her with their second pay-per-view at Madison Square Garden of all places. You couldn't script it better than this. On that note, you can hit my music. What a fun show it has been. Uh, and in fact, uh, our, our good friend Ant Evans telling me that he thinks this was our best show of 2017. It's funny that I got that because at the same time I had someone else on Twitter telling me it was our worst show because we didn't get Mark Casey on. Mark Casey went on Reddit, by the way, and said that our show will falter without his presence. Could you imagine that who knew that so many people love Mark Casey? I love Mark Casey. I was on the bandwagon before he even got to the UFC just wanted to shed some light to some of these other you know British fighters who we haven't had on recently Jimmy Manoa Arnold Allen of course can't forget about Ireland's own Joe Duffy I thought it was a fantastic show from top to bottom and once again ever so stacked Well, it was fun. I appreciate everyone tuning in. I appreciate everyone who stopped by today. Thank you very much to Joe Duffy. Best of luck to him as he embarks on free agency. Will he go the way 
of Ryan Bader, Lorenz Larkin as of late? We shall soon find out. Thank you very much to Lorenz Larkin and congratulations to him on his new UFC deal as well. Thank you very much to the somewhat soft-spoken Arnold Allen, but I feel like we got him out of his shed, uh, his shadow, or I should say his uh, comfort zone a little bit as uh, we started talking about his family and his dog and uh, Domino's Pizza. And I certainly respect his taste as well. Thank you very much to Jimmy Manua. Congratulations to him. Thank you very much to Edge and Christian. Check out their podcast, March 24th. Thank you very much to Bas Rune. Good luck with the new show coming out tomorrow. Thank you very much to Kevin Gaslam, Ryan Bader, and Fabrizio Verdum as well. Back next week, same time, place, tell us a piece. Somebody here.